Oh, yeah. Hit me with your best shot by Pat Benatar. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Friends show. I am Todd Dan Druff with Tellus, and I'm encouraging all of my World Series opponents this upcoming week to hit me with their best shot because I am going to try to win a bracelet this year. It's been 12 years too long. Last one was an 05 for me. My only one's an 05. Hopefully, I will be able to say soon that my bracelets were in 05 and 17. By the time you hear me on this show next week, I will have played at least one World Series event, probably two. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, my co-host, Cal Watt. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You scared me. I, I couldn't hear you. I was afraid. I, I've got an issue here tonight uh, with Skype. I told you about it a little bit, but... Uh, I was uh, I was actually testing things before this show, believe it or not. Uh, earlier today, I was testing just uh, some things involving Skype, and it's a good thing I did because I found out something disturbing that incoming calls did not work, which meant no incoming calls on the main line, no incoming calls on the Mount Charleston line just wouldn't work because Skype was having an issue. 
took me a long time to figure out, but the little fix I did to Skype, which was suggested by Belly Buster, by the way, a few months ago, to fix the ongoing problem where CalWatt and callers could not hear the sound effects I'd play sometimes, that fix worked like a charm, but for whatever reason, it broke the ability to get incoming calls starting this week. For for months, it was fine. So they must have changed something in Skype in the way that you know their network operates and uh, communicates with my computer. So that fix had to be backed out. And hopefully... Well, let's, did you hear the sound effects I played before? No. You didn't hear that? It's all right. I'll fake it. Ah, oh, jeez. We're right back to the same problem. I it, it was fixed. It was fixed. Ah. That's so annoying. But I was going to play some things. Okay, we're going to worry about this in a little bit. I, I'm so frustrated because I knew, I knew once I fixed the incoming calls that we were going to have this problem. So it's going to be like one uh, or the I'll, other. I'll live without the dun dun dun. No, I know, but there's some clips I want to play you that you need to comment on. So that's the problem. Uh, I'll I mean, fake it. Ugh, this is pissing me off. <laughs> okay, we're, we're, I may try the old Skype again. I don't know what to do. Uh, but r- right now we're going to begin the show. So tonight we have a free roll starting in three minutes. Today's date is June 7, 2017. We're just one week into the World Series, exactly one week. Right now it's 8.37 p.m. In three minutes is a free roll that's unlike any free roll we've had before. First of all, there's $100 on the free roll that was donated generously by Belly Buster. So thank you, Belly Buster. And that will be distributed in the usual fashion. $50 for first, $25 for second, uh, $12 for third, $8 for fourth, and $5 for fifth. So that's $50, $25, $12, $8, and $5. This is on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. It's No Limit Hold'em. It starts at 8.40 p.m. Pacific Time, but you have 25 more minutes of late registration to get in. It is totally free. It does not even cost you any play chips. You just need to understand the rules of eligibility by going to PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll, all lowercase, no punctuation, just PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. Now, that is all standard, But there's something this week which is very non-standard, and you'll find as you try to register for the free roll that there is a password. You'll say, what? There's never been a password before. Where do I get this password, you may ask? Well, longtime Poker Fraud Alert radio listener and friend of the show, Scott from the East Coast, is playing on Live at the Bike right now. He's right now playing, uh, I believe it's 2-3 No Limit Hold'em on Live at the Bike, and he's wearing a shirt. That shirt has the password on it, except there's been some confusion, so I'm gonna, I made it simpler. At first, uh, of course, like everything we try to do here never works out the way we intend, so that happened again here. So people could not get in at first. The shirt was not as clear and straightforward as Scott had told me, but I still appreciate that he d- did this, and I'll explain for a second why we're putting you through this with a password, because there's an upside to it because I know it's a pain in the ass. But what you need to do, if you're listening live and want to play the free roll and need the password, you need to go to watch Live at the Bike, which is at liveatthebike.com slash live stream. That's liveatthebike.com slash live stream, L-I-V-E-S-T-R-E-A-M, exactly as it sounds, all lowercase. 
This is not a marketing partnership or anything. This is just something Scott decided to do, so they're not a sponsor. Or, or Druff, they can go to uh, twitch.tv slash live at the bike. Okay. Okay. And that's spelling out live at the bike, just L-I-V-E-A-T-T-H-E-B-I-K-E. So you need to watch the live at the bike live stream. And Scott, you will see there, he has a shirt on. The first seven characters. Thank God for that, by the way. (laughs) The first seven characters on his shirt, something's printed on the front. The first seven characters are the password, and it's all lowercase. Regardless of what it says on the shirt, type it in all lowercase, the first seven characters only. No punctuation, just seven letters, and all lowercase. And the only other confusion is if – I think there's like a bowling pin on there. The bowling pin actually represents an I, so (laughs) you don't have to type a bowling pin. There's no you don't don't search for the bowling pin emoji on your phone. So it's a seven character password, the first seven characters on his t shirt. Type it in all lowercase, no punctuation. That's the password you have until nine oh five PM for late registration. Now, why are we doing this? Well Scott offered this. He generously offered to share some of his winnings, if he wins. He you don't have to pay anything if he loses. No, no. If he loses, then uh, he gets off scot-free. But if wow, he wins... there are 47 entrants already, Drew. Well, well the word's getting and around. And someone busted already. <laughs> so, so the, you get, you, in addition to the prize pool, which I announced, which the, you're getting that no matter what, the 50, 25, 12, 8, and 5 from Belly Buster. But in addition to that, if Scott wins, if he's a net winner, then 10% of his winnings will be distributed... To the prize pool. I'll be distributing it, but the money's coming from Scott, so he's going to send it to me, and then I'll distribute it, along with the regular first, second, third, fourth, fifth prizes. First place will get an extra 5% of whatever his winnings are. Second place, 2.5%. Third place, 1.2%. Fourth place, 0.8%. And fifth place, 0.5%, which adds up all to 10%. So he's giving. Away- I, I really think it would have been fun if he did do it that way, where we'd have to pay a percentage whether we won or lost. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that would make it kind of interesting. Like, you mean where we take out of the thing? Well, what would we take out of the prize pool if he lost? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like people would have to pay. You know, <laughs> I mean, it would be kind of a cool idea, really. Well, the problem is, if he lost a lot. Of people could actually owe me money if they won the free roll. Yeah, it would be the first time someone could actually lose money. And then I'm sure someone who hates me would report me to uh, the government for illegal gambling, and I'd, I'd be in prison before my first World Series event. So Hopefully anyway, they have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, I, I think so. But 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 nevertheless, there there's no risk here. It's a free roll as usual. It's a double free roll because you get the regular prize pool, which is a hundred dollars, and then the prize pool, which is the percentage of Scott's winnings. But again, if Scott does not win, then you will not get anything. If Scott fails to turn a profit. You will get zero point zero above what the regular prize pool is. But you'll get something no matter what if you finish top five because of the. Now, since I didn't hear that, Druff, I'm going to imagine it was one million dollars. <laughs> That's right. Right? If you'd like to think that. Okay. That's so annoying. Okay, we're, we're going to have to venture to fix this shortly. I wanted to get all that out, but here I'm going to do the whole intro here, and we'll we'll try to fix the Skype stupidity. I just found this out today, like in the late afternoon, and uh, it, just to even get this to take incoming calls took a long time because it's not like Skype said, "Okay, well, back out your fix," and, and we'll take incoming calls now. Like I, 
I, I had to – it was a process to figure this out. And I, I was very sad when I figured out that was the reason it wasn't working. So I had to upgrade to the new version of Skype too, which is also awful. But that's not what's causing this. That's uh, That was my little hope that maybe the new version would have fixed this problem. But of course not. So back to the back. It was so nice those few months where we didn't have that issue. I can always listen to the actual stream while you're playing stuff. I guess you could, but it's a little bit behind by like a few seconds. It's yeah, mean, but I mean, just to, when you're gonna play a clip, I well, can what, open it just then. Yeah. I guess that's possible. What what I think I'm gonna try to do shortly is my, my analysis probably isn't gonna be any better or any worse whether I can hear it or not. Anyway, you know. Well, it depends what it is, but. <laughs> I, We'll try the old Skype first and then see if that improves. And if it doesn't, then we'll just give up and go on. So okay. so here's the agenda for tonight. It's a very World Series-heavy show, as you might guess, because the World Series is in full swing. The stories have to do with the World Series. Uh, there's not much else going on. And as usual, the first week of the World Series, there actually is a good deal to talk about. Now, I'll tell you guys right away, there is no, like, major fail story so far no that, prostitutes are throwing clothes out the window yet no it's, i'm not even talking about on the part of caesars which is amazing they they haven't done everything perfectly but there hasn't been any kind of epic fail yet at least not to my knowledge i guess if there was i have heard about it so props to them for that i mean it, it took many years but so far this is one of the smoothest first weeks that they have had but we are not short on just general stories from the world series there's a little well, the bit of Colossus fun. is down, right? You mean it's done? No, no, no. There were uh, last year there were twenty one thousand. Oh, oh, down, entries down in entries. Yeah, okay, yeah, down in entries. They're yeah, down that's... almost three thousand entries. Yes, yeah. yes, they are. In fact, I didn't make that one of the topics, but I guess we can talk about that too. But here, here's all the different uh, World Series topics. Before, actually, before I get to that, I'll just give you the other topics. A lot of people are waiting to hear my commentary on the ongoing legal battle. Between myself and Mason Malmuth of 2 Plus 2. And I will give you guys an update on that. A lot of you have been reading. There's, it's, it's heated up. It's, it's a lot more serious now than it was a week ago. So I'll give you guys an update as to what has happened over the past week and also where I think it will go from here. There's, there's something that nobody listening knows Except for me. Hey, Jeff, can I tell you something pursuant to that that I just find fucking hilarious? What is that? So what what came out of that, uh, that whole thing for me is that we now know that Mason and his lawyers listen to the podcast, right? And I just started laughing my ass off thinking of the lawyer sitting in the office listening to that, that chick calling up about licking ass. Because <laughs> you know they, they had to sit through well, it. Maybe they enjoyed it. <laughs> Oh maybe, maybe that was a good segment to them. There, I don't there's know. a conference table with a bunch of you know very serious lawyers in suits and ties sitting around a speakerphone, and they're listening to her <laughs> calling up saying his ass smells like sweet chili, and she wants to lick it. Like, like, Mason's what? paying per hour for them to listen. To like, what kind of show is this? I thought this is oh, a poker show. What did we get into here? Oh, that's so okay. beautiful. So, so I'll, I'll tell you guys what's going on with that. There's a lot to say. But I, I can't say as much as you'd probably like me to say, but you guys will get a good idea from that segment of what's going on. Scott Tom, Grey Cat, 
the Absolute Poker CEO and cheater who personally cheated me out of 6000 or more dollars. Actually, more than 11000 or more dollars. 6000 of it, which was, was heads up, where he just looked at everyone's whole cards with software that they had developed to do so. They just used it to look at everyone's whole cards and beat them. This happened in 07 on Absolute Poker. I was one of the victims. I was one of the first people to call it out. I was the first person to nickname it a super user program. And that's what it became known as. I don't want to sound like Al Gore with the internet, but that, that's really the truth if you look it up. Anyway, I've, I've uh, been very involved in this story since it broke 10 years ago. I was one of the people breaking it. I was one of the people who suspected it in the first place. And I appeared on 60 Minutes about it and CNBC. I've been a very big part of the exposure of this story. Though, in the the written form, the one who's been the biggest part of the exposure of this story has been Haley Hintz. She's done a great job exposing a lot of stuff that came out later that very, very much incriminated Scott Tom and the others. Scott Tom continued running Absolute Poker for... Four more years, and then they got busted on Black Friday, and it turned out, like full tilt, they had stolen all the money. And that was that. AP went down, and Scott Tom hadn't been seen since. But guess what? Grey Cat is back in the United States, and he's made a plea deal. And yes, he's going to get a slap on the wrist. Very frustrating. We'll talk about that. Alec Torelli is accused of angle shooting a recreational player on uh, Poker Night in America. And he's looking very bad. A lot of people are giving him a hard time about this. I'm going to play the segment of Poker Night in America where this occurred, and we're going to talk about it. Hopefully, Calvot will be able to hear it. I've already lost the agenda. This isn't a good sign. I, I already misplaced the agenda like this early in the show. Usually it takes like a few hours to do that. I I misplaced it right away. Okay, it's back. Party Poker. They are reversing course that has has been seen universally among online poker rooms in the last few years, which are getting more and more hostile to winning recreation or winning pro players, not recreational players, winning grinders. Party Poker has decided they're going to do it in about face and they're going to try to woo them back. And so far, it's been successful. They've been they had a lot more traffic since they started doing this. They've tried to woo back grinders with a lucrative rakeback program called Cashback, and I'll tell you a bit about that. So those are our non-World Series topics, and we'll do a little before the World Series, a little after, as far as the discussion of the World Series. World Series of Poker Week 1 stories are as follows. Doug Polk wins the one drop. Every other year they have a one drop for $111,111 instead of the million dollar buy-in. So this is the $111,000 one drop. I don't know why they alternate like this, but that's what they're doing. So Doug Doug Polk won the one drop. But not only did he win, he wore a t-shirt trolling Daniel Negreanu. It was actually a shirt to troll Negreanu. And apparently it, it seemed to bother Negreanu. So we'll talk about Doug Polk at the one drop. Speaking of the one drop, well, you know why it alternates, right? Uh, no, I never did. That's so 
So all the pros have a year to try and scramble and get staking to be able to play it. <laughs> no, they probably I'm not need, even kidding. I mean, they need staking for the 111,000 usually, too. Yeah, but it's a lot easier to raise 111,000 than it is to raise a million. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. And maybe, they, maybe you're right about that. So anyway, also at the one drop, Haralabob Volgaris, who is at that final table, claims that the cards at the final table were marked in some way. But he does not think they were marked by any of the players. We'll talk about what he said about that. There's a $1,000 tag team event. There's actually two tag team events, a 10K and a 1K. They were both already played. I think the 1K may still be going on, but the 10K is already done. That was the first event. The 1K event, which uh, started, I think, yesterday had an interesting tag team. That would be Chris Ferguson and Howard Lederer. That sounds almost like a joke, but it's true. Chris Ferguson, Howard Lederer, and Andy Block, for some reason, were a team in the $1,000 tag team event. When I first heard this, I thought people were joking around. Like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Howard and Chris were a tag team? No, they were. So we're going to talk about that. In the bigger tag team event, the 10K... Liv Bory was the winner, along with her uh, male partner. I, I think he might be a boyfriend, too. Uh, Igor, what is the name? Uh, Kurganov. Yeah, they've been dating for years. Yeah, they've been dating for years. That's right. Uh, however, people who didn't know Igor didn't know that uh, Igor was her partner. When they saw the distant picture of the two of them kissing after the event was over, some people mistook Liv as a lesbian. I'll explain why And We'll also talk about the tag team And the bracelet that comes with it And whether it's a bracelet That really should be given out Given the format of it If they break up, do they tear it in half? (laughs) I think they each get one I know Yeah. Uh, The World Series of Poker had an online event For $333 We laughed at that when that was announced That's $59 in 1971 money from when the World Series started. $333. You could win a World Series bracelet. And they called it the Little Grind, right? Yeah. So the Little Grind, which sounds kind of almost obscene, <laughs> that they had a fail, of course. You know if it's on WSOP.com, there's going to be some kind of fail. There was. In this particular situation, the second-place finisher missed almost all of the heads-up action because he was uh, disconnected in some way. <laughs> is that embarrassing or what it's weird too we'll discuss why it's weird and what could have possibly happened poker go we've talked a lot about poker go on the show and the various fail that has accompanied it the poker go app provided by poker central to watch a lot of the world series streaming content that's being provided some's on espn but most of it is on poker go as far as what is uh Televised. Well, they're criticized again because, first of all, they were very late in announcing the event list. And then when that event list was announced, everyone thought it was terrible. I, I, I don't know one person who saw that event list and said, oh, that's a good event list. I'm, you guys picked a lot of good events to televise. Not, not one person said that. Everyone thought it was terrible. So I'm going to read you the events that are going to be televised and uh, already tell you about one that should have been televised. 
and was not, and then they tried to collect, correct at the last minute with epic fail. Only one? Well, There's well, another one that probably should have been televised, too. Uh, yeah, that's one. Th- I don't know what that would be. I'm sure Negreanu right. made two final tables, man. Oh, okay. The other one he made. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, we'll talk all about that when you get to that segment. Daniel Negreanu, speaking of him, he almost took down another bracelet. He got heads up for a bracelet and not just heads up like with, with a short stack, but heads up with a real good chance to win it and did not win. It went to a Mosseri instead. We'll talk a bit about Negreanu's good start to the World Series, which nevertheless hasn't produced a bracelet yet. Two people associated with this show almost made a final table. Brandon Cantu, who has appeared a few times recently, most notably to talk about genocide washing his feet. And Chip Jett, who used to be a very regular listener to the show. Now I think only listens occasionally, but uh, his wife Karina was on recently. Uh, they both got very close to the six-handed final table at the 1500 Dealer's Choice event. At that same event, Justin Bonomo, the chip leader with 13 left. I have to say I wasn't rooting for him, especially with, uh, you know, I, I wanted to see Chip Jett or Brandon Cantu win. You know, for, uh, despite Cantu doing some things in the past that maybe I, I didn't agree with, that, you know, he still was uh, interesting and funny on this show, and for that reason I had to root for him. Also, you know, if he owes people money, that's good too if he wins. <laughs> then people can line up at the cage and collect it. But anyway, um, Bonomo seemingly spewed off his chip lead with 13 left in a PLO hand. Now, I'm a little bit newer to the game of PLO. I've been aware of it for a long time. I just hadn't played it. I've, I've uh, in the last year, uh, gotten more experience with it, and I'm actually going to be playing a World Series event with it. But uh, I know I've Cal- played a ton of PLO. Right. So Cal Watt, I, I texted him as soon as I read about this hand because I knew that he would be a good person to comment on it, given that he I has- used to, you know, Chicago Joey? Yeah. But before anyone knew who the fuck he was, I used to play him. Uh, in he Or not play him, but play in some of the games that he used to play on Full Tilt. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I, I asked Cal Watt, and I said, you know, what do you think? Because I, I thought he'd be a good one to ask. And so we're going to discuss this. We don't discuss much strategy on this show. But uh, we're going to discuss whether Justin Bonomo really did spew off a chip lead with 13 left in a certain hand. Doyle Brunson, people always wonder, is he going to play? Doyle Brunson, getting near 80 years old. He rides around in uh, one of those motorized wheelchairs. Obviously not someone who looks like he's in physical shape for the long days of these World Series of Poker tournaments. Right now he's saying he's likely to play the 50K Poker Players Championship. So we'll talk a bit about that and about uh, Doyle in general. You know what? If you're that old, if, if I had – first of all, my basic philosophy – well. It, well, all right, I'll just say real quick. My basic philosophy is that if I die with a bunch of money that I fucked up. <laughs> so you know? you're, you're so if I'm that off? old, I would just fire off at everything. You know what? You're, you know your, what your kids are going to love it. you for that. They're going to they're gonna say, damn it. Why is my dad doing this? Well, too bad. With man. our inheritance. You know, he did a decent job raising them. They can't expect to him to just be handing he's, them he's money. Waste, you know? waste, wasting our money. He's wasting our it's money. Not, it's not their money. Their money is what they earn in their lifetime. No, I know, I know. know. No, but Anything I, else is a gift. Okay, let me tell you this. My attitude about that, I, I agree that people are not entitled to their parents' money. If their parents should be able to spend their money however they want. The parents should never think 
oh, we've got to save this for our kids. Unless the kids have some kind of disability or, 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 or whatever. They think the kids need this to just, you know, take care of themselves. That's one thing. But beyond that, if the parents want to spend the money on themselves at the end of their life, they've earned it. They can do it. But I, I do have to say, to just frivolously waste it on purpose, just like I've got to shoot it all off before I'm dead because I won't be able to spend it once I'm dead. I, if you got kids, I don't like to do it on purpose just to get rid of it all. As it's if, not frivolous if, if it gives him pleasure, if it gives him joy. I mean, what is the point of earning money other than to allow you to do stuff that gives you joy and that you want to? No, do? no, I, I agree. And, and and look, my parents are in their seventies, and they they they've done some expensive things. Uh, in recent times that uh, I, I know they enjoy and that they may not have done in previous years. And I, I don't ever say, oh, wow, you know, that's uh, that's money I could have had. I th- I'm happy for them. I'm happy they can enjoy it. And uh, right. and I, I don't ever think, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I would love it to where, uh, you know, this day never comes that I have to inherit their money. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it will come one day. And, you know, I, I my emotion, of course, will be, yeah, I meant sadness, not uh, like oh, I just inherited money. But and, and as I see them spend money, I never, I never think about oh, this you know a, a third of this uh, is going to could have been mine there. I, I, I don't think that way. But they, they, yeah. They, they in in the immortal words of Frank Zappa, and when you pay the bill, kindly leave a little tip and help the next poor sucker on his one way trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we our last thing of the World Series. We'll be checking in. I'm going to check right now. That he he does his uh, Twitter updates. Brandon Drexel Gerson is playing. I hope he's still playing a World Series of Poker event today. The fifteen hundred horse. And by the way, I am. This is my poker resolution. I know it's not January first, but my poker resolution is to become better at these other games, so I can play the fifteen hundred horse and similar events next year because uh, that used to be my other big grind actually too. Really? Because I, I used to play a ton of uh horse online too. I, I was so stubborn. It, yeah, the, the last update from Brandon was at uh six o'clock and it said on dinner fifteen K uh after six levels. So I I don't know, it, it's dinner ended a while ago, so hopefully he just is too busy winning chips to tweet. Hopefully it doesn't mean he busted. But uh, I was very stubborn for a long time where I just played limit hold'em and nothing else. It was just limit hold'em, limit hold'em, and it, it, it did well for me, so I said, why should I bother changing? Then the other thing started to get worse for limit hold'em. It started becoming harder to win. Uh, the competition was tougher. The games were tougher to find. The limits started getting lower that were running. Uh, and I started seeing that in many cases, mixed games were replacing it. In some cases, uh, Omaha 8 or better was replacing it. So, finally last year, and anyway, as far as tournaments go, I played No Limit, but I just hate No Limit Cash. I tried No Limit Cash, I just hated it. It just, it just, it's boring to me. I don't like it. But uh, last year, early last year, I think around January or something, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start making a real effort to improve my Omaha game. And I didn't. I put a lot of effort. Well, and in. and Bart gave you a free subscription to CLP, and you didn't go on there. I, I did. He's I got a he's got a bunch of OA. I know. I, sh- I, sh- I, sh- I should. I should. But I actually, I, oh I, I just uh, I did. I I I ran a lot of hands on Bovada at the time because they they had 08 games running both at uh, middle stakes and high stakes. So of course they started off at the small and middle stakes, and then moved up as I got more confident. So so I, I played a lot of it, and I felt confident enough to play the 08 World Series event last year. 
And this year I felt even more confident to play it, but then it was uh, at the wrong time and I couldn't do it. But, uh, you know, so, I, so I've gotten a lot better at 08 and PLO, all the Omaha variants now, I'm confident at those. The rest of the games, though, uh, I, I still need a lot of improvement. So in the next year, I'm going to do that. I'm going to uh, become competent in these other games so uh, I can play these uh, these mixed events and, and finally get into that. And I wish now I did it years ago when people weren't as good at a lot of these mixed games. You know, a lot of th- I'll tell you something. I know you don't. You know, you're not a, a huge fan of, of Lyman, but he did say something that I think is very true. That you want to be able to, to play all of these games because when you walk into a casino, you want to be able to sit at whatever the best game in the room is. You know, and if, if you yeah. walk into, uh, the Borgata and the, the best game in the room, you know, they're playing, uh, a mixed game with Bedusi and Bedesi and all that kind of stuff, you want to be able to play it. You know? Yeah. And I I know some limit holding players by the way who who are so stubborn they still haven't they they're still stuck they they won't they still haven't broken down and doing some of them will never do it some of them are going to be just limit hold them and that's it their whole life but uh, I, I've noticed a lot of the other ones are are starting to do this uh, so it's it's becoming inev- inevitable you just if you want to continue as a poker player you can't just uh, stick to that anymore so anyway that Brandon is playing the horse and. Hopefully he's still in, and he said he'll call in if he busts. Not like the moment after he busts, but he said if he busts, then he'll call in sometime after that. So uh, we'll probably hear from him. If we don't, hopefully it just means that he's kicking ass there. Larry Laffer is saying in chat, "No limit cash is boring." Is Druff on drugs once again? No, it's boring. This is just my opinion. I know a lot of you love No Limit Hold'em, and that's fine. But I find No Limit Cash to be boring because. You're sitting around, not doing anything for most of the time. You're, you're sitting. You fold. Wait, 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 wait until the hand's over because there's two people playing some big hand and they're tanking and all that. And when you do play a hand, often you're folding quickly on the flop because you missed it and you can't. Yeah, you know, someone makes a sizable bet, and if if you didn't hit the flop well, then you you obviously have to fold. So there's just there's not yeah, a lot it's of time. Boring, but that's where the money is, man. I mean, it's, but there's not a lot of time. I don't know, but people people say that there's no limit. Uh, it's gotten a lot tougher these days. So, well, I mean, okay, yes. Overall, the skill of of players has gone up, but still, if you walk into your average casino, I mean, where are all the the landscapers and the contractors and the people who just want to fire off going to sit? You know, <clears throat> they're they're going to be playing no limit. Yes, but uh, what I've noticed is, for the most part, the the Middle and higher stakes, no limit games. They're they're pretty tough these days, from what I've seen. That's true. So that's true. So anyway, that, although I mean the five dollar blind game, I've yet to see a really tough one anywhere. But okay. yeah, but I, I'm I find it really boring. You just sit and sit and sit, and then it was once described very well, not by me, but I agree with this as hours of boredom with a few moments of terror. Yep, and that's what. It, but I don't like that. I, I I want I don't want the moments of terror, and I don't want the moments of boredom. I I want just. Action, action, action the whole way, but I'm also not uh, risking my whole stack on, on particular hands. That's why I really liked uh, Limit Hold'em Cash. Now, Limit Hold'em Cash can be very frustrating if you're just losing a succession of hands over and over and over again. And you're just. Well, you uh, probably also like the reward of uh, lots of positive feedback from lots of little micro decisions, you know? Yes, that, that's what it is. I mean, that's, yeah. it, it's, Whereas it's no limit, it's like. It's not. It's just not quite the same. Yeah, I. Know? 
right. I, I, if I make a bad decision in limit hold'em, it, it's not going to kill me for the session. And right. uh, so it really is. I, I really feel it's more representative of, aside from the cards, which uh, you know, if, I, if I run bad with that, I'm going to lose badly. But uh, as far as the skill I show or don't show, it's something that is whole session dependent rather than uh, one or two hand dependent. Where if I make if I play one hand awful, it's not going to ruin the whole session. So anyway, that, that's my feeling on No Limit. I, I do find it boring. But I'll tell you, I didn't find Omaha boring. I enjoyed Omaha. So, uh, well, Omaha is uh, it's definitely an interesting game. Yeah. So anyway, um, next week, starting Monday, I'm going to be playing the World Series. I'm going to be playing the World Series on Monday at 3 p.m. for the Limit Hold'em, $1,500. And that was the very first event I ever played in 2005 and finished third. I finished 40th in cash last year, but it was really disappointing since I was 42nd, or with 42 left, I was the chip leader. So I went from chip leader with 42 left to busted in a limit event. <laughs> hmm. that, that you have to run pretty bad to do, but I did. I lost, or tilt your face off. I, I lost every <laughs> hand. It was, it was every hand I had an over pair or top pair or better or set, whatever it was, I had... Very strong hands every single time, and lost every time. Every you go time. on tilt, or you think you made good, t- good no, choices? No, I didn't even go on tilt. Afterwards, when I walked out, I said, "This is very frustrating." I was I was depressed about it, but I yeah. thought the one thing I can't say is that I made bad choices. I didn't screw anything up. I just I just ran awful. So that's uh, that was a strange event because I started off very poorly. I thought I was going to be like one of the first ones out. Then I recovered. Then I went back down. Then I went back up. I, I must have gone up and down like I, I don't know how many times. It was amazing how many times I went from one of the top and chips to one of the bottom and chips to the one of the top and chips to one of the bottom and chips. But then, you know, then I had this upswing and I'm, I'm the top and chips with 42 left. I'm thinking, okay, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> I started picturing I'm going to make the final table, maybe win another bracelet. Didn't happen. Didn't even get close. So, uh, and, and it was funny. I was I was all in against Ryan Laplante, who was just red hot last year. I mean, he was just cashing everything. He won a bracelet too, but he he won. He was cashing everything last year at that time. Mid-year. Yeah, like eleven, twelve cash. Yeah, it was insane. So I, I'm all in against him with like with like jacks against eights, and I, I'm like, I know I'm going to lose this because yeah. he's, I hate to be superstitious like this, but I'm like, of all people to have it all in against, it's this guy who's who's just running insanely well in every tournament. And sure enough, you know, the jack lost to the eights, and that was that. But that's that's the same logic where you know the. Fish or rec player or whatever will fold the turn because he knows he's going to get drawn out on. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you, you can't think. That. Well, I, I didn't. I, I, I got it in. I was I was happy to see him turning over the the under pair to mine, but uh, on the flop too. When when he missed the flop too, so it was like he got the runner runner straight. That's what happened. So it was, uh, it was pretty brutal. So anyway, um, that's my first event. Just like it was my first event last year. That was my like that was my welcome to the World Series experience last year. Uh, and then I, I go on from there. By the time I do this show again, the limit holding event at the very least will be complete for me. I may have been the first one out. I may have won the bracelet. I may have been in the middle somewhere, but I will be done by the time we do this show again next week, which will be likely on June 14th. Unless I am either in day three of the limit holding, which I really hope I am, or day two of uh, a no limit event that starts on the 13th, which I will miss if I make day two of the limit hold'em. So uh, if I am in a day two or day three 
a week from now, then there will be no show. Then it will be the next day on June 15th. So the next week's show will be June 14th or 15th. Probably June 14th, but I, I don't want to think negatively like that. I shouldn't even say probably. It's, a, it's scheduled for June 14th, but if it's... Uh, if, if there's uh, someone who is invested in your uh, substantial package, there, I'm really hoping radio is canceled. Okay, that's a good. That's that's true, and I, I especially hope radio is canceled. So, 14th or 15th? If it's 15th, then I'm probably doing well in something. If it's 14th, I'm probably unhappy. So, then the following week, uh, it'll either be on the regular scheduled day of the 21st or the 22nd. I'll let you guys know. Uh, the, the, believe it or not, unless I make day three of the 10K limit hold'em, of course, I really hope I do that. But uh, unless I do that, then I won't be playing on the 21st, but I, I may be uh, driving on the 21st, so I may not be able to do it. So I'll, I'll let you guys know if we're going to do the show on the 21st or the 22nd. Following week, uh, on the 28th, I think we're going to have to reschedule it. I'll let you guys know then. And then the following week... On the 5th of July, we should be able to have a regular scheduled show. The following week after that, on the 12th, it depends where I am in the main event. So how do you find yeah, this we, out? We may need some fill-ins during that time, too. Fill-ins by you know, other, other hosts, you mean? Me. What was that? Fill-ins for me. Oh, yeah, because of the Asia trip, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I'll, I'll try to do it, but, I mean, it's the kind of thing where... Uh, I'm definitely going to have to know in advance when you're going to do it, especially with the time zone difference. And then also, you know, if we're doing something, we're doing something. You know? No, that's fine. And you know, I've I've done many episodes myself before. I, I very much appreciate all the times you've been here. That you've just about every week you've been here since uh, like last six months. So that will probably be relieved. No, I like, won't oh, be relieved. Finally, no, no, that guy shut up and stop making penis jokes. No, and, no, you know? I. I, no, I <laughs> I've really gotten used to you being here. It'll feel weird not to have you here, and I definitely prefer having you here. But if if you can't make it because of your Asia trip and because of the erratic schedule during the World Series, that is fully understandable. But uh, there will be radio every week. Every week I'll, I'll get one episode out during the World Series, and just check Poker Fraud, fraud Alert, uh, the forum. I'll make a thread about that, and also in the Flying Stupidity forum. You can also check uh, the Poker Fraud Alert Twitter, which is just at Poker Fraud Alert. Speaking of feeling weird, uh, we got a Trudorski tonight, or he was, was messaging me. He was messaging me before about the password. He was having trouble getting the password to the tournament, so he he can join any time if he likes. And okay, so let me. You know what? I never told you guys the phone number to call. For those of you that don't already know, we have two phone numbers to the show. The main one is seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. You can also call the Mount Charleston line, a separate phone number, which is 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808. Mount Charleston is a mountain near Las Vegas, which you can take a little day trip to if you're at the World Series of Poker. It's much cooler up there, probably 30 degrees cooler than Vegas, sometimes even more than that. And it's a mountain yeah, setting. It's a nice place. Yeah, it looks nothing like Vegas. It looks nothing like Vegas, but it's only like 45 minutes away by car. And is there some kind of like a crazy like – Storm or disaster that happened there? Uh, Sometime I, within like the last five or six years. I don't know. For some reason I remember my buddy taking me up there, and there was like roads that you still couldn't access and stuff like that. I hadn't heard of it, but maybe maybe there was, and I forgot it. So that's uh, so. So it's uh, anyway seven zero two four three zero eighteen zero eight is the Mount Charleston line. That is 
an old 70s rotary phone which sits in a cabin on top of Mount Charleston and forwards to me wherever I go. You can also call the call to listen line. And by the way, when you call those numbers for the show, make sure to show your caller ID or you won't get through. The call to listen line is a phone number you can call from anywhere in the world that will allow you to listen to the show. You won't be able to interact with us, but you can listen to the show live. That phone number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. Does not require a smartphone, does not require the internet or a data plan. It will not cost you any data. Does not even require a very good or strong cell phone connection. It's very useful. And if we're not live and you call that number, you will hear one of our reruns of our more than 225 shows that we have done in the history of Poker Fraud Alert Radio that will just play randomly. And then when each one is done, it starts another random one over and over and over again, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, until we return to the air for our next live show. You can listen to the archives of this show through iTunes, Google Play, the Stitcher app, the TuneIn app, which can also be used to listen to the live show. Or you can download the MP3 file directly from PokerFraudAlert.com's radio forum. Or you can even just click on it with a smartphone uh, like, like an iPhone. It'll just play it directly from there if you don't feel like uh, getting any of those apps or hassling with iTunes. So a lot of ways to listen. And if you, there's some other way you want to listen to the show that I'm not providing, please let me know and I'll see if I can add it. If it's not too much trouble, I will. I like to make it easy to listen to the show. There is a chat room, which you need a flash-enabled device and a Poker Fraud Alert forum account in good standing to get into, but it is active during the live show. You can chat with other members who are listening to the show live along with you. If you're not listening live, don't bother because there's nobody in there to talk to, unless you'd like to go in and talk to yourself. You can do that. In fact, you can make a fake account and go in and talk to yourself that way, just back and forth. Um I just got a message from Scott from the East Coast. I don't know if they're they're done with Live at the Bike, but uh, he messaged me. This this isn't exactly what I had in mind, but I, I still appreciate it. Unless he's not done, but he messaged me that seven dollars and eighty cents is added to the prize pool. <laughs> so for the person who had uh, who finishes fifth, that gets zero point five percent of that. <laughs> they're going to get like four cents. Congratulations. That's kind of funny. But maybe he's not done. But I guess it's better than losing. Oh, no, no. He says, I'm kidding. Call me later. Okay. You got me there, Scott. Okay. <laughs> I, I heard he was playing $2, $3. I, I believed it. All right. That was, that was a good joke, Scott. I'll give you that. I, 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 you actually fooled me on that. I, th- I really thought you were done, and you're just, like, sarcastically telling me, oh, 780 added. All righty. Hopefully there's more than that added. We appreciate Scott doing this, though, whatever happens. Even if he wins nothing and doesn't add anything, we appreciate this. It's kind of a fun promotion we have here. Okay, so let's get going here. Oh, you can text me also. I forgot the texting. If you text me anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In fact, if you are in Vegas after June 11th, and I know you like from the forum or from texting you before. If you're in Vegas, you want to you know, say hello, you can text me. If I'm around, uh, I'll come say hello to you. That phone number is 775-372-8355. 775-372-8355. I 
I may listen to your texts on the air or read your texts on the air unless you ask me not to at the beginning of your text. Someone texted me for the 774. How much do cigarettes cost in Las Vegas? I don't know. I don't smoke. I uh, I have no idea. I'm sorry. Uh, from the 760, watching live at the bike, can't see Scott's shirt. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> then they says, got it. Not working. I'm sure your shit is getting blown up right now. Yeah, it was. People were a little upset because they couldn't see this shirt as well as they hoped. But we got that fixed. From the 314, another person struggling to read the guy's shirt. It's not working for me. Sorry to bug you. My eyes have gone south. I, I guess I forgot there's a lot of older people listening to the show. Uh, from the seven six. Right, I'll 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 gonna help everyone out. Drop the password is sweet chili. <laughs> that would have been good. From the seven six five. Uh, Mason Malamuth listened to your podcast and heard that you may consider going after his sponsors and now wants poker fraud alert shut down. Fuck Mason Malamuth. Now, I, you know I, I don't believe that's what he's concerned about, and we'll I'll get into very shortly what's going on with that. But uh, that that was from the seven six five. That's not my words. But uh, but I'll be honest here. If, if I thought that's why he was concerned, I would tell you guys. But no, I, I don't think he's believing I'm going after his sponsors. I'll I'll tell you guys what I believe his concern is. I don't agree with it, but I'll tell you what I believe his concern is. And I'll tell you the whole story in a second. Uh, let's see here. I guess that's about it for right now. You can text me during the show. Oh, let's see. I got some more here. Um. My cheap phone won't get live stream for the password. We're still at the Cubs game, and I see a picture of the of uh, Wrigley Field. See you next week, Ballhawk Ned and Kit Kat. Um, and then we also have from the five hundred five four cards are always better than two. All righty. So before we get going, let's, let's throw Scott from the East Coast on here. Scott, are you done yet? Scott, you there? What is wrong here? This Skype sucks. You there, Calwatt? Yes, sir. Okay, we lost Scott somehow. Let me, he can try to call back. I want, I want to hear his progress now that the, he 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 teased me with a seven dollar eighty cents crap. Now I want the truth. I, it's going to bug me the whole show. So I got I got to take his call. Let's see if we can, I hate new versions of Skype. Scott, are you there? Scott, this is awful. I hope this is an issue where we can't hear him. Here, I'm going to try a test myself. This is pissing me off now. Now, now I see why Lyman gets so upset about Skype. I, 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 <laughs> I felt like I was the king of Skype, and now now it's making a fool of me. This is pissing me off because I'm going to use my cell phone to call into Skype and see if I can like hear myself. I mean, I can hear you, Cal, but I, I tried to add the call on from Scott, and I wasn't hearing anything. Let's see. No. No, it's Scott. It's not your fault. It's, it's the new Skype is horrible. Mm. Okay, we're going to go back to the old Skype. Uh, Calwell, I'll call you back in a second. This is awful. I, this, I knew. I knew once I updated to the new Skype, we're going to have this problem. I, I just, I knew I had to do it to take a chance to see if it was going to fix this problem. Because w- once that other fix I had stopped working. I had no choice. But I was afraid it would break something else, and I was right. This is so frustrating, I can't tell you. I'm going to try the old Skype here. 
the old, old Skype, like a really old version, which probably just does not work at all anymore. <laughs> Skype can't connect. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they just trashed the port. This is awful. We may not be able to take calls tonight. I wish they'd stop playing with Skype. Like, it will not even let me log in. Try one more time. The old one, I think, is just obsolete. Yeah, it looks like it's just obsolete. Well, that's what happened. They must have, in this week they must have changed something with with the network to where you have to use a newer Skype. The really old ones don't work, and the semi-old ones, like what I had running before, that fix I did to stop the sound effect problem. Not only did that. Uh, not only did that stop the you know fix break my fix, but now it looks like we can't even take additional calls. Like I take them and then I can't hear the person. And I just noticed this today. This isn't even a matter of like me not checking. I actually checked. I just kind of randomly checked and found the bad news. Okay, so. Let me add uh, CalWatt back. This is really frustrating. Over the next week, I'm going to try to... Hello. Yeah, I'm going to try to correct this. This is so irritating, the incoming calls. Here, I'm going to try an experiment here. I'm going to try one more time to call myself and add the call to the group. And if it doesn't work... Then I'm going to try a second experiment, see if I can call out to a call and see if we can hear it. Now I've got the actual radio open. I got it. <clears throat> Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so now it thinks that I want to show a video, which I don't. It says, it says, my phone number wants to show video. Should I accept or not accept? I got to put pants on if we're going to the video chat thing here. No, it's a joke. Nothing's working here. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't work. There's no because I said incoming calls don't work, which is lovely. Okay, let's let's try outgoing calls. <laughs> let's see if I can call myself. <laughs> this is a joke. Well, what I was saying was I do have radio on, so I can listen to the clips you play that way. Okay, yeah. that's good. I'm calling myself. I'm calling out to myself now. We'll see if I can answer here. It'll work. Okay, so it's ringing. Hello, Kieran Fabersham here. Can you hear me? Hello. Fuck off. All right, so that works. We can call out. We can't get incoming calls. That's lovely. Okay, so I'm sorry, guys. Uh, if you want me to call you tonight, I guess you can text me. And I'll call you tonight is what we have to do. You can text me 775-372-8355, and I can call to you. Now, Druff, if you were really thinking, you could use this to your advantage. Like, if you knew it just wasn't working, you could hold a contest. And everyone would be on tilt trying to call in. (laughs) (laughs) Make it like a $1,000 contest. Hello, I can't hear you. Okay, well, let's go to the next caller. (laughs) 
No, I can't hear you either. What's what's on the phones tonight? What, why do you guys have such bad I'm phones? I'm serious, man. You could troll the crap out of people. Ah, uh, okay. We're gonna. They have get to. a thousand dollar contest, and everyone just tries to call in, and no one's gonna win. All right, let's let's talk, talk about the thing that's going on with Mason Malmuth and myself and two plus two and all that. So, you guys remember last week I talked about the fact that I got an email from an attorney that worked for Mason Malmuth. This is a longtime attorney and a lot of his a longtime attorney of his a firm he's been associated with for a long time and. This email was actually sent on March 31st, but I didn't receive it until May 26th because that either the attorney or Mason or someone, the email address they looked up for me was just by looking up the PokerFraudAlert.com domain and found a throwaway email I used for the domain, and they emailed me on that. And I check that like once every few months, so and it gets like spammed big time. So it's a wonder I even saw this at all. But on May 26th, I saw this email that was sent on March 31st. And the email read as follows. Mr. Whittles, not Mr. Whittles, Mr. Whittles, W-H-I-T-T-L-E-S. We represent 2 Plus 2 Interactive in its business and litigation matters. Your website, PokerFraudAlert.com, contains multiple discussion threads and posts lifted from 2 Plus 2's discussion forums. As a registered user of the 2 Plus 2 forums, you are aware of the content of 2 Plus 2 forums which is protected by copyright and other applicable law. You are also aware that 2 plus 2 expressly prohibits third-party sites from replicating 2 plus 2 content without our client's permission. Here, rather than pasting links to 2 plus 2's content or even brief snippets of 2 plus 2's content for commentary purposes, several threads on your site contain lengthy word-for-word conversations and posts directly from 2 plus 2's forums. 2 plus 2 has never authorized you to publish any of its content on your site. Further, most of most, if not all of the posts on your site containing 2 plus 2's content appear to have been posted by you personally as opposed to other users on your message boards. 2 plus 2 requires that you remove all posts from Poker Fraud Alert containing posts and content from 2 plus 2. We also require that you refrain from posting 2 plus 2's posts and content in the future. Please confirm by way of response to this email that you and Poker Fraud Alert will comply with these requests. Otherwise, 2 plus 2 reserves its right to take all necessary measures to protect its content. So, that's what I got. It was sent March 31st. I received it May 26th. That's when I saw it. It was May 26th. On an email I rarely check that I never publicize as my email. So, uh, as I mentioned last week in our lengthy discussion about it, I I had mixed feelings about this. I... I, uh, I didn't agree with it. I, I thought, hey, the, the posts that we're reproducing here, that we're copy and pasting, are not uh, 2 plus 2 content. These are posts made by third parties who don't work for 2 plus 2, who are not associated with 2 plus 2 in any way. These are just forum members there who are creating this content on their own. And I thought yeah, they probably own that content, the, these individual posters, not 2 plus 2. So how can 2 plus 2 ask me to take down content they don't own, I was thinking. I, I didn't uh, look into it enough yet to see if that was really true, but that was my initial reaction. And I also thought, hey, this is only happening every once in a while when there's something going on on 2 plus 2 that's like some kind of scam, some kind of scandal that I want everyone to know about. So what do I do? I'd copy and paste it. Uh, the, you know, I'd copy and paste the original post over here, and then I would 
post my own original and very lengthy commentary about it. And the reason this was done is not to rip off 2 plus 2 in any way or try to steal their traffic or try to replicate 2 plus 2 or nothing like that. In fact, I never imitated the structure of 2 plus 2 or reproduced entire threads or even anything close to that. This was just to say, hey, look, here's a post by someone who's saying such and such person or such and such company scammed them. Here's what they said. Here's how I feel about it. And and I always put a backlink to 2 plus 2. And I wasn't the only one doing it. There were a number of people on Poker Fraud Alert who did this as well. And on 2 plus 2, this goes on all the time, where, where they do this to other sites. And I think that's fine. I'm not criticizing. I'm saying that this is just standard practice, where this is, I, I think, number one, this is fair use. And number two, the the if the interview individual posters are the ones creating this content and own the content, then two plus two really shouldn't have anything to say about it. That was how I felt about it. And in fact, and, and ironically, this is people independently on their own volition, building the content for two plus two that allows two plus two to be what it is. Right. I mean, these are basically unpaid people that are generating content for yes. Mason and, and crowd. And, and, I'm, and I'm also distributing something you know, on my site that I'm sure the, the authors of these posts would, are happy to have posted elsewhere because the reason you show up on 2 plus 2 to post about a scam against you is because you want to tell the world. So if you want to tell the world, you don't want it to be a secret. You don't want it to just be uh, confined to 2 plus 2. You're happy if the word spreads. You're happy if it goes viral and if the scammer or the company screwing you gets bad press from it. That's that's what you're hoping when you post that. So that's why in the five years of Poker Fraud Alert, not once has anyone come to me and said, hey, you know that, that thing you copy and pasted from 2 plus 2, can you take that down off Poker Fraud Alert? Never. Never. So um, that's that's why I thought it was fine. And also, Mason never objected. Mason Malmuth never objected. None of the mods on 2 plus 2 objected. Nobody objected, and they were very aware of it because several mods on 2 plus 2 Read Poker Fraud Alert regularly. Some of them even posted on Poker Fraud Alert. They're very aware this was going on, and nobody complained. And I figured, well, why should they complain? Because I'm actually giving two plus two publicity here. I'm saying I, I'm not like just posting this up here and pretending like it, it's confined to Poker Fraud Alert. I say this post person posted this on two plus two. Here's the post, and then here's a link back to the post. I, I, every time I put a link back to the post, I never tried to. Uh, make it look like the 2 plus 2 had nothing to do with it. So, in fact, anybody reading this site who either didn't know about 2 plus 2 or didn't have an interest in going back there may see this and go, oh, wow, that's an interesting story. Let me go click on this to see the rest of it. And then they're they're at 2 plus 2 and they've gotten some more traffic. I don't think it's been a major impact on their traffic, but I think it's it's helped them, not hurt them. So I, I thought that Mason's attitude was probably, you know, knowing about this for all these years, that he probably felt that way too. And uh, even though he personally dislikes me, that he was fine with that. That's what I thought all this time because no one said anything to me. Well, now five years into it, I got, I got this uh, this message, which was very perplexing to me. So, when I first got this, I thought, oh boy, for whatever reason, Mason doesn't like this anymore. And you know, we've talked about lawsuits that Mason's been involved with, you know, having to do with two plus two, and what he felt was a, a theft of his intellectual property. Now, I will say that the times he has sued, these were times I, f- I felt he was in the right. I, m- I may not have necessarily agreed with that, with actually going through with a lawsuit in these cases, but I did feel that that uh, he was being uh, stolen from in a way. Like the, the there were domain issues where someone registered 2plus2.me. That was actually the website who did that. And then someone who, a Dutch boy, did uh, 2plus2poker.com. 
And in those cases, they were purposely registering domains to confuse people into believing that they were reaching 2 plus 2. And, you know, whether they were using it commercially or not, I can see where that would piss off Mason. I, I can see where I, – if I, if I were in that position, I'd be pissed if, if uh, someone made uh, some domain pokerfraudalert.whatever and you – know, to confuse people into thinking that it was associated with Poker Fraud Alert when it wasn't. I, I'd be pissed if I saw that too. So I understood in those cases why Mason was angry. And while I may not have taken it as far as he did, if I were in his shoes, I understood what he was doing and actually felt he was in the right in those cases. And I said so at the time. Despite my issues with him, I said, yes, he's in the right here. Uh, but remembering that, that he did this, with, with these lawsuits, he's not a guy who just postures and says, hey, I'm going to sue and that doesn't do anything. He actually – he sued uh, at least two different people in recent times over matters having to do with 2 plus 2 and the internet. So I, I, I know he's not messing around. So I had to decide for you my think he, uh You think he spent more on his lawyers suing all these various people than he donated to that tennis camp thing? <laughs> I, I don't know, but he uh, – <laughs> I, I, I know he actually recovered 60k from Dutch Boyd, so that one he did fine. Uh, the website one, I don't think he got anything, but I don't know how much he paid for that. Uh, anyway, I, I, this this was something that seemed to be serious business, and whether I thought they were legally in the right or not, I had to decide how important is this to me to stand up to this and say, I'm fighting back. No, tough luck. I'm doing what I want. I'm doing what I think is right, and sue me if you don't like it. I mean, it's entertaining to you guys if I do that. I admit as an observer, it, it's uh, you can get out the popcorn and watch what happens as, as Mason and I battle each other legally. I'm sure that's fun for you guys to watch, but it's not your money and time on the line. And that's that's a different story. When, you, when you're the one at risk here, when you're the one who has to put the time and effort into fighting it, it's a bit of a different story. So... To my mind, it's never fun watching the lawyers get rich. Yeah, well, I I, I think so too. But it, but there there is some sort of perverse entertainment value of watching you know, people go at it like this, especially two people you know in the poker world that, uh, um, yeah, to see them at each other's throats and where it's going to go. I mean, it, it's, it's... I I much rather see you guys in a cage match. <laughs> well, anyway, I on the twenty sixth of May, I I decided, hey, I don't. This isn't major enough. I don't want the trouble. I I think I'm in the right here. I didn't do any research yet, but I just—I thought I was in the right. But I said, you know what? I, I don't even want to invite this trouble. I'm, I'm just going to—I'm not going to search through the site to find every instance of this to remove it. But I'm going to basically say I'm not going to allow it anymore to be done. I'm not going to do it myself anymore. And and if they point to me any threads where this went on, I'll, I'll just edit them and and just change whatever, like a copy and pasted message into a link. And so I, I posted that's the new rule. And I announced this last week on the show. And some people gave me a hard time. Some people said, you're backing down too easily. You're, you're letting Mason push you around. You know, and I said, look, I, it's easy for you to say this. You're not the one who's uh, who's going to have to deal with this if, if I actually get sued over this. So it's just not important enough to me to to fight. So I, that, that was kind of how it was left. Well... And then you and I started talking. Then, then we started talking, and then and I started, you started getting more and more pissed. Off. Yeah. So, so, you, so first, Calwat riled me up on on the show last week, but then I still, I still was kind of thinking, well, okay, maybe you know, maybe in a, I'll I'll check with an attorney at some point and see what I want to do. Yes. But I, I still wasn't, I still wasn't quite ready to uh, take different action yet. But then something changed the next day, and I, I it's not surprising this happened because our our users they. Uh, 
we have some rambunctious users on here. And crazy la- kids. La- Larry Laffer decided that he didn't like the situation at all. And Larry Laffer decided that he's going to uh, kind of poke Mason. So I, he, I didn't ask him to do this. I had no idea he was going to do this. He wanted to do this on his own. I swear. I had you, no. I- you know that they believe that you did it, though. I, you know what no, I mean? I, I think it's possible. Like Mason does. I, I, th- I think they know Larry's a separate person. I think there's a good chance they believe I sent him to do it, but I, I really didn't. Right. I, I really didn't do it. Uh, Larry is, is a big fan of the show. He's a very frequent poster on Poker Fraud Alert. Uh, he, he went and did this on his own. And what Larry did is uh, he went on – Two plus two. The next day, on May twenty seventh, and posted about there's this tennis charity that Mason uh, has been donating. It's his own charity. He donates to his own charity to uh, provide Allegedly. tennis lessons. Yeah, well, that's what he says to donate to tennis tennis lessons for uh, uh, kids who can't afford it. And he uh, is, it's been going for about more than a decade. And it's called the Mason and Charmaine Malmuth Foundation. And a few years ago. One of our users found some weird tax returns that showed zero-dollar charitable disbursements on the tax return. So um, this was brought up at the time, and then it kind of died out. Well, Larry decided to resurrect the story, and he resurrected the story on, on 2 Plus 2 and, and called out Mason about this, saying, you know, how come this shows zero charitable disbursements, blah, blah, blah. And then, so then Mason – so th- th- it was immediately deleted, and they banned Larry, like, like within 10 minutes or something, Larry says. So – I never even got to see it because it was uh, deleted so fast, and I heard about this from Larry after it had been done. It was deleted already. But strangely enough, four days later, on May 31st, they undeleted it. They didn't unban Larry, but they undeleted it, and Mason responded. And Mason basically said, um, we had 10 years' worth of errors on our tax returns, that we, we really did disperse this money, and... These were just errors. Our, our accountant did it wrong, and we're going to have to go back and correct it. And <laughs> that was—that's a pretty big mistake. It was surprising. I mean, that was. Uh, I mean, we're not talking about huge amounts of money, but I would seriously revisit my accountant. That, that's—that's you know, that's what I wonder. Like, how does your? <laughs> I, I hope. I hope he switches accountants at this point. Now, now, I actually think I believe it. As much as I don't like Mason, I actually think I believe it. If someone asked me. What is your opinion here? Do you think Mason was just telling a story and really just has never, you know, given any of this to charity? You think his accountant just screwed up and they've been submitting totally wrong tax returns for ten years? I, I actually believe they probably were submitting totally wrong yeah, tax returns too. for ten years. So I, I don't, I don't think Mason is is doing anything shady here, to be honest. Uh, but, but yeah, the truth is, they did submit ten years of tax returns with which showed zero in charitable disbursements. Even if that's not true, you know, even if you. Uh, Mason really did make the charitable disbursements, which, as I said, I think is he probably did. That's, that's my guess. He probably really did make the disbursements, and they just, they just filed the taxes, the tax papers wrong. But uh, obviously, you know, the, the internet's going to make a big deal about that when they find it. <laughs> so, so that's what happened. Especially if you're a, a controversial figure such as Mason Malmuth is. Uh, so, so Larry did this, and Mason is very defensive about his, his uh, tennis charity. He, whenever that gets uh, mocked in any way, he doesn't like it. So he, um, he, th- this got him angry. And then he, two days later, made a thread called the Wittellus Infringement Thread, which was uh, you know, basically publicly stating what's been going on with this uh, in, in more detail. And uh, I didn't like that because I thought we already kind of had I wasn't in agreement because there was, he never responded back to me when I uh, 
said what I was going to do with this, and I was, you know, I actually spoke to his lawyer on May 26th and told them what I was going to do, and he said, okay, I'll let Mason know, you know, let you know what happens. I never heard back, so nothing was ever accepted. So, so uh, I, I was like, well, what's going on here? Why, why is he posting all this about Wattella's infringement when I, I thought we already, uh, I thought we handled this. I thought I, I made it. I thought I told his attorney what I was going to do. And and his attorney seemed satisfied with it and said, I'll pass this along to Mason. And no one said anything for a week. So I th- I thought, okay, that sounds like they're okay with it. So, so I was very surprised to see that thread. And then the whole thing just blew up. I, the whole thing, uh, th- th- there was a, a lot of discussion on that thread. Um, I'll tell you, most people on that thread were on my side, even though on his on his site, and said that they felt that Posts by users themselves are owned by the users, and therefore two plus two just doesn't have any standing. That was that was basically the consensus in that thread, even for people who said, "Hey, I don't like Dandruff, I don't like Poker Fraud Alert," but we think the the users probably own their own content because there's actually a terms of service in uh, on, on two plus two that says two plus two does not claim ownership of your content. A, I'm reading it verbatim. Two, two, two plus two does not claim ownership of your content. However, you hereby grant 2 plus 2 a worldwide, royalty-free, non-exclusive, perpetual, irrevocable, and fully sublicensable right and license to use, reproduce, modify, adapt, publish, translate, create derivative works from, distribute, perform, and display your content and to incorporate your content into other works in any form, media, or technology now known or later developed. Basically, simply saying, whatever you post on our site, you still own it, but we can use it however the hell we want. However, it's non-exclusive, so if you want to... Uh, you can reuse this anywhere. That we, we don't have the exclusive rights to it, so you don't own. We don't own it. We don't have the exclusive rights to it. But whatever we want to do with it, we can. That's what. That's and what. Inci- incidentally, that is the first time that anyone in that thread had actually read the two plus two terms of service yeah. that they agreed to. <laughs> right. Nobody knew. So, so this actually kicked off an interesting discussion that no one ever had before. And in fact, it's even hard to find any discussion about any forum on the web re- regarding this. It's a, this is an area of law, which I think is, I think if we actually had a, a lawsuit between Mason and myself, I think this actually could be a somewhat of a landmark court case, not in a major area, but in a minor area about forums and the legality of content and who owns it. Does the poster own it? Does the forum own it? If, if it gets copied and pasted by a third party, who has the claim? Is it the forum? Is it the poster or both? It's a, uh, it's a uh, it's an interesting legal discussion, to be honest. Even taking myself out of this and taking Mason's out, it's, it's actually an interesting legal discussion that people hadn't really thought of much before. I, in fact, I had never thought of this before. I'm going to have to disagree. I don't think it's going to be a, a landmark case. I think that there have been a number of cases like this in the past. About, about forums? I haven't seen that. I've seen others. Yeah. About, really, I'd like to see it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, I haven't seen any. I mean, think about it. Think about how long forums have been around. You know, it's really hard for me to imagine that that's the case. But I looked for it. I didn't spend all day looking for it. I, I found a few. I'll okay, you, found, okay you can send it to me. I, I looked quickly and I didn't see any. So um, I, I saw some where forums posted other things, but I hadn't seen like forums posting from other forums. I hadn't seen that before. Maybe, maybe there have been though. So okay, maybe it wouldn't be a landmark case. But I, I still thought it was an interesting legal discussion, and it hadn't been. Sure. It hadn't been had on 2 plus 2. The 20 million posts they have, that really they have like 20 million posts. Uh, they, I don't think, have ever had this particular discussion there. So it was an interesting discussion, but it was more interesting to me because it was about me. And 
as I said, most people, the vast majority of people in that thread were on my side and were saying that they they believe that if I, if I want to go copy and paste individual posts, not not if I want to go reproduce all of 2 plus 2, that would obviously be a violation. Even if I were to reproduce an entire thread, that, that could be very questionable. But to, to reproduce individual posts for commentary purposes, which is definitely why I've done it, because I, every time I reproduce one, I comment on it. I, I make long commentary, in fact. Uh, there's a very specific purpose for why I've reproduced posts on there uh, by third parties, and that is to uh, analyze, discuss, and comment upon these scams and scandals taking place in poker. Which, which is this site is providing that public service. This poker fraud alert has a few purposes, and one of its main purposes is to do that. So, anyway, and then there's the fair use issue of even if they do own the content, at what point does reproducing an individual post become fair use for commentary purposes? And that's a whole separate yeah. legal discussion. Yeah. And that's and that's the next bar because you know examples of fair use in the United States copyright law include commentary. Search engines, criticism, parody, news reporting, research, and scholarship. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're hitting a couple of those points here, and and again, in this discussion, we haven't even gotten to that aspect right. of fair use. We're just talking about who owns it. Right. So, so, so yeah. between those those elements, uh, an overwhelming percentage of posters on that thread on two plus two, and this is on two plus two, not on, on my site, uh, agreed with me. So, okay, great. Forum people agree, and, with and I think those are people that. Are, that are not inclined to agree with right. You. Some of them even said, "Hey, I don't like Dandruff. I, I, I don't like Poker Fraud yeah. Alert. I think I, I, I think the site's disgusting." Or I've like never a, heard of it. Yeah, well, they, right. These yeah. are these like yes, some people who posted there were uh, were Poker Fraud Alert people who came over there to comment. But there were plenty of people posting in that thread who either were neutral toward me or even uh, disliked me and Poker Fraud Alert. So, but but still were on my side in this particular matter. So great. Okay. So so the forums. Agree with me about this. The, the forum posters, even on two plus two, agree that I should be able to do this, and this shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, uh, but the forum posters are not the ones that have the fancy stationery, bro. Right, right. So that's the problem. <laughs> I, I can't go into court and say, "Hey, guess what? Most people on two plus two agree with me." So that's my defense. <laughs> like that, that's not going to go over. The judge and jury are not going to care. So, so I've right. still got the same problem, though. I still have the same problem that there could be a lawsuit, and that. Um, and, and that I would have to spend a lot of money to defend it, and uh, I think I would probably win. But uh, um, you know, I'm still taking a chance with that. It's, it's not 100. percent I, I think it's a pretty high percentage, but it's, it's not 100. percent And if I do win, um, what do I really win? It's not. It's not like it's gambling. Where if I if I win the lawsuit, then I also win 100,000 from Mason. It wouldn't be like that. It'd be me defending myself. I'd be the defendant. So uh, I could put in a countersuit, but you know, that's uh, you know, who knows if I'd win that. It's something I don't want to do. It's something that you guys may find entertaining to watch. It's something that uh, is easy to sit uh, on the sidelines and say, "Yeah, come on, stand up to him. Come on, fight back. Tell Mason to fuck off." Yeah, it's easy for you to say that, but but when you're the one who has to deal with the consequences of it, then and poor little Benjamin is just sitting there going, "Oh man, I really wanted to go to college." <laughs> yeah. So, so I still had the same thing to, to worry about. So, so what I did is I, I said, okay. So I made a statement, which I'm not going to bother to read. I made a statement on poker fraud. You can go find it in the Flying Stupidity Forum. It's called uh, "Statement to Mason Malmuth Regarding His Allegations," and it's it's basically repeating most of what I just told you here. And I said that uh, for the moment, I'm still going to keep to what I said on the 26th while we hash this out because I didn't want to make things worse. 
I didn't want to change what I originally said just to inflame it. I wanted to that that was not going to be my permanent uh, decision. That was not going to be my permanent way of handling it. But for the moment, I said, "Don't copy paste anything from Two Plus Two, nor nor will I do it, except for you know, very small snippets, like they said." But uh, other than that, don't copy and paste full posts from Two Plus Two. Uh, while we're hashing this out, while we're figuring this out. Because basically my statement was not saying F you Mason. My statement was saying I feel I'm right for these reasons. Here's where I have some problems. Uh, I don't like this Wotellus infringement thread that he made. And uh, legally I think I'm in the right. And uh, still I, I would like to come to some sort of fair resolution to this. It's fair to both sides. Now, why is Mason doing this? I, I can't say for sure because I'm not in his head. Uh, I, I think... See, Mason's always been very, very protective with the content of 2 plus 2. He's been very protective with 2 plus 2 in general. This is a, a huge thing to him. Like, like, wherever you see him go, he always has a 2 plus 2 shirt on. And to him, it looked like, hey, this isn't fair. There's this guy who, you know, running another uh, poker forum who's just uh, copying posts from here and putting it on his forum. Well, that's not fair. Why should he be able to do that? This is This is our forum, and the post is over here. He, he can post stuff himself, but, but how can he grab our posts and, 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 and drop them over on his form? How can he possibly do that? How can that possibly make sense? I, I never wanted to do anything to harm 2 plus 2. I wasn't looking to compete with them. I wasn't looking to take their traffic. I wasn't looking to steal any content from them. Not only wasn't I looking to, I didn't do these things. I was not uh, looking to do anything negative to 2 plus 2. Basically, I was just going to stay over on Poker Frawler, do my own thing. Let them do their own thing over there, regardless of what I thought of Mason, regardless of what I thought of uh, the reason I was banned. It, it really didn't matter. They are the most popular English-speaking poker forum that exists. They have been for many years. A lot of times the scam stories are brought over there first because the person breaking the story wants to do it to the big, biggest audience, which they will find over there. So since this site – I don't know where Calwatt is, by the way. You just can't reach him. Since this site is dedicated to discussing and outing scams and scandals in poker and gambling, when there is a story that I think should reach our user base and it originates on 2 plus 2 just because that's where that person chose to post it, not because 2 plus 2 uh, broke it themselves or Mason posted it, but you know some third party goes over and posts on 2 plus 2, hey, you know, such and such person scammed me or such and such company scammed me, I, I feel as a public service to the poker community that that should be brought over here. And I don't mean entire thread should be brought over. I mean the, the, the original post. And then not just to reproduce it, but to post it and say, okay, well, here's what I think about this. Here's my analysis. And then I would give my very long and detailed take on it. And, and you'll see, now, this is not something I do every day. This is not something I do every week. This happens, uh, you know, infrequently. Probably uh, less than once a month on average, if I had to guess. I actually calculated that 0.00001%, I'm not even kidding, 0.00001% of 2 plus 2, approximately, of course, has been copied and pasted to Poker Fraud Alert. So I, I don't think they're in danger of... Uh, of their site being reproduced here if it's only 0.00001% and it's being done for commentary purposes as a public service to warn the poker community about scams. And, and look, 
All the things that Mason and I don't agree on and don't see eye to eye on. And we may have personal dislike for each other. But Mason and I both don't like scams and poker. Both of us are proud of our respective sites' roles in uh, exposing scams and poker. I'm, I take a more proactive effort in it that I, I like to do it myself. Mason just provides the site where other, people's do, other people do it. But I know, I know Mason enjoys the fact that 2 plus 2 is part of doing that. And I enjoy the fact that Poker Fraud Alert and me, me specifically, that I'm part of doing that. And so in that, we actually have the same goal. Now, he also has a, a, a big goal of, of commercial success with 2 plus 2, where Poker Fraud Alert is a not-for-profit site. But that's fine. I'm not going to hold it against him for, for trying to make money with it. And you know, he has made a lot of money with it, and that's, that's great for him. But my point here is that why is this a problem? Why is this a problem? It's so clear to anyone with common sense what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm saying, hey, here's today's 2 plus 2 post of the day, and I just keep grabbing posts there to reproduce. And you know. No, I, I'm not summarizing 2 plus 2. I'm not reproducing their threads. I'm not reproducing their structure. I'm grabbing... Every once in a while, a third-party post made by someone who doesn't work for 2 Plus 2 about a scam or a scandal that I think the poker world should know about as a public service. And then I analyze it as well as a public service. I'm doing this to help poker. That's that's why I'm doing it. Why else am I doing it? I'm not making money with this site. I'm not trying to make money with this site. I'm not... uh, you will not be able to find a single reason why I do this other than to alert people about scams and scandals in poker. That's the only reason I was doing those copy and paste. And, Drift, that actually brings up kind of an interesting point, too. I mean, let's say uh, something goes on where um, there's some kind of dangerous activity going on, like maybe there's a, a serial killer or, or someone wandering around with a gun somewhere, and someone posts that on a message board somewhere. Are you, are you then saying that you cannot take that and post that somewhere else yeah. to alert people? I mean, there is a public good yes. uh, concern having to do with copyright, um, as well as the use of this stuff for non-commercial purposes Yes, is generally, but not always, going to be fine. Yes, r- right. And whether, that, whether, whether it's... You know, I mean, it's just yeah. There's there's so, there's so many elements here. So I'm just saying, look, just forgetting all the legal stuff, forgetting about whether this is legally permissible or who owns the content, blah blah blah. Forget all that. Put all that aside. I, I think I'm right with all that stuff, but put that all aside and say, why am I doing it? Am I doing this to compete with two plus two? No. Am I doing this to steal their content? No. Am I doing this to make it to where people don't have to read two plus two and only have to read Poker Fraud Alert? No. Like there's there's nothing I'm doing to harm two plus two. In fact, I think what I'm doing even slightly benefits two plus two because, I, as I said, people who read this site and don't read two plus two will go over there and read it when I bring their attention to threads over there, which are of interest. Which is what I do. I put a backlink every single time I've posted anything like that. Every single time I put a backlink. So I, I couldn't understand. I still wasn't understanding why this is a problem. Forget the legality. Why is this just a problem from a common sense standpoint? So. This is why I was so fired up by the, by the end of all this. I thought, why should I have to stop this? We're, we're, I'm trying to stop scams in poker. I'm trying to out scammers. I'm trying to put the word out about things that people in poker should know about that have been brought to 2 plus 2 first by a third party who wants to get the word out. That's the only reason they post there. They want to get the word out. So 
I, I'm helping get the word out. That's clearly the only reason I'm doing it. It's not happening that often anyway. Why not just say it's okay? And, and what, what, why? I wasn't understanding it. It was very important to me since I started this site for that purpose uh, to, to out scams and scandals. Not just ones posted on 2 plus 2, but anything. Many things posted on this site in that section are things I discover. Like, like for example, uh, the Jared Blesnick of the World Series story last year when he, uh, he was kicked out for life from Caesar's properties and then two days later was back playing at the World Series. And I found out that it was Phil Helmuth who got that done. And I was the only one who found this out. I was, that was an exclusive for me. And, you know, so that wasn't copy paste from Duplitz, too. Obviously, that was, uh, that was my own work. And there's a lot of times I will bring stories over to Poker for Alert, either my own work or, or, or things I've seen elsewhere and have nothing to do with Duplitz, too. So, um, the point is, that whole section of Poker for Alert is for that purpose. It's a public service. It really is. Now, there's the Flying Stupidity Forum, which is just more, uh, you know, just, just for fun and people to troll each other and all that. I mean, that's, that's a different part of the site. But, and then there's a radio show, which is kind of a combination of all this stuff. But the, the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness Forum is is the public service. And that's the only forum where I'm, I'm copying uh, posts from third parties on 2 Plus 2. So, yeah, and on this podcast, you're the fraud alert part, and I'm the flying stupidity. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> so, I, that's all I wanted. I, I, just, I just wanted Mason to just... Use his head. Just think about what's really going on here, and, and and think about why it's happening, and then realize it's not a threat, and go on. So, so from everything, that that was the position I took, and I said, look, we're we're going to still, I'm still going to uphold for the moment, not allowing this, but I don't want this to be the long term thing. So, that was where it stood. And I've heard, Ruff, that a, a common symptom of impotence is that people get overly aggressive. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. I'll have to watch when I get overly aggressive if uh, if, that, if there's a correlation there. Uh, oh, by, by the way, since you brought the topic up, oh no! Well, it's, it's your fault. It's your fault. Um, do you notice that um, you have a more difficult time performing if it's very hot in the room? Like if the room's like ninety degrees, aside from just kind of being hot and sweaty, rather it's cooler. But do, ha, have you ever had that problem when it's like really hot in the room? Only from the point of view of my wife says it's too hot. Leave me alone. Oh, okay. Now see, I, that, that's the only time I have an issue. That's the only time I have an issue with that. I, otherwise, like I, I, I don't have an issue with that. I'm glad. You know, it's uh, some some guys get this at an early age. And they, they have to already take Viagra and stuff. And I, I, I've never t- taken any of those pills in my life, and I don't need them. But if it's very hot, then sometimes I'll have that problem. It's weird. So I've got sure, to make sure we have a working AC if it's in the summer. It's very important. You just put an ice pack on your balls. Uh, I mean, you know, I'll try that next time. I'll, I'll try to. I'll I mean, that, that's what they, it's supposed to be good for your sperm count too, right? Maybe I'll get like a, an ice pack with Velcro on it. And then I'll I'll paste the other side to my balls. I think I might have a very hard time sleeping tonight. I, I'm saying this in case Mason's lawyers are listening. He gets treated. <laughs> I mean, I'm this. just <laughs> this this mental image is. Not <laughs> I'm trying to get this to Mason's lawyers. This is horrible, man. This this is the torture he has to go through to hear this segment. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, hey, lawyers! You guys are sitting there in the boardroom. They're, Enjoy they're, the show. They're, they're earning their they're earning their money here. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, no, they actually, you do do that though. Like if you're having trouble conceiving or whatever, 
Uh, they tell you to ice your balls. Yeah, I, I had heard you actually, like, you, sh- you shouldn't be having a laptop in your lap if you're trying to conceive and things like that because it, uh, the heat kills off the sperm. So, so anyway, back, back to the topic though. So, where does it stand right now? And then we'll be done with this topic. Where it stands right now is that there's, uh, there's some, some negotiations being made. There, there actually might be some progress. And I, I can't give any more information right now. But, uh, there's, there's some talks at least going on so i'm hoping that uh a a sufficient compromise can be made here and and uh and the compromise as i said i i the compromise is not going back to what i i said on may 26 the the compromise is is something that i think is sufficient and that i hope mason will think is sufficient and it's being discussed and i'll let you guys know uh you know, if, if this occurs. And uh, so this isn't like a I win, Mason loses, Mason wins, I lose thing, at least not right now. If, if we go to court, then it definitely would be. But right now, since nobody's suing each other, and we're trying to avoid that, as long as something reasonable is agreed upon, then I'll agree to something reasonable. It's where I can still operate Poker Fraudler in the way that it's been operating for the most part. And to where Mason can feel a little, a little bit better that, uh, you know, for sure I'm not trying to steal his content and for sure I'm respectful of his content, which, which I want to be. And that's, that's the, that's what I want to get across to him and to everybody is that I'm not looking to do bad things to 2 plus 2 to steal their content. To, I'm not trying to copy paste things and laugh in his face. And I don't want that. I just want to expose scams and scandals in poker and be able to do so, uh, by making a thread that that's easy for the reader to understand, read without clicking and opening new windows, they don't want to have to like. So, so there's there's a a compromise that's uh, currently being discussed that will uh, hopefully make everybody uh, relatively happy, and then hopefully we can put this behind us, and uh, and hopefully that'll be the last time that Mason and I have to do such a thing. Even even if we uh, continue to dislike each other, if we continue to uh, think badly with each other whatever happens and, and and to be honest here the weird thing is my two bands from two plus two were never for breaking the rules there i like like somehow i, I don't even know how mason and i became enemies <laughs> it just it just happened like I, I it's not even like i i i went out to start like attacking him it's not like he went out to start attacking me it just happened because of starting for this whole thing with brandy hawbaker and david sklansky and, and my association with brian mike on it kind of snowballed from there so and that's what i said to mason four years ago when i came i think it was four years ago when i came back to two plus two as myself um i said this was five years ago i'm not even associated with brian mike on anymore i had nothing to do with that when that was happening anyway let's just put it behind us let's just forget all the stuff you know you said some bad things about me on 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 your uh on your radio show, I wrote some bad things about you and said some bad things about you. You on my radio show, you know, let's forget all that. Let's just, let's just start fresh. And we, and we did for the moment. And, and you know, I don't know how long I, maybe I was on there for a year or so before getting banned again. But I just want this to be over. I want to go back to what Poker Fraud Alert was doing before, uh, which is exposing scams and scandals. I, I don't want to make makes them nervous that we're uh, lifting content or anything. I want him to understand we're not we're not trying to do that. Uh, you know, as I said, there's a compromise in the works with which hopefully will be accepted. And, uh, and, and you know, if it is accepted, then I'll respect it. I'll keep to what I promised. 
And uh, you know, I I I won't even uh, bash Mason anymore, to be honest. If that's if that's uh, if he accepts it, you know, I'm, I'm not going to censor my site. People can, you know, p- people. And this is I made this clear also. I said, look, um, on Poker Fraud Alert, people bash me all the time. I'm, I'm probably the one who gets bashed the most on Poker Fraud Alert, which is funny. I, I'm the owner, but people make fun of me all the time, like constantly. So uh, I'm not going to protect anyone from being. Uh, made fun of or, or photoshops made about them or, or anything else like you've uh, so you know if, if other people want to uh, bash mason and, and all that then they can just like if other people want to bash me they can i've always said that this is a, a free speech forum and anybody who, who reads poker fraud alert in the flying stupidity area sees that every day there's someone who's making fun of me i hope this deal that you are negotiating you're not uh Giving away the key to the candy store, or anything? No, 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 I'm not. That's why I said I, I said I'm not. I'm not going to censor the site at all, as far as. Uh, well, any- I mean, I, again, I know you don't want to get into it, but I mean, I, you said it was a compromise. I just hope you're not compromising too much. No, know? no, I'm not. I I, I, okay. I, I, I came with something that I felt was, and I'm not going to give the details. In, you know, and if it's accepted, then then I'll give the details uh, for the most part, and uh, um, you know, people will understand what what's. Okay, what isn't? But I decided what I said at first on May 26th that I would do to uh, put an end to the situation was too much. I decided that was, uh, um, uh, you know, kind of upon researching and learning more and, and all this, I, I decided that was too much. And I said, I don't want to go back to that. I said, I don't think that's fair to poke a fraud alert. And I, uh, on the other hand, you know, there's, uh, the, you know, to resolve these matters, there always seems to be, you know, there has to be some form of compromise. And uh, something was offered that I think both sides should uh, be okay with. Both sides should be able to feel like uh, they can feel good about it. And and both sides can, can walk away saying, okay, you know, nobody... Uh, um, it's even good also that, that uh, both sides... Uh, it won't have to feel like the like the the other side uh, back down or anything because it is it's, it's something that's that's on both ends I, I think fair and 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 to where there's uh, everyone should be able to feel good about it and I yeah and in all fairness you know and all you know joking and and bullshit aside you're right that um, what poker fraud alert does and what two plus two does in terms of exposing. Scams and stuff, I mean, it's in everyone's best interest, including Mason's and including yours, that you guys can coexist and and deal with each other. And that's what know? I said. That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. That uh, we've, got the same, we've got the same goal with this type of thing. We shouldn't be fighting each other. We should be uh, – we should be – You're doing what the terrorist, terrorists want if you guys keep fighting. Right. Man. So so that's what, I, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I said I, I don't want – I don't want to be hindered so much where I can't do this. But but at the same time, I want to be respectful of, of 2 plus 2 and, and, and what they have going on over there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to press everything that I feel is my legal right to do. But at the, at the same time, I, I don't want them trying to batter me with legal stuff to try to stop me and hinder me from, from doing what we're doing over here because we're trying to accomplish the same thing. And, and that's what I'm right. trying and to put, say. And put an end to it. Yeah, that's what right? I said. Put an end to it. Right. So so yeah. that's why. And, and so uh, some things would never be on the table. I'm never going to censor the site. I'm never going to say, oh, you can't make fun of Mason because I, I don't even say that about myself. I don't say you can't make fun of me on the site. I don't say you can't. Photoshop me or, or, or say bad things about me or criticize me. People do that every day on this site. They, they seriously do. So I'm not going to protect anyone. Mason didn't ask for that, by the way. He didn't. He did not. He did not ask for me to censor things about him. So I'm not going to say he's asking for that because he's not. But I'm saying, if that had been asked for, I would have said no. 
if uh, like like I and I was willing, uh, and, and and you know it could still happen if if this compromise doesn't end up uh, going through. I, I, I now was, here's a tough a, a tough ethical dilemma for you, Drew. Let's say he he agrees to everything that you want, but Joe Seabox C- cock has got to come down. <laughs> no, I had to, that, that's I'll say. Look, even the FBI told me I can keep that up here. But that, I mean, he's drawing a line. He's like, I will, I will concede to everything. No, no. That's, However, that's, Joe Seabox cock has got to go. No, that's legendary. That has to stay. Okay, that's, that's legendary. I mean, it is number one when you Google it. So yeah, no, no, no. Joe Seabox yeah. cock can't go anywhere. But yeah, look, I, I just, I, I want it to be done, and I. I want them to understand that I will be respectful of them. I'll be respectful of, of what they have going on there. Uh, I'm not trying to do anything sinister. We're both trying for the same goals. Let's respect each other with that and, and come to something. And, and then if we do, I'll say, okay, good. You know, then now we can, uh, and, and, you know, out of respect for coming to this agreement that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be a jerk and try to poke Mason and, you know, make fun of him in my forum. And all. Like, uh, th- that's just a matter of, of, of showing some respect after that too that that I'm not going to do that right after we make this uh, agreement. Yeah, I could. That would be kind of disrespectful at that point unless he did it to me, but that's yeah, you know, I, I would It's agree. like family, Druff. You, you don't have to like each other all the time, but you at least have to, you know, respect each other and get along. Yeah. So that's that's what yeah. I, I that's what I want to do here with 2 plus 2. I, I want to respect and get along. I want them to show respect to us and we show respect to them and then, you know, and and that, that's that's the way I want it, and that's I'm not going to give away anything in an agreement that's uh, that that I shouldn't have to do, uh, but at the same time I'm not going to be super hard ass and, and and try to demand every single possible uh, legal right I think I can come up with uh, and then say f you. I know some people would enjoy if I did that, but that that's not what I'm going to do. Any, and, and there's no way we could come to any kind of compromise or agreement if that were to be my my attitude. Just like if they were to have a hard line attitude with me, they would not get an agreement out of me. So hopefully. This will be done hopefully next week. I, I can report this is over, and uh, you know, and, and that'll be that, and we can each uh, go our own way, and then it'll be over. So, um, and, and you know, this, this it's not pleasant. I know you guys. Some of you may have found this interesting and, and funny and uh, entertaining, but uh, I, I didn't like this whole thing. This whole thing's been stressful. This whole thing has been uh, frustrating to deal with. And I'm sure Mason hasn't enjoyed it either. I don't think either of us have enjoyed this whole thing. So we, I, I think both of us will be happy when this is behind us here. And that's what I'm hoping to do. And, and I'm a man of integrity, and, and whatever I agree to, I will stick to. So let's, let's, I spent more time on that than I expected, but uh, let's move on. Uh, here's somebody who uh, I wish didn't get a legal concession this is someone I wished uh, faced uh, much more in court than he did. Uh, Scott Tom, Grey Cat, he has returned. He's in Las Vegas right now. He's actually in Las Vegas right now, Scott Tom. And he has pled down, unbelievably for everything he did, he, he, pled, he has pled down to a single misdemeanor count. Unbelievable. I was cheated directly by him. So this especially pisses me off. Some of these things in poker that I get involved in, in these scandals and scams, like lock poker. Lock poker never ripped me off for a dollar. But I, I went after them hard because I didn't like what they were doing. But absolute poker did steal from me directly. 
And I was uh, one of the very first people to call them out. In fact, I think I was the first person to post on 2 Plus 2 back in 2007 about the suspicion of this. Or if I wasn't the first, I was one of the first. And I was the first one to refer to the super user being on there that could see the whole cards. Anyway, CalvinAir.com reported yesterday, June 6th, that Scott Tom has pled guilty. He's, 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 well, he's actually reached a deal with the prosecutors to plead guilty, and he, I'm sure he will, to a single misdemeanor charge in connection with Absolute Poker, with running Absolute Poker. Now, keep in mind, he was in trouble not for the cheating. He should have been in trouble for the cheating, but he was in trouble for operating Absolute Poker as a real-money online poker site after the UIGEA had passed in 2006. That was basically what he was in trouble for in uh, indictments issued by the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York. So he had been hiding out for the past... Looks like we lost Calawat. Hang on. This new Skype is terrible. It's, it's absolutely awful. It's, it's absolutely awful. Okay. Sorry. Okay, you still there? I am here. Okay, good. This new Skype's terrible. No, I think it's... I think it was my end. Oh, it's your end. Okay, for once I can't... I'm kind of worried that fucking... About a month has uh, happened since that whole internet outage that I told you about. Yeah. <clears throat> the guy told me he wasn't canceling. I'm wondering if, like... <laughs> it's, it's, like, set to cancel again. <laughs> Anyway, go go ahead. Okay, so Scott Tom, for six years after Black Friday in April 2011, had been hiding out in Antigua and other places because there's a warrant out for his arrest. He didn't want to face it. Well, in February, he returned. February 2017, he returned. He originally faced multiple felony charges for illegal gambling and conspiracy to commit money laundering. But I knew when he was returning that he wasn't just strolling into the U.S. to face these tough charges. I knew that much like what Brian Mikon did, he must have had some agreement through his attorney beforehand that there would be some sort of major plea bargain. Otherwise, if he were to be facing charges like that, he just wouldn't come back. So there had to be some kind of agreement in place. So sure enough, there was because they reached a deal just for one misdemeanor charge. The misdemeanor charge is accessory after the fact to transmission of wagering information. Is he going to have to do like 10 hours of community service? I mean, that's crazy. He's he's not even accessory to... uh, to, to placing bets, he's an accessory after the fact, after the bets have already been placed, to the transmission of wagering information. Have they gotten any money from this guy? Well, no, but here's here's uh, part of it. So he waived he waived his right to a jury trial, and he consented to proceed to trial, judgment, and sentencing by a U.S. magistrate judge named uh, Barbara C. Moses. On September 28th of this year, he will be sentenced. The maximum sentence for violating that code is two years in prison, but I bet it'll be much, 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 much less. I bet you didn't even go to prison. 
Yeah, and he, he also has agreed to forfeit, quote, any and all property derived from the commission of his illegal activity, but that is any and all property he's not hiding. And any and all property that's left. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, how long was he away? Six years, yeah. It's, and, uh, yeah, so it's question. He probably lived a pretty good fucking life for six years. Yeah, so either he shot it all off for six years and he has no, no money left to take, or, uh, he's making it seem like he has no money left to take and is, is, uh, hiding it. Right. So, uh, I, I, I have a feeling they're Ray not gonna, Vitar style? Yeah, I have a feeling they're not gonna get much. And, uh, uh, now. Did he say it at heart condition and he's not compatible with prison? Yes, and then he, then he has a beautiful wedding right after that and, uh, seems totally healthy. That was great. And, and inexplicably has piles of money, apparently. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, crazy. Crazy. <laughs> so, uh, Scott Toms got off pretty damn light. I mean, keep it, forget the cheating. When Black Friday came down. Druff, I mean, seriously, just fuck it. You and I, between your knowledge and my, my technical abilities, let's just make a site. Let's make a <laughs> poker site. Let's just rip everyone fucking off. When the heat's on, we'll go to Antigua, and we'll live out there for a little while, and we'll we'll have a good time. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's obviously no real downside or penalty to doing this. So yeah, let's just, fuck make, make, let's just do it. Make hundreds of millions of dollars, hide it, and then uh, say we're broke. Come back, uh, serve three weeks in prison, and uh, and then uh, that's pretty much it, and we're done, and we can go back and enjoy all our money. Seriously, if there's no penalty for this shit, why not? It's crazy. And, uh, why not? I mean, he got away with it. So look at Poker Stars. Poker Stars, they spent $731 million to resolve their charges. $731 million they paid, of which some of it was used to pay back, uh, players who were, uh, whose money was lost in full tilt, and then later to pay back, uh, absolute poker players. But, they paid out of their own pockets $731 million, and all they got for it was full tilt, which they have shut down now. <laughs> so that's all they got. They got full tilt, which had been down for a long time anyway, for $731 million. And here Scott Tom just comes back and uh, is probably going to get almost a nothing sentence and probably pay just about nothing. So that's, that's insane. Brent Beckley, who was also very heavily involved, he was a, a he was mostly involved with the payment processing side of Absolute Poker. He was sentenced to 14 months in prison in 2012. He pled guilty to for conspiring to commit bank and wire fraud. So he got a lot worse than Scott Tom will probably get, and uh, the only one of the 11 indicted individuals from Black Friday who have not. Uh, Come to face trial, Isai Scheinberg of Poker Stars, formerly of Poker Stars, <laughs> the founder of Poker Stars, is uh, still the one. The one guy that didn't abscond with the money, right? The one right? guy that didn't run off with our money, and the one guy who, you know, from what I hear, seemed to be a pretty good guy. <laughs> like I've heard, I've heard stories about him that he was a great person to work for. That he was very generous. He was. He, he seemed to have a big heart as far as employees went. He was. Uh, he cared about the game of poker and, 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 you know, wanted to keep poker stars very pure. And there, there a lot of good things I've heard about Isai Scheinberg. Yeah. But some of these other guys that you're talking about, like Scott Tom and, you know, whatever, they made money. But Isai made like money with a capital. Oh, M yeah. He made to the point where he can just live on his roving yacht for the yeah. rest of his fucking life. 
You know? Yeah, that thing it made billions there, poker stars. He he made enough money to just give everyone the middle finger and just yeah. say, See you later, bitches. That's why I think when it came time to pay poker stars players, I don't even know if they had segregated funds. They they didn't need them. They had so much money, they're like, Okay, here here's your money, everybody. We we have it. <laughs> We've made so much, we have so much cash, uh take it. Yeah. We're paying you. Goodbye. Now here's here's something that is not really being reported much. There is one comment, or there was one comment on this page. This was an article on CalvinAir.com. Now, keep in mind, CalvinAir.com, and CalvinAir, for the few of you who don't know, was the founder of Bodog. The U.S. has been looking for him for a long time, too. But CalvinAir, uh... He, he he there's a Twitter account that has his picture on it that says it's him but it's really not him for the most part it's really people working for him that are just tweeting out articles uh almost every article on calvinair.com is not written by Calvin Air however Calvin Air from his Facebook posted a comment the only one when i read this article the only one comment was from Calvin Air what do you think he said what do you think his comment was I mean, you won't know it verbatim, but what do you think, in general, he, he said in response to this article on CalvinAir.com that basically said what I just uh, told everybody, but Scott Tom? I mean, from his perspective, because he's a fugitive, maybe he's saying, uh, I mean, maybe he agrees with it. He thinks it's fine. I don't know. Right. He, he wrote a one-sentence comment. Good for Scott. Yeah. Wow. So that kind of pissed me off because you know they uh, go ahead. Sorry, Drew. Yes. Like, look, I understand that they they're kind of uh, brothers in that way, and that the U.S. government was pursuing them for gambling yeah. charges. But there's a big difference in that. Bodog has not had any of these type of scandals. Bodog, uh, aside from some minor things that have gone on, uh, ha- has not ripped anyone off or stolen anyone's money, and they've existed for 17 years. This is a huge difference. Scott Tom did so many things. He, he cheated his own players, uh, playing them and seeing their whole cards. He covered it up. Then, after the whole scandal was over, they stole all the money that was on deposit. I mean, how can you say good for Scott? So, I, I, that's what I wrote. I wrote back to Calvin Hare. I wrote a comment in reply to his comment. I put, how can you say good for Scott? You realize that he directly cheated his own players through a super user program, which allowed him to view his opponent's whole cards, right? I was one of those he he cheated. He played me a 200-400 heads-up limit hold'em and saw all my cards. He deserves to be in prison for a long time for both this and for stealing all the money on deposit. I thought you prided yourself upon offering ethical gambling sites, Calvin. So. Let me guess. Crickets? Uh, let's see. I, I, I'm reloading it. No, amazingly, he just responded. Whoa. He, he said, uh, Todd, I understand the way you feel. However, the most important thing as a fugitive from justice running a U.S.-facing gambling site is that you are not charged. No matter what you have done, it's important to stand up to these uh, bloodsuckers. No, no, he didn't write. He, he, he didn't respond. Okay. So I, I was going to say. <laughs> I, 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 do, I do have uh, two likes here, though. Let's see. Can I see who like? No, I won't let me shut that. It won't show me who liked. It's kind of BS. This this reminds me of something, and this is a slight tangent, but still, I think it's worth noting or, or worth discussing. 
You know how we, uh, quite some time ago, we were talking, and I don't remember what we were talking about, but I mentioned that there's an underground marketplace for social media accounts where, you know, big celebrities, you know, they, they really don't like Moet champagne that much that they're posting pictures of it or BMW or whatever. They're actually paid, right? They're, they rent out these social media accounts and they're paid to do that. And there actually are, um, and they don't want it well known because the, one of the reasons this advertising tactic works is people can buy into the idea that, um, you know, this is really this person's lifestyle and this is really what they like. Right. And, and in fact, in fact, this came to light, especially recently with this Firefest disaster right. because they were, the, they're called influencers and, and like Kendall right. Jenner and others pretended like they were excited for Firefest when in reality right. they were paid to promote it to, as if they're just excited about it. Yeah. And that's, that scandal, you know, kind of laid it bare to some extent, but it's something that people, you know, who were, tangentially involved in the the business of marketing or have been aware of for a long time. Like, you know, I'm I'm not saying that every social media post is a shill post, but these guys, you know, people that have lots of followers on various social media accounts, that's how they make money. Um, There are obvious sponsorships, but then there are also a whole lot of, uh, you know, just like they do product placement ads in movies where, you know, company will pay money just for Doritos to be the chip that the hero eats or whatever. Um, same thing with social media where these, uh, influencers, like you say, there, there are actually websites that you can go on and you can see who's available and what schedule and what it's going to cost to, to post your ad and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's only truly effective when people don't know that that's going on. You know what I mean? I mean, it'll probably still be somewhat effective regardless because it gets in front of people's faces, but it's, uh, it's definitely more effective when uh, people don't really know that that's what the case is, right? So dovetailing off of that, something else that people may not be aware of, but there are a lot of online publications um, that this you can do the same thing with the articles that are listed on there, where there will be a article on, say, Calvin Air that it sounds like just an interview article that Calvin Air decided that they were going to run, um, but it actually is a, a paid spot that someone has come in and they want some publicity on something and they, they pay for that, right? And even publications like Huffington Post uh, and even you'll even find articles like on Yahoo Finance and all sorts of places where – it just like, um, do you remember we were discussing that uh, that kind of fake news article about that poker site? Yeah, a while back, just like that. But you can you have to be really careful. I mean, I know the the whole Trump fake news thing kind of like got blown up to the point where it was almost a joke. But it really is true that a lot of these publications are so hard pressed to make money that a lot of uh, a lot of the articles that appear on there, obviously not the you know heavy hitting investigative ones, but things like interviews that really read like PR puff pieces or whatever. These are actually paid. These are not things that that publication decided to go out and write. These are things that a PR firm has come in representing a company and arranged to have them happen. And a lot of publications that you wouldn't even expect that this is happening, it is. So you you really do have to be careful and and calvin air is one of those uh publications that i know for a fact 
that you can buy placement interviews and articles and that kind of stuff on it. It's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah, I know. And that, and that's it's it exists obviously for a reason this calvinair.com. So, it's it, it's got a, a commercial purpose to it. And yeah, that's a but, you know, what kind of fucking world do we live in? You know, I mean, really, it's it's ridiculous. It oh, really I, mean, I mean, there's all this talk about fake news, but it's not just news. There, there's so much around us really is fake or not what it appears to be. And it's really it's really everywhere. That's why I, I'm, I'm so skeptical of everything that I, I see. And especially, like, so many things even just on the Internet that are reposted. Oh, this is so funny. Oh, look at this this screenshot of such and such. Or this funny video. And I, I watch it and I think, okay, I'm going to watch this and see if I can find evidence that it's faked or staged. Like, right. like every time I do, that's always where my mind goes first. And the funny thing is I'm usually right with that. Like I, usually my first instinct is I bet this is fake. Turns out I'm right, it's fake. And the sad thing is, though, most people – who, who watch it or look at these screenshots or watch these videos that are staged, they really believe it's real. There, there's some that, that don't. There's some that realize it's fake or staged or likely staged. Or, or, but, but there's a lot who believe it's real, and that's, that's what's kind of scary. There's a lot of well, people I don't, who – Well, I don't even mean stuff that's outright fake that can be fact-checked. I mean that let's, – let's say you've got – you know, pick a random publication. Let's say the Huffington Post, Right. Oh yeah, no, I, I know and, what you're saying. And you read an article about some, you know, scrappy new startup company, and you're like, "Wow, they, these people must be important. They're getting written about." No, they paid someone. Yeah, well, yeah. we 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 did to that, write with, that with with Hasib Qureshi with his whole thing. That that was that looked like one of those that was uh, paid on Yahoo to be written about. But I, I wonder at what point, when people start becoming truly aware of this, that this will have been a super short sighted tactic for these uh, online sites and publications to use to the point where they have shot themselves in the foot where no one's going to fucking read them anymore. It depends. It depends because who knows what the hell, you know? I mean, there's just no journalism at all. Here, let's put on Trader Ruski. He's, he's trying to call in and we, you know, we can't even oh, take, take any calls, but I'll put him on here. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, to me, that would, it would bother me and, and would make me... And, 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 and Card Player, for instance, right? You won their player of the year, and you didn't get on the cover. You didn't get any of that. You can buy a cover on that magazine. Yeah. You can buy a cover. Well, they, 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 they sold out a long time ago. <laughs> they sold out a long time ago running lock ads after they stopped paying. Well, and they... They, will, they will let you purchase a cover, and they'll run a story as if it's you, as if they're, you're so cool and interesting that, they really want to cover you. You know what I mean? So that people picking it up won't know the difference. They won't know that what's on the cover of the magazine is an ad. It's not the actual – it's not something that the publication put out. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I wonder at what point they're just going to dry that up to the point where people look at it and be like, huh, you know. It's it's just it's ridiculous, man. It's really just truly ridiculous. Yeah, I know, I know. It, it is, and whenever I see anything in a publication that is profiling some company, even if they're trying to present it as they're they're just profiling the company because it's interesting or groundbreaking, every time I read one of those, that's where my immediate suspicion goes that it's it's some sort of uh, backdoor paid advertising. Especially in the startup and VC world, this stuff is just rampant because you have. VC that dump a bunch of money at a PR firm and they start the hype machine up to where, you know, where they're buying articles in all these publications to try and 
lend credibility to something um, to then get more VC investment. You know what I mean? Like it's this crazy feedback loop. It's just really bizarre to me. Yep. Really bizarre. Trader Risky, the, hello. Air is one of those. Sorry, go ahead. What's up, guys? Now, didn't they used to have to mark that as advertorial? Anymore, apparently. Yeah, apparently. I mean, that, that law must have just disappeared because it used to be pretty strict around stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I don't know why that has fallen off, but it could be some sort of backdoor way they found to do it where it really is an article, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they... Technically, maybe like you buy, you buy advertising, you buy freelancers that are kind of like, you know, uh, the editorial page in the New York Times. Um, and I'm not saying this happens on the the New York Times to my knowledge. It doesn't, but who knows? Maybe it does, but they'll have freelancers that can basically, you know, write about whatever they want to write about. And the, the freelancers are the one that, that get paid, not the publication, you know, and I'm sure there's some indirect way that the, uh, the freelancers then, you know, Get drop money back to the actual site, uh, and it makes it somehow you know ostensibly legal. There, there can I'm even telling be, you, Trisky, this stuff goes on all the time. There, there can even the be time. back backdoor oh, ways. Of, there can be backdoor ways of paying, such as uh, you know, after you buy such and such advertising in the publication, then uh, they'll do an article on you. But it's but it's not a direct purchase of, an, of that. Is not the ad. That's just uh, an right. article they're going to be doing. Uh, also, as a result of you buying advertising, there, like they can claim that's what it is. I, I'm, not, yeah, I'm just making that up. I don't yeah, know if that's what happens happened. So much, and I mean, I don't know what happened with these laws and why they're kind of uh, out the window, Trader Ruski, because, like on social media, when someone posts a picture of them riding like a Ducati bike, um, I love my new bike or whatever, and this is something that was uh, handed to them by the company, and they were paid to do it. They don't list that as an ad. As far as I know, they don't have to. Yeah, that's it's it's pretty obnoxious. I agree. <laughs> so. Yeah, and probably it's probably just with social and everything else is that all became big. It's like, but the publications the are doing it too. No, I know, but still, they can pick stuff up, and you know, they could write an article about renewable energy, which is educational. Right. But then they drop right. the name of the company. Well, Druff. Okay, so let's say that Druff and I say, "Fuck it." You know what? There's no real punishment for starting a, a poker site and ripping people off. We're going to do it. We're going to start this poker site up. What we can then do is we can contact, you know, a bunch of publications, Yahoo Finance, you know, a num- number of other places, and we can pay to get our story written up as this scrappy new startup, you know, or whatever. And we can we can get our stuff in there, you know. Yeah. And it's crazy to me that that is the case. Yeah, it, I, I don't even know where people are going to start relying on news. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> you know? I know it's tough. It's tough when you don't know if the news is, is being paid for or if it's really actual news that's that's being brought to you uh, independently. So it's it, you'll see companies that are interviewed that would never ever be given that time uh, in, unless there was some kind of payment or back scratching involved. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just it's bizarre. Yeah, some of them is pretty obvious because you'd say this is this is something. There's no way that, as you said, there's no way they would cover it. It just isn't interesting enough or consequential enough for them to be covered if it was not that. But then, how as a person do you navigate and try to figure out like what what is and isn't an ad, and what is and is not either directly or indirectly paid for by another company, whether it's a 
you know, a social media post or whether it's a, a fluff article done in a, in a magazine or an online site or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's brutal. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We're, well, we're- and, you know, and just when the print industry tanked, you know, when was it? Probably 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, they had to do it to survive. And if they're writing an article about solar energy, which is great. And then there's two solar companies that make it the exact same thing. One of them's an advertiser, one isn't. Right. Guess who's getting written up? Exactly. But if they're <laughs> yeah. using it to get VC funding, and then the you know, and then the thing goes upside down, I would think there'd be some liability. But who knows? Well, or or like the VC company also funds the publication. Yeah, maybe they already have VC either. <laughs> no, no, yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, this this happens too, where the VC company owns or funds part of the publication and also is then investing in this other thing and says, Hey, you're, we're going to run this. Yeah. We're going to do this. You know what I mean? And it's crazy. Truly crazy. Yeah. Well, so let's, let's get to the world series. We, we we're here at, uh, almost 11 o'clock Pacific and we haven't talked about the world series yet. <laughs> so that's not far behind. Welcome aboard, Trader Ruski, by the way. So, uh, the world series week one is done. Or it's almost done, depending on which way you want to count it. But it's it started a week ago. Still some events going on right now. And a number of stories. No huge fail type story, but a number of uh, interesting stories came out of week one of the World Series I want to touch on. We won't take forever with each one because we'll be here until uh, 10 hours from now. Which some of you probably like. Oh, hold on. We have somebody calling here. I hope, I hope he's on break, and I hope he's not. Oh, let me see. I may not be able to add him. Brandon, can we hear you? What a freaking fail. I need to add you, nope. Brandon. We we can't hear you, Brandon. We've got a Skype issue, so we're going to remove him. Nobody call in either because uh, we can't take calls tonight, unfortunately, due to Skype problems. Because the new version sucks. They changed something with their network. It's a freaking mess. But uh, we're going to try to reach. Let's try to call Brandon. We can call him. He just can't call us. Yeah, Microsoft's a whole other conversation about crap like <laughs> yeah. this. This is horrible. It, last week it was all good. Why couldn't they just leave it the way it was? Maybe if you fucking advertised on Skype, it would work. Maybe that's their tactic. I got an email from them that seemed inconsequential at the time. Now I can't reach them. I got an email. It seemed inconsequential at the time, but I think it may have to do with all this. It said that starting such and such date, I didn't look what the date was. I, I thought it hadn't come yet. I thought maybe it was June 15th, but it was some date coming pretty soon that certain Windows phones uh, won't work anymore. The versions on those Windows phones won't work. But I, I don't have a Windows phone. I didn't care. But... Uh, that made me think they're changing something, and then you know I got this email. Brandon keeps trying to call. I'm trying to add him, um, but that was indicative that something is changing in their network. To what the hell's going on out here? We, we have a Skype problem. Skype changed I something. I call it rejects me. I call. It I know. I'm trying me. to tell. I was trying to say here. Skype changed something this week mm-hmm. with their network. Where now we can't take incoming calls. Now I have don't to ever make... take the updates. That's no, it's the not, no, it's not. The up- no, it's not the updates. No, 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 no. They changed the network. It's not about the updates. I had no choice. Hmm. It, this is so. I'm going to look, see what I can do. But they uh, they changed the network. A lot of things changed that were beyond my control. Uh, now, how'd that kid do with the the bike? 
I, I don't I don't know. He was trying to call before we couldn't get his call. It's, it's a mess. He said something about the ceiling collapsed. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. He what? said that they ended the game because there was some water le- water pipe broke and oh. the ceiling collapsed. Oh, crap. I mean, that's what he said. That's, that's, a, po- that's a poker ceiling. fraud alert curse. That's what it is. It's the what curse? It's a poker fraud alert curse. Yeah. Okay, so Jesus. Brandon, uh, how did the horse go? What do you think? I'm well, calling you because... No, I was hoping maybe you're... <laughs> no, I'm, ho- I'm hoping there was a break. What is that? Is that a needle? No, I'm that hoping... That is a needle right No, there. I, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping you're on break. I just said that before. I busted level nine. If okay. you look at my alternate Twitter, I busted level okay. nine, which I've done now basically three tourneys in a row. I'm the king of busting at level nine. So, no. But, you know, I'm not mad. I mean, I, I still call into the show. It's not, you know... No, no, I'm happy. You bust happy. out. You're probably going to be frustrated, maybe kick the old dog or something. By the way... Uh-oh. So Mark Newhouse is... Uh, the old dog. No, Mark we, Newhouse is not going to finish fucking ninth again or whatever, and you're not going to bust out ninth ninth level again? Yeah. That's <laughs> unbelievable. So, so what, what are you Listen, saying? But this is the thing. These limit tournaments, okay, especially, I say this every fucking year, okay, you know, you have, you know, like 20,000, you know, going into like level seven and eight, and that's, that's above, the, that's like average, almost times two, or average and a half, I should say. And, you know, all it really takes is, is, you know, one hand to showdown and, and, you know, you can go from above average to just, you know, below average. I yeah, mean, it's it, does, it goes really fucking fast. I mean, yep. it, it, I mean, you have to run so fucking good and, you know, the early levels don't even matter because it just, you can build up a stack all day and you can just go, I mean, you know, you know, I'm not yep. telling you Todd, cause you know, cause yep. you know, you play the limit, hold them. It just. And there's always these key pots that you need to hit. And, you know, that's that's kind of the thing about limit games in general. I mean, you don't have the protection. You know, the good news is, you know, you're not going to ever lose in one hand and take a, you know, hor- horrific beat. But you don't have the protection, you know, with your strong hands like you would in No Limit. You know, you can't isolate people, you know, as easily. And, you know, you can't protect your hand as easily. So, uh, well, Misery yeah. Loves Company. I mean, uh, the handsome kid busted, too. Yeah, yeah. So listen, that's not why I'm calling. I mean, I'm not upset. I'm not calling to rant about it. I'm gonna. I will be playing the Giants on Friday. That's uh, the little cute little three. What is it? Three something? Yeah, three hundred three sixty five. I'm going to enter three weeks after you. Yeah, and it's actually you know I might play it every Friday if, you oh. know, if, if I don't advance because it's you know it's cheap and it, it. I love the fact that it starts at seven p.m. That's like when I'm <laughs> getting right in my groove of the. I mean, it is. That's like the time I'm getting right into my groove of, you know, like 7 p.m. For me, it's the peak of my day. I'm like the most alert. I'm the most awake. Um, I mean, I had to get there at 11 o'clock today. That was hard for me. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I wasn't, you know, I was like, ugh, 11 o'clock, you know. Plus, I live like a good 45 minutes away. So, I'm going to play the Giant, which is basically the first time the World Series is ever just having a nightly or a daily tournament. For a bracelet, because that's really what it is. Yeah, this is what it is. I mean, it's twenty minute. <laughs> it's twenty minute levels. You get like fifteen thousand. It might as well be the Mirage. You know, Wednesday night tournament. Yeah, and it's starting. It's, it's really even is. starting at seven. That's, that's funny. It's, it really is like mm-hmm. a daily. And that's what. And that's what time those tournaments all start at too. Yeah. You know whether it's you know the Orleans and but I like the fact if you could just last till the end of the day and you come back, you know, for like a poor man's July. What is it? July third. You come back like a poor man's November nine. Yeah. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do that. In Saturday, uh, eight game mix, fifteen hundred buckaroos, and then 
probably not play again to the limit. I think what is it? Is that on a Wednesday? No, it's Tuesday? On, it's on a Monday at three PM. Okay, so I'll play the what have you on Saturday and then the limit on Monday if you know, all goes according to plan. But listen, I gotta say something. So I played three events of uh, unceremoniously busted late in day one all three times and I'm not no I'm not tilted, I'm not mad, I'm not upset. Overall, I think the World Series for the most part has been run pretty good this year. The structures are good. I haven't seen any rude floor people. The dealers are all nice that you know, my small sample size. But there's two things that have struck a nerve. And I'm actually thinking Uh-oh. tonight of being one of those guys that writes like a message on like the notepad on your iPhone and then tweets it to like the World Series. You know, have you ever seen those people? <laughs> yeah, the, the notepad messages. I know, I know. I've never done the notepad message either. Yeah. Hmm. No, but I was driving home tonight. I just busted. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be like, you know, like the guy that like you know is retiring or gets cut from the NFL or you know this team or that team. That's what they all seem to do these days. Write a long ass message in a notepad, thanking the fans. So these are my two gripes, and you know, I want. Is my little trader Ruski here? Yeah, he's here. What's happening, Brandon? Hey, buddy. So I, I would like all three of you, after I air my two grievances, just to comment and, you know, don't have it slanted, of course, because, you know, you like me or you feel bad that I busted or whatever. Just be honest. Okay. So the first thing, and Druff, you'll notice this when you're here next week, walking through the fucking hallway, through the pavilion to Amazon, it's like fucking being in Tijuana, okay? Literally, it's like in Tijuana. You cannot go from point A to B without 10 people trying to stop you, put their hands in front of you to sell you some kind of bullshit, to give you a charger, to give you a free this, a free that. or I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. You're right. Like, you know what? Not, I, I haven't been there yet. Hold on. I want to stop you for a second. I haven't been there yet this year, but last year that was happening, and I was annoyed when it happened, and I, I'd sit down at the worse. event and forget. It's worse. It's worse. It's worse. Like before, at least for the most part, they'd stay in their little quarantine booths. But now they're actually like leaving like they have like a five or seven foot radius of where they're walking. So they're like approaching. They're like cold calling or cold, whatever you want to call it, contacting people that are walking. And well, I know I get it. You could just keep walking or put your hand up. But it's it literally it's it reminds me of Tijuana. Like it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Please just come here. Promise me. Some guy said, promise me you'll come back. Like, he was showing me something, and I'm like, I really don't need it. You know, and he's like, just promise you'll come back. I mean, obviously, they're making some sort of commission, but you cannot go from A to B. Every time you're walking down that hallway, you're, you're going to have people fucking just trying to sell you bullshit, walking in front of you, trying to get your attention. It's obnoxious. It's obnoxious. I mean, it's basically harassment. No, I didn't. You know like, what? You know what? Last year when this was happening, and I, I believe it has gotten worse, and I'm sure I'll see it. But last year, after at first, I tried to be like a little polite, like I just say no, thank you, or or, or even I just walk by. But finally, I, it, it got on my nerves so much that as I'm walking by, and they're like, "Sir, you, you, how about this?" I go, "Nope, nope, nope, nope." Like I just keep saying, "Nope." <laughs> I put up my hand. Yeah, go, nope, I nope, it's nope. Easy, fine. People are going to say I'm being petty, but you shouldn't even be harassed. No, like I that. agree. That's why like, I was getting rude just, and saying, "Nope, just, nope, nope." Yeah. Like, let the people stay in their booths. If somebody approaches you, there should be no hard sale yeah, know, I agree. going on there. I agree. Like, sit there, and if someone wants something, they have big signs and they have their products out. People can just walk up to ask. Okay, now the second one. And I, I've thought that this is getting out of getting out of fucking control 
for a long time, and it seems this year it's it's even worse. The fucking massage girls. Okay, yes, some of them are cute. I'm sure the massages feel great. Back in my foolish day of yesteryear, I was one to occasionally spend whatever the fuck it is, $3 a minute, $5 a minute. This is many years ago, okay? And they were good massages. Girls are attractive, but that's like a decade removed. Now what these girls are doing this year, and this is really tilting, even more than the Tijuana hallway, is that they are approaching you while you're sitting down, tapping on your shoulder, coming up to you, asking you if you want a massage. Wait, while you're playing? Yeah, well, I mean, in my sample size, no one has done it while I've been in a hand. But, yes, I've had girls come up and tap on me or if I'm looking to the left and walk behind me. Okay, unless I say, hey, come here. Okay, people should not be trying to sell me massages and solicit me while I'm sitting at a table. There should be nobody bothering you, period, at the table. Except the only time I think it's permissible is like if you're not in a hand, if a chip, if someone's counting your chips and says, uh, if you're not in a hand, someone's counting your chips from from, uh, the updates and say, hey, do you have this much? And you say, that's the only time I think it's permissible. Otherwise, I mean, they're walking around with a big fucking shirt on that says massage. No, they should never bother. What do you even call that thing? That they put between your neck or your, your whatever, the, you know, know. The, the the pillow thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, everyone knows who they are. If they want one, okay, they'll say, "Ma'am, are you busy? Can so, I get?" So them? They, they, they actually should never you? be soliciting you. They should never be touching yeah, you. Yeah, they. T- they I can't never... believe it. Wow. Okay, that, that's happened to me every day. Every, every I mean, all, all three times I've, I've all three tournaments I've played, and I've been polite so far. I just say no, thank you. I haven't like caused a scene about it. But I mean, you should not be getting solicited while you're sitting in a fucking tournament. Okay, for a massage. No one should be selling you anything. It's it's getting out of control. Okay, like it started getting out of control when people are playing fucking blackjack and they're getting massages at table games. You know, first it starts off with poker. The other day, I'm walking uh, through Red Rock to get to get something to eat, and there's a guy sitting in a chair at a craps table getting a massage. Okay, a craps is a game unless you're crippled where everyone stands. Okay, unless you have some kind of health thing, they don't even allow chairs. Yeah. Okay, at craps tables. Guy is sitting on a fucking craps table getting a massage. Okay, that's just ridiculous. But even more so than that, uh, that's what my letter is going to be. I mean, every day, it's been a different girl, different part of the Rio, and it's been multiple times, like three, four times every day. You know, I don't want to be bothered. I don't even like talking to the guy next to me for the most part. You know, I don't want anyone coming. It's just I'm paying a lot of money. You know no what I can do? Be asking me anything, selling me anything, they should be leaving me the fuck alone. I, I can send a message to Seth Polanski and say that, that you've told me this is happening, and I agree that these. Sure. I have not witnessed. Go ahead. I haven't been there to see it myself yet, but I'm going to arrive soon, and that uh, you know I'm planning to play several tournaments, and I don't want massage girls tapping me on the shoulder. That I want to concentrate on the tournament and not have anyone yeah. bother me unless it's now, about the, t- the tournament itself. Now I'll, 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 I'll again for full disclosure, no one at any time has been rude to me. Every time I've said no, thank you, they just pleasantly smile and walk away. But it's just the principle. Like, no, it, sh- it shouldn't be. You like, know what? I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that the, the higher ups don't know that either of these things are going on to the extent they are, or, or aren't really thinking about it. Yes. I, I, I have a feeling. By the way, yeah. As a resolution to another complaint I had, I for the first time today met uh, All American Dave, oh. the famous Dave, or what is now, his All name? American All American Dave? Yeah, All American Dave and. He offered me – and I'm not going to get into the whole thing about what happened last year because, remember, I had that crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. writing fucking nut lady turning it into something else that was sexually harassing women. Yeah, like, then, that's then, how then, these people spin it. 
That, I, I, yeah, well, I Jennifer, never, Jennifer you know, Newell the, gave you the hard time about that. She was the, the, the Cliff Notes was twenty five dollar <laughs> meal. Okay, I give a five and I want two dollars back. I feel I felt like for me three dollars was an appropriate amount for a girl to walk, you know, fifteen f- feet with a bag of food. And then the girl said, "We don't have change." Okay, and then she gave me an attitude, and then I didn't get my change, and I had to send tweets to get my two dollars back. And it was the girl was very rude. So anyhow, I met the guy today. Class act, apologized, said that he he took care of it, you know, last year, and that you know he's like, have you had a problem this year? I'm like, well, I haven't ordered from you guys, um, but he you know said so any problems? Let me know. Comped me uh, three free meals for the summer, huh. one which I used today, which was nice. Those things aren't cheap; twenty five bucks I know. a pop. I know. So I uh, got three free meals. Uh, very very gracious. Met his girlfriend Amanda. She is gorgeous, like literally on my scale of one to ten. Uh, Dave's girlfriend's like a nine. Huh. I mean, she's a just she's a beautiful blonde. Like you, she could be like back in the eighties or nineties on Baywatch. She has that that kind of beach girl look to her, and that has nothing to do with the story. Of course, I'm just pointing it out that you know you get a food truck out there that's generating probably three hundred four hundred thousand a summer. I mean, you get a hot blonde girlfriend, I guess. Yep. Um. So anyhow, uh, yeah. So that was taken care of, and again, no, none of these massage girls at any time have been rude or look like they're pissed that I don't want a massage. No, but it's just the point. I just don't feel like you spend that kind of money. You know, you're fifteen hundred, two thousand, even if it's three hundred. No, it's like, No one should tap you. No one should bother it's, it's you. It's unacceptable. No one sell you exactly. things. Think people shouldn't be walking at you down the hallway either. They should be sitting in their booth. And right. You should be able to approach them. You should not be hard selling like no, the, that's what it is. The, the World Series has just, the World Series just needs to clamp down on these vendors. They need, and I think I think I, I have a feeling when Seth Polanski hears about it, I have a feeling that they'll take care of it. But uh, they 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 need to clamp down on the vendors and say you cannot you know approach people in the hallway. They have to approach you. And 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 more importantly, been, listen. I mean, you can go in there any time. That's not just like oh, I had bad luck and someone did that. Like. It, I mean, this is one after the other. Now, I'll, ma- like, I'll mention. Know, I'll mention last year that I noticed this, and that you told me that it's gotten even worse, and that I'm concerned. But that, and that I'm especially concerned with the massage girls bothering me during events. Yeah. So and, you know, and I'm not a petty person. I'm really not a complaining kind of guy. But to me, like, I just feel like you know, you're spending a lot of money. You're getting raked a lot. The food's expensive. You know, there's all these different things. The least they can do is leave you alone. Yes. Like, and just let you do your thing and not bother you. One hundred percent. You know, I agree. 100%. I mean, that's. Yeah. So, you know, but other than that, and, you know, and I'm not, listen, it's, everything's been very smooth so far with the World Series. I've, I, all the floor have been top notch in terms of their rulings and just coming promptly when there is an issue and being very polite to the players, no matter what the circumstances are. Uh, you know, again, a very small sample size, but the dealers have been very, very cordial when they have made mistakes. You know, they apologize. Um, you know, everyone's been great so far. So that's really the only. Two and I, I'll, and I'll I start have. out the letter that when I write to to Seth Polanski, I'll, I'll write that uh, that I, I've been told that things are running very well. You can well mention this year. my name, or yeah. you don't have to. No, I, 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 I will. I'll, I'll, I'll mention your name. I'll, I'll say that you know, I was told that everything's running very well, and so far it is. It looks like you know they've, they've the best year so far as 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 far as uh, operationally. That uh, that there's, there's just these two issues that we'd like to see them correct with the vendors, and. Uh, and they, they pro- as I said, yeah. I, I have a feeling that they don't know what's going on. I, I can't imagine that the, the management of the World Series uh, thinks it's okay. Well, for- how can they not? Because they're walking down the hallways at some point unless they're going through secret entrances. 
I, well, I, I think mean, they, I think they are, and I also think that they um, aren't really well, thinking. No, I also think they aren't really thinking of it much. They are going through those those like back yeah. door, those back hallways. But also, I think you know, picture like Seth Polanski's walking through there. The few times he walks through the general hallway, he's probably thinking about all, all the. You know, it's very busy for him there. He's probably thinking of all the. And different... he's probably wearing a suit with his name badge on it. So right, right. Gonna... Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Why they don't bother him? They're man. not right. going to go up to him either. Right. So and, you know, I'm not. I can't get mad at these kids. Because most of them look like you know they're they're young for the most part, and that's probably just how they're being instructed, you know, by whoever's employing them. You know, I mean that's just you know how they they've been trained. Right, and that, that's why I didn't want to be right. rude. That's why I felt I, like I didn't want to be rude to them last year. Either. That's why at first I was just starting to say no, thank you, or or or, or keep my head down, and then finally after. Enough but days you shouldn't have this. to do that. I know, like I know, I know you like should. That's and then, my whole point. And then, and then you can do that, but you shouldn't have to. No, not only that, I couldn't continue because it was getting on my nerves so much that they yeah. were still persisting. That's when I had to actually start saying, "Nope, nope, nope, nope." Like, like when like, the guy ah. says, "Promise me you'll come back." Like, what does that mean? Like, what's wrong with yeah. you? Like, you needed me to sell me a cell phone cover that bad that I have to give you my <laughs> commitment. I'll be back. <laughs> Like that's what it was. It was like a guy from like selling cell phone, like whatever little plastic things you put on it. I mean, oh my god! But yeah. uh, no, no. Anyhow, other other than that, yeah. I, um, I I played today today with uh, I'm trying to think anyone that anyone would know. I played my last table, my bust out table, actually with Brad L. And I hadn't seen him in like two years. I somehow I missed him last summer. Um. And it's funny, uh, he asked, the first thing he says to me when I sit down is he said, do you have any cryptocurrency? That's the first thing, I've seen a guy in two years. And then, you know, or he said like maybe, hey, Brian, how are you, buddy? Good to see you. And then he asked me if I had cryptocurrency. And I'm like, no, you know, I, I didn't get in on that. And he's like, I do, kind of like a brag. But I kind of knew he did because he had run up some amounts back in the day on that one site yes. you know, with the one guy that fled to the other country who isn't here, by the way. So then he point blank asked me, he's like, well, you know, what did you ever do with those coins, you know, that, that the one guy, you know, gave you or, you know, back in the day when he was handing them out. And I'm like, you know what, to be honest, it's, you know, I, I, I have a bunch of them, you know, whatever he gave me, it's on a laptop that's in a storage facility that I, I, you know, I haven't thought about or used. So long story short, he tells me that if I get the laptop, you know, cause he was also at my house back in the day when. Uh, you know, with, with the one guy from the islands, uh, when the bitcoins were like a dollar fifty cents and, you know, he was handing them out like, you know, they were just, you know, gumballs. Um, you know, and I, I told him like, you know what, I don't even know how he did it, where he put them, you know, I'm like, I know which computer cause I know what computer I own and I still have it. So anyhow, he told me that if I brought the laptop to him, that he would be able to find out where they were and uncover them for me. For ten percent of whatever he finds. Now, I don't think, you know, I'm. A, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't even know. I could, I very well could have twenty bitcoins, maybe even more on there. Oh, then you, you know, shouldn't do I that. I, 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 I could find, I, I could find them too. You don't need to give them ten percent. I mean, that's crazy. Well, I, I wouldn't know. Truffle only charge find you eight. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. charge. I'll charge you nine point nine percent. Like it wasn't through like you know like like. Uh, Coinbase or any of those kind of sites. No, no, I, I know. know he, he's he's stored on an, off, an offline wallet. You just it, it, it shouldn't be that yeah. hard to find on there. Oh, okay. Well, ten so percent is pretty uh, steep because if you really do, if you do have that twenty, might be like a final table you made tonight, Brandon. Yeah, if, if you yeah. have to, if you have yeah. twenty coins, yeah, you're, you're looking at almost sixty thousand dollars. So you, I yeah. think you want to ten uh, percent. I definitely have. I definitely have coins on there. One hundred percent. 
I mean, hell, even if it's only, you know, 10, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I know. So I just thought they were lost, but he said that if they're there, he'll be able to find them and uncover them. I thought there was like a key or some encryption or some this or that. I don't know. I'm not the smartest guy about this stuff. So, uh, anyhow, I, you know, I, I've, pl- I played a little bit with James Woods. He's getting better. I'll tell you, you know, it's funny. He, he literally, like, he'll probably play as many events now as, like, the Negranus, or maybe not as qu- quite as much as, as the Negranus of the world, but, like, maybe a tier below them. Like, he, like he told me like he's going to play, like, 35, 40 events this summer. Like, he's basically, for all intents and purposes, he's not even an actor anymore. He's a professional poker player. Well, yeah, that's, that's what happens with a lot of, like, Jerry Buss was this way uh, in his final years. He was well, playing so much poker, and he didn't need the money. with... It's different with him, though, because he actually claims, and he says this openly, that he's been blacklisted by Hollywood because of his anti-government views. He said that the role started drying up. And he and this isn't like some private conversation. Like he's also talked about this in interviews. Yeah, I know. I've heard it too. And, you know, which he says, you know, and listen, he's got to – if he was smart with his money, I mean, he's got to have tens of millions. Plus he's getting residuals. I mean, you know, he was a – he was an A-list actor for a while, um, but you know he's basically said his acting career is over. He doesn't even try anymore. That Hollywood, you know, won't give him any roles, you know, whatsoever. And you know, and it's fine because he really enjoys poker. He comes out here for like six weeks, eight weeks, and plays in as many you know tournaments as he can, you know. So, um, Jeannie played today and. She busted pretty early, unfortunately, and she got. I didn't even know this guy was still around. She played at her first table with David or Dave David Singer. Remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who who actually used to date? Do you know who she used to date? Someone that we know? No, I don't know who he dated. She used to. He used to date. In fact, not even date. They lived together. I'm surprised you don't know this. With the Winkler before oh, Dustin. I didn't know that. I didn't know yes. that. Wow. Yeah. And he said that, or she said that he smelled just awful. Like he had like the worst hire. I mean, that's what she said, and he was disgusting. Um, yeah. I saw yesterday, or I'm sorry, two days ago, made me sick, Texas today. Chris Ferguson was walking up and down the hallways of well, you, you heard about the Amazon the, room. You heard about them playing the event together? Yes. Yes, yeah, I saw so, it. So let's, let's I, talk about I that. I, I had just started the well, World so Series people, topics. Well, people were coming up to him. Like signing autographs. Like it was 2006 again. He's Ugh. slicing a fucking watermelon with a fucking queen of spades. But the fact that people were still being fanboys, it makes me think, do they not know? And I keep waiting for someone. Yeah, I, th- like, I think some don't know. You know, I keep waiting for someone to like walk up and say, you stole or nothing. He's walking. Well, I, he's smiling, I, I'll tell you what I was thinking no. about. Provided that uh, I think there's a good chance that both Chris and Howard – will play the 10K limit hold'em. And that's a pretty small field of like 125 people or so. So that's – there's a fair chance that I will get one of them at least at one of my tables. So if I do, I will say something to them. Of course you will. And you should. And and I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up and hopefully the people at the table will uh, be sympathetic to what I'm saying and not uh, see me as like the asshole trying to cause trouble. I'm, I'm not going to go as far enough to get myself a penalty or anything, but I, I will let let them know what I think about them being there and uh, and, and what they did. And I, I don't think they should be showing their face here. And, and I'll, t- I'll tell them that. And uh, especially – Howard will be especially 
satisfying to say that too, because he the the one time I played with him is in two thousand eight, but he was such an arrogant dickhead to me at the table. Uh, I remember I I took some really bad beats to lose almost my entire stack, and I was very short stacked, and then I got it all in against Eric Lindgren, uh, crushed on the flop, and I and I put a really bad beat on him to double up, and then and then Howard pipes up. Okay, you're gonna see, you're gonna keep whining about bad beats now. And this is after I'd just been getting you know bad beat myself a number of times there, and I wasn't like going on and on like Phil Helmuth style. I just was uh, like I, I I and I wasn't berating anyone. I was just kind of bemoaning my own luck there. And then he has to make that like dickhead comment. And I and I said nothing to him. It, he wasn't one of the people who wanted the hand to beat me. So. Uh, he he was just so arrogant and, and just such a jerk at the table. And I, I this is before any of this came out, of course, about Full Tilt. But uh, if I see him there, he looks so much older, too. I mean, the difference between him in 2008 and now, I know it's nine years, but I, he looks like he aged 20 years. Howard. So. Well, they say stress will do that to you. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. Even if it's stress that he caused. Yeah. So so anyway, I will say something if I see, get either of them at my table. Last year I did not. Last year they played, but they did not end up at my table. But it'd be nice if you record it. Maybe get your phone out before you do it. That'd be great. I, I'm gonna have to look up the ruling on that, though. I, it may not be allowed, and I don't want to get kicked out of the World Series or anything for complaints about that. That's the one thing I'm a little afraid to do. I'm, wow. not, afra- I'm not afraid to say yeah, anything. That's a good point. I'm just I don't want to break rules like that and then get in some kind of trouble. Uh, but but well, I, you can always do it on break then. I mean, maybe the rule would, you know, I'm sure there's no rule. Well, yeah, maybe even then. Just they may consider that like recording without. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Without. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'll just I, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to record this and go, wait a minute. No, I, I don't think I should. I'll probably be breaking a rule and I don't, I don't want to open myself up to that. But I, w- I will say things uh, to them at the table. And, and the good thing is, unlike. I, I always feel like with with girls at the table, like like such as the Wisner or Oberstad, ones that I, I have problems with with the way they behaved, also involving these sites. That if I say shit to them, that it'll look like the you know the big middle aged guy picking on some young girl, and it's it's very hard to get any sympathy, even if I'm picking on them for being shady. But but with, with I haven't seen her this year either. Is she broke? I, what I don't know. going on with her? I don't know. But but uh, she's pole vaulting somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. But, but the Wisner but, either. I haven't seen the Wisner either. But, but yeah, Howard, Howard, and uh, and Chris. There's, there's there's no there's no such uh, sympathy. Like I, I don't have to worry about people uh, thinking I'm picking on a young girl or anything. These are just two dudes. So two. Uh, so and also, it's I'm, getting white. A, I'm getting a report oh, from they got a, a trusted source that Melanie was there today. Oh. in in okay. the horse tournament. So she might have. Uh, she might still be in. I wonder if there's a. Uh... Hmm. Check the uh, chip counts. Maybe she's still in. But those guys playing the tag team a thousand dollar event—that's just basically them trolling the poker. Yeah, world. I was going to. So I, I was going to mention that here. So that's one of our topics here tonight. Yeah, but they don't think it that way. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's it's so weird. So so I, I this is the first I saw of it on this Real Grinders Facebook group. I see a picture of Chris standing behind Howard, and it's someone writes about the playing that they're late registrants to the tag team event. So I thought someone just found some old picture of Chris standing behind Howard. And it wasn't clear enough picture to see how recent it was. So I thought maybe just someone found an old picture and, and just thought, oh, that'd be funny. We'll say they're playing the tag team event. So I really thought at first there's a good chance it was fake. 
Then I started reading more reports about this, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go look at WSOP.com at the results and see in the chip counts if they're there. And sure enough, it was listed that there is a team of Chris Ferguson, Howard Lederer, and for some reason, Andy Block, because, you know, they, they needed Andy to join in because they couldn't afford the 1K together. And They really should get Ray Bittar in there. <laughs> yeah, it should, it should have been a good Why one. not? So th- those Anyhow, three... No matter how many people you have. It doesn't matter. You're not splitting it. Per, it's it's one. It's that amount per per person that enters. So if it's the three of them, they ponied up three thousand. Oh really? Right. But how, how do the how do the prizes work then? You you figure out who to di- how to divvy it up, but that's it. Yeah, that's that's. I but mean, wait a minute! I, know I, what, that, I, I don't understand. Last would, year, so I'm assuming it's the same way this year. It's it's, it's but, whatever the entry is. That's per person. But that wouldn't make any team. sense, though, because if the the prize, uh, don't they just split the prize or something? Or like they split it three ways instead of two ways, right? But the, but then they're not getting the value. Then it's like wasting money. Then why why enter three people for three thousand when you could get the same prize for two thousand? That wouldn't make any sense. So Each one pays less. I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna go look at it real fast. It, it, there's gotta be not, well, there's gotta be something here. Otherwise, it wouldn't make any sense ever to have more than two people if 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 they're just paying extra but get, not getting extra. Yeah, it's got to be the same for each team, and they can chop it as many ways as they want. That's what I thought. That's what I assumed it would be thousand for each team, and then uh, it is okay. I'm getting another report in. It is confirmed a thousand dollars per team. Okay, that's what I figured. Okay, yep, yeah, per per team they split it. Yeah, otherwise it wouldn't make sense. So so anyway, they they it turned out yes that was that was a real thing. They they entered the tag team event and to to do this together, um. And this 1K event too, like clearly neither of them need the money for this. So they're, they're entering this obviously for fun, This uh, these two. And probably Andy Block too, I have to imagine, has, is pretty well off. Uh, so they're, they're entering. So first of all, he what? might be the best. Him and Ferguson. Yeah. You know? Like who knows? Maybe Block might be the best off of all of them. So. So, so first of all, why is Andy Block joining in with this? I, I know he knew them from from way back, and, and they they were in full tilt together. And I, I know they were, they may be friends, but why is Andy Block doing this? He's got to know the way this is going to be Ask received. Workers. I don't. I, he's got to know the way this is going to be received. How can he? How can he do this? How? Wh- what's the point? I mean, Chris and Howard can say, "Look, each of us are going to be hated individually, so why not go in this together?" But wh- why is why is Andy Block getting involved in this? Well, they're they're just fucking delusional, man. Like they don't, they they're like, oh, you know, they're they're over it. They were complaining before, but yeah, they know, got they got they their mo- they got their money back from the government. Who cares? Yes, that's that's uh, that's really obnoxious. I think it's a narcissistic thing. Yeah, that too. You just have to like you know feel importance and and you know they, they do anything else in life, no one's going to give a shit who they are. Right. I, mean, I think that that's a lot of it too. That they're just you know. Yeah, like that movie Goodfellas. You know, where he went from the, the life of crime where he was popping bottles everywhere and he was important to where it ends where he's a, a schmuck in the middle of nowhere picking up his paper and nobody knows him and he's worth shit. You know? Exactly like that. Yeah. And you're right. I'm looking at it now. Maybe last year... are correct. Even the 10,000, it's per team, two to four people. Right. So, but yeah. Do you, guys, just... do you guys know who Barry Woods is? I've heard no, the I've name. Never heard of him. I've heard the name. The Barry Woods. He, I mean, he's a wealthy businessman. Plays on live at the bike quite a bit. 
he beat he beat David po- or sorry Doug Polk uh, heads up in some live at the bike challenge. You guys don't know who he is. As I said, I've heard of him. I don't really know who he is very well. All right, never mind. He had a, he had a rant about the the World Series. I I put a link in the Skype chat. I'll let you talk about it if you want. If you don't know who he is, then fuck it. Okay. <laughs> well, we have a lot to talk about today. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's crazy. That these guys are entering the the tag team event, even if it's not done on purpose to troll everybody. They definitely knew entering this together that it would get a angry reaction, a bad reaction, and it's just. Well, but who else is going to partner with them? I mean, you know, like Ferguson was probably like, I want to play. Uh, who who would actually play with me? Yeah. Uh, well, and, Andy, Bl- and, Andy Block will. <laughs> well, apparently well, Andy only Block, one, yeah. The only one out of that whole group that seems to have some sense is that Phil Gordon. I have <laughs> – no, I'm serious. I have a, an insight to somebody that, that knew him very closely back then that said ever since all this has happened, he's retreated to his ranch in like either Montana or Wyoming or somewhere up up, up in that area. And he's just concentrated on his family and kids, and doesn't want to be around poker or, or Vegas. Well, he's sort of, like a, huh? Sort of. Uh, he actually had a couple of failed companies. Um, one of them was uh, actually a poker app, and I, I I know someone well who worked at that company with him. Uh, <laughs> it was called. But the point I'm making is, he just you know he was at least smart enough to know, hey, I'm hated. Like I'm not showing my face there. Like, I don't I'm think done. Phil Gordon like, got a ton of hate though, because he, he didn't. Did. Really... He was, he was, he was, he was not liked. Well, this it probably would, that, that probably would have died down by now. Because since the info came out, there was the, really the Just four. Like a, I, I did, there were the four, the four identified who really were responsible. It was Howard, well, Chris, Ray First, and Ray Batar. Right, but also you have to consider even back then, before any of this happened. He was kind of just kind of like the douche of poker. Like he was picked on yes. a lot. People didn't like him. He was made. I mean, he'd go on. You know, there's a famous, there's a famous <laughs> scene on Poker After Dark. Anyone just type in YouTube, type in Phil Ivey, Phil Gordon, where Phil Gordon tries to say some smart ass comment, or tries to say some smart ass comment to Phil Ivey, and Phil yeah. Ivey just straight up and sells him. And then you could just like drop a pin in that room and hear it afterwards. It was so awkward. <laughs> Do you know what, Kalawat? You kind of remember that. I, I know what you're about. talking about. I also remember when yeah. Phil Gordon was getting in it. Where there's some, uh, I think he was like a French Canadian bodybuilder guy. It was some huge dude, and uh, Phil Gordon was like trying to get it, get into some kind of argument with him. And you're right, he was kind of seen as kind of the kind of the he was. Poker. He was. Yeah. Well, I was told just kind of, you know, hasn't shown his face, but uh, like yeah, these guys, it's it's, it's really it's just sad. And you know, I'm not like you know, you go on that, that one site with the crazy guy with the tennis charity, and you read all those posters and like somebody should kick their asses. And I mean, come on, it's, you know, that, it's not the Wild West like that. Like, you know, I'm not suggesting anyone should go in and physically assault these guys, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, I feel like something more should have been done. You know, maybe yeah. people just be more vocal. Maybe a protest, even maybe people saying they won't play if. You know, or, these guys or, or even just, even just like a lot of something. booing when they, whenever they walk in and when they're anything like just really making them feel uncomfortable being, about being there. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what I like giving flyers out to the fans after they go up and get their autograph to uh, explain what happened. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. That would be a good idea. Jawfish Games. I finally found it. Jawfish Games was Phil Gordon's company that tanked after it didn't get uh, some kind of, of funding. That I, they never, were I never even for. heard of it. No, I mean they—they they, 
well, again, I knew I knew someone who worked there as a engineer, and anyway, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I want to talk a bit about uh, the One Drop event. Uh, Doug Polk wore a T-shirt to it that said "More Rake, Better." And that was awesome. <laughs> the, the whole point of this T-shirt was to troll one person. He is a custom T-shirt he had made to troll one Daniel Negreanu. This goes back to I think October of 2016, where Negreanu did a video blog uh, talking about Poker Stars' recent changes, including their increases in rake. And Negreanu, who is the face of Poker Stars, and of course is going to always try to spin them in a positive fashion said something along the lines of it's better for you guys, who the pro players, that the rake went up because this is going to drive away some grinders who are going to say we don't want to play here anymore because the rake's too high and that's going to leave more it's going to leave uh, more fish in the game because the grinders that used to be there are going to be gone. So you may be paying more rake, but the games are going to get better because the rake's higher. So the problem with that would, this can sound on the surface like it makes sense. You can say, "Oh yeah, you know what? People do leave when the rake gets higher." And yeah, it, I, I think I'd rather play. I'd rather pay a higher rake to, to play in really good games. That 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 can make sense. But the problem is that this doesn't really hold up to scrutiny because the only reason people will leave because the rake is too high is because what the rake is too high for them to show a profit or enough of a profit. And and if the rake is too high for them to show enough of a profit, then that's going to happen to you too if you stay. So if the rake does become prohibitively high, it's uh, the people leaving is not going to be a significant enough of an impact to where it's going to make the games that much better to where, you, to where overall you should be happy the rake went up. It's it, it, Basically, if those people are leaving because they're struggling because the rake's high, you're also going to be struggling because the rake's high. And those people leaving, unless these are people in some very niche games that uh, don't go very often and that uh, you know a few people leaving makes a big deal, it's not going to – them a few people leaving who are good players is not going to be a big difference to your bottom line. Especially, if you think about it, the ones who are most likely to leave are the ones who are kind of just getting by where a higher rake is going to make it – where it changes them from a winning player to a break-even player. Uh, those people are probably not the ones killing you at the table anyway. They're, they're, you probably don't really want them there, but you're not that unhappy to have them there because they're, they're not destroying you. You're probably If you're one of the bigger winners on there who can still win with the rake being higher, you're probably better than those guys who are leaving anyway. So th- those are the problems with Daniel's argument. And in general, when a poker site raises the rake, uh, it, it's just very hard to picture how that could ever be a good thing for the player. So... Doug Polk was uh, made a video mocking this. Yeah, because I guarantee you that if uh, Daniel, you know, in general, I tend to like the guy, and uh, you know, he seems pretty smart. But I guarantee you, if he was not working for Poker Stars, he's not going to come up with that tortured, twisted explanation. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yes, yes, and so, so this is definitely like yeah, just shill thing because he was the he's the face of the company. And they pay him a lot of money, so. Uh, so, he's, so he's at least incentivized to try and look at it in the best possible light. Let's right. put it that way. And, and there's no way he's going to make a vlog saying, "Hey guys, uh, Daniel here. Uh, I just want to let you guys know I'm totally against these rake increases. I think it's awful. Like he's not going to he's not going to do that. He, he can't. This is uh, he can't disparage the company that that he's working for. So 
Uh, so it's either saying nothing or addressing this and spinning it in a positive way. So anyway, Doug Polk didn't just disagree. He made a video mocking this and making fun of this. So this got Daniel angry. Daniel, I guess, took it as a sign of disrespect. You know, Doug Polk's channel was rapidly rising in popularity. And Daniel felt like this was a shot at him. So since then, the two of them have... And by the way, good for Polk for doing that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, because there are a lot of people in the industry that just wouldn't stand up to, to Daniel on that. Yeah. They wouldn't. Yeah, I agree. You know? So so they've had bad blood ever since. And, in fact, then there became the uh, the copyright wars. I guess I'm in my copyright war now, too, but uh, a, a little bit different. The copyright wars where uh, first uh, Daniel was told that he can't uh, reproduce certain hands on his channel – and then, uh, and then he went, and then su- suddenly Doug Polk was told that he couldn't run old high stakes poker hands on his channel, and he suspected that Daniel went and tattled on him. And then Daniel came back and semi admitted it, except he didn't say that he tattled, he said that he went and asked permission himself, and then they said, no, you can't do it. And he said, oh, well, didn't you give permission to Doug Polk? And they said, no, we didn't give permission to Doug Polk. And then they went and told Doug Polk, you know, don't do this anymore. That was, that was Daniel's story that he didn't go run and tell them that he had asked permission himself and it was confused that he thought Polk had been given permission. So, but I also wouldn't blame Daniel for doing that either. Though. Yeah, yeah. but uh, why, right. why why, should Polk have an unfair advantage that no, he's I, not and, allowed to have? And I understand that. So, so, But anyway, as you can imagine, the two of them don't like each other too much. So, so Polk decided the – Next volley in this little uh, slap fight war they've had going on since uh, last year was he was going to show up with just a T-shirt that said, More Rake Better. <laughs> Nothing else, just More Rake Better on it. And, That's fucking awesome. And of all things, he gets sat next to Daniel. Oh, it's so beautiful. At, you think just, they did that on purpose? I don't know. But he gets sat next to Daniel at a, at, 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 a, at a TV table. So there's a shot, there's a still shot of them together where Polk has, he's like his sunglasses on, he has this big grin on his face staring at Daniel, and Daniel just has this like frustrated look on his face. Now, this could have just, it's a still of a video, so it's possible that this is just the way Daniel was staring at the time, and he wasn't frustrated or pissed, but in this shot, at the very least, he looks pissed. He looks like, 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 he, he just, can't stand that Polk is next to him, and he can't stand that Polk's wearing that shirt. And he just, yeah, he was looking very bitter about the whole thing. It's just a still shot, so it could have just been misleading. But uh, anyway, the shirt brought Doug Polk some luck, apparently, because not only did Daniel not cash in the 111K one drop event, but Doug Polk ended up winning the event for almost $3.7 million. Now, I don't know how much he entered. I went for two. Wasn't he also in two buy-ins, I believe? Because you're allowed one one re-entry. Oh, did I didn't even I know that. I know Fedor Holtz did. I I, I could. Kalawak, can you ask your sources? Uh, I will ask my sources. Yeah, I, I didn't know you could rebuy to this. Okay, so it was one one re-entry. Okay, of one hundred eleven thousand. <laughs> so, like floor. You know, what do these guys do? Like does like some okay someone like. I don't know, maybe not Negranu, but someone like, say, Doug Polk or even Fedor Holtz that not everyone really knows knows. Do they just deposit like half a million with the cage? Yeah, they, they must. get it on credit. That's like, they, like, they, must, they must deposit it with a cage they could sign against. That's the only way we... there was one re-entry in that tournament. Okay. Yes. So, so, okay. so, uh, so Doug Polk, yeah, he did. So it's sick. Negranu like has a score today, and that Omaha he finishes second for like 
I don't know, 180,000 or whatever it was, and he's still stuck for the tournament yeah. so far. <laughs> like, that's crazy, like, if you think about it. So, so yeah, and, and so anyway, uh, D- Doug Polk, uh, he, he even went into the final table with, uh, he wasn't that great in chips. He was, he was a good deal behind the chip leader, but, uh, he had a good day there, and he, he ran well, and he ended up, uh, winning the whole thing. Did you hear about the prop bet that he and Elke had? No. What, what prop? So, well, yeah, Elke was, El- Elke was the chip leader when the final table, uh, started by far. Yeah, and they ended up, uh, first and second, right? Uh, I don't know where they ended up. Yeah, I think, yeah I think it was Elke first was second, and second. Yeah. You're right. But their, their prop bet was that whoever won, the other one was going to have to wear that guy, the, the winner's hairstyle for the next <laughs> few weeks. So no shit, Elky is going to be walking around in a faux hawk. Oh boy. You, you know what? You know, I, I think they should have taken it further. I think, uh, Doug Polk and Daniel, maybe as a way of settling their differences, uh, uh, Daniel would have had to wear the faux hawk if, uh, if if Polk lasted longer and if uh, Negrano lasted longer, then Polk would have had to get a uh, a bad hairpiece. Wow, I was going to say. Actually, I mean, Daniel's you know compared to some other people, his hair transplant's not that bad. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's. I think when I see Daniel and his hair, it just, it just sticks out at me. But maybe it's because I I knew him before when, when he was balding, so it's kind of hard for me to see him this way now. Because I, maybe if I met him for the first time, it'd be different. Like maybe if I hadn't seen him before as, as partially bald Daniel. I'm just saying I've seen good hair transplants and I've seen bad ones and I've seen <laughs> his doesn't look that bad. You okay. know? It, it's, it's just but yeah, I mean, it, he's doing the whole hair transplant. He's obviously dying and, you know, he can do whatever he wants. That makes him happy. You know? Is he dying it? I don't know. <laughs> He's like 40-something years old, he's, man. He's, he's There's 40, no 40, way there isn't a little gray coming in there somewhere. He's 43 and, well, okay. I'm 45. I think he's 43. I know he's younger. Than Have you me. seen some of the shots with the the color of his his beard? I mean, there's something going on. Okay, no, no probably. I it's I not don't a big deal. I've done it. I, I don't have much gray yet. I have, uh, and, and in fact, I if you go back about six months, I have, I, I have another kid. You'll fucking get some gray. If you go back about six months, <laughs> I, I had very little gray. In the last six months, I've gotten some more of my sideburns. Uh, but uh, and I guess like when hair kind of grows on the back of my head, like when my neck starts to get hair on it, that that apparently is gray. But other than that, I don't have very much, and I'm 45. So I, yeah, you, but uh, all I'm saying is you can tell. Like, so if someone's beard is like unusually dark, then it's probably dyed. You know. Yeah, it's uh, well. At the very least, we know he got the hair transplant because I saw him before he got it. So, <laughs> and it was nothing like his hair looks today. But you know, whatever. If it makes him feel better, no, it's, it's fine. He, he can do what he wants. But uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, so. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't know about the thing with Elky. I, I can't. I, I hope I can see him walking around the Rio. <laughs> That'll be a weird sight. But, There's going to be a lot of Vanessa Selps clones out there. I mean, Jesus. You, you know, know I, you know what I didn't realize till I saw a video was they did a video series. The series put it together of, of Doug Polk walking around the Rio after, you know, before and after he won it. Like it was, it's like a 14 minute video of of him winning. You know, kind of like driving to to the final table day and talking about how he's it's the big day. He's he's all ready for it, and then you know after he wins, he see him walking out with Chicago Joey, but. Something I didn't realize about Doug Polk until I saw him walking around, he looks pretty tall. For some reason, I always pictured Doug Polk was like, you know, five foot eight or something. I, I, did, I didn't picture, in fact, I, I pictured that he had the faux hawk just to make himself look taller. 
which some guys will do things like that. They'll make they have like really high hair if they're short. But uh, when I saw the video, he looked he looked like taller than everybody he was walking around with. So that, that was surprising. I, I just he's just one of these people that I never pictured as being tall. But I think I think he is from what I saw in that video. You never seen him at the World Series? You no, I've never him? I've never seen him in person. Oh, but okay. uh, anyway, he said he said at the end, if someone asked, "What are you going to do with the money?" and he said he's he's going to buy a Lamborghini. So, I think he's about the same height as you and me. That that's kind of what it looked like. I'm that, like six two and a half. You're about the same, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that's that's about that. That's kind of what it looked like. But I didn't picture that. I, I I just pictured that he that he would be substantially shorter than me, but he's not. So. Anyway, is this going to be a problem for no, you? No, I don't. I don't care. It's just surprising. <laughs> it's just one, you just get this mental image of of what he's uh, of what his height is. I, I I wasn't like putting a lot of thought into it. I just see his videos. I just kind of pictured like if I saw him in person, what he'd look like. Um, you know, if I walked by him, and when I saw he was taller than everybody else around him, I thought, huh, that's weird. So anyway, uh, he he said he's going to buy a Lamborghini. I I, I asked. I didn't ask. I posted on Poker Fraud Alert that hopefully after this $3.7 million win, which I don't know how much percentage he had of himself, but he may he may have had all of it. I, mean, I know he has a lot of money. So, uh, But after this uh, substantial win, uh, it's... See, he's got plenty of money, but he's also smart. And that would lead me to think he doesn't have 100% of himself because he shouldn't. Yeah, I know. I know. Like it, like it would be dumb to take 100% of yourself. In that's a huge that, I mean, that's like what that. I would think. But anyway, he it really would. He and I don't think he's dumb, so I'm sure he pieced out. So he obviously won a lot of a lot of money there. So I said, I said, I, I hope seriously, serious got a raise. And I was half joking about that because I've said before, and other people have said as you've observed this, there is a noticeable improvement in the quality of his videos. Once seriously serious got involved. Before I used to joke Absolutely. about the, the horizontal blind background, and it was a, it was very amateur hour looking, and then it uh, vastly improved. And also seriously serious was much better at bringing him topics that people would want to hear about. So, right. so uh, seriously serious. It's amazing what little production value can do for you. Yes. You know? So I said, hopefully seriously serious got a raise, and he he wrote, actually I did. So, so it's sure. funny that. I don't, I, I don't know if it's after he won the one drop, but it seems to be that's what Seriously Serious was implying, that that after Doug won, he said, all right, man, you got a raise. So, Well, why not? I mean, if you're at corporations, when they have windfall years, you know, they'll give bonuses. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I, that's PFA, good for- had no, PFA had no windfall years, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Listen, fucker, I paid you $300 to get a slushie. That's true. You know what? That don't even cover... The the maids gratuities that the Peter DC rolled me for, so I don't want to hear it. But that wasn't that wasn't PFA though. That was knocked down. I, you can't blame PFA on that one. No, it's the same organization more or less. Now, what is what is seriously Sirius's uh, job exact job title in this? Whole thing? I don't know his title. Is he's the one who who's behind all the production of of uh, Doug Polk's videos that he puts out to promote upswing poker? But he's not like that. Okay, but. Okay, so th- it's just like a technical thing. Like he don't say, "Hey, seriously, serious, can I get a can I get a chicken salad on rye? Hold a tomato," and he goes out and gets. No, it. I don't. I don't think he's an errand boy. I, I think he's he's the uh, the video producer, and also I think he brings a lot of these ideas for for videos to Doug Polk. Now, do they do that from different cities? Because I thought he lived in the ATL in the crime ridden area. 
He he is, but he's moving. But but I know he. Uh, yeah, I think he does a lot of this in different cities where Doug Polk works. Remember, you were in ATL and you walked out your, your door. Oh yeah, and you thought yeah. You're going to get jacked. Oh, I, I was. That time? I, I was in a scary situation there. I was. I was you walked out the the Ritz Carlton in Atlanta, and he thought they were going to shoot him. No, I I, I, walk, I walked out of the hotel and I went down the street to a convenience store at two a.m. in downtown Atlanta, and I didn't realize uh, how bad that neighborhood was, but it was pretty bad, especially once everything's closed at two a.m. and. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people following me, uh, trying to constantly offer to do things. Hey, can I carry that for you? Hey, can I do this for you? Can I? They, they all wanted to do things with the expectation that means I give them money. And it I sounds can, like the real hallway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Druff, do you do you know about uh, Lucky Lady uh, Casino in Gardenia? Uh, no. Larry Flint's Lucky Lady Casino in Gardenia. That has to be the old Normandy, right, Druff? Yeah, it probably is the old Normandy. Yeah, yeah, that probably is. So Trader Ruski brought this up. This is a crazy story. A man who was leaving Larry Flint's Lucky Lady Casino in Gardenia with his winnings was shot four times during a robbery at a gas station. Apparently, people, like, they must have seen him cash out or win a bunch of money. They rammed their car into him, and when he got out, they shot him and took all his money. Wow. Unfortunately, this this is a reality of uh, Southern California card rooms, especially the ones in bad neighborhoods. Fortunately, commerce doesn't have that much of this problem, but they've had some, too. Uh, Usually the ones – how old was this guy, by the way? The guy who was shot? Yeah. Do you know? Uh, it's not saying look, anything about the victim. Too old from the videos. Okay, so I mean, the, I, I, he looked maybe forty. Okay, so, so that's that's Some a little serious bit of, profiling going on in the perpetrators. Though they're described as black men between twenty-five and thirty years old, uh, between five feet eleven and six feet tall. One held a dark automatic handgun, had a dark complexion, and dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to narrow it down and very the, much. The other wore a gray hoodie, uh, gray hooded sweatshirt, and light pants. Okay, well, I, I think we know what to do. I think they better go into L.A. and arrest every black guy who's in a gray hoodie. <laughs> so, okay, that's a crazy story, man. They they saw what he won, followed him out, ran their car into his, shot him four times, and took all that. His that that is that is crazy. But uh, there's there's been a number of these. Like Hollywood Park had this happen. Now, this what's unusual about this one is they went after. Uh, a middle-aged guy. Usually, they go after uh, women or very old people, just just because it's considered an easier target. And there's been exceptions to this, but most of the times it happens. Unfortunately, a lot of these result in murders anyway, where they they'll follow someone home and then kill them. They did and, this at a gas station. Yeah, that, that's what's surprising. Usually, it's yeah, a follow and I home. think it was the one drop right off of. I mean, it kind of looks like it was the one like that's like a block away. From Normandy. Wow. Crazy. Huh? That, that, that is crazy. I guess crazy. they rear-ended them, like uh, Kawat says. Yeah, this is the problem. The, the Normandy's in a bad area, and or the Lucky, whatever it's now called. And unfortunately, there are people that, that do these follow homes there. And I'll tell you, when I, I, w- I played in the Compton, uh, what is this called? The Crystal Park. Uh, and I played there in, in a tournament that was associated with a radio show where I, I knew the host and it was like a $30 plus rebuys thing anyway I, I won it for $2100 or something this was in 2007 so there's guys waiting right outside the tournament room immediately to hit up the winner for money and I said no but then I'm thinking crap you know I'm seen as the guy who's holding $2100 
Like, how do I walk out of here as the white guy, like, without getting mugged for my $2,100? Well, fortunately, and probably uh, it was designed this way on purpose, there's a very, very long hallway uh, that you have to walk out before you get outside. Where we're, there's no way someone could be hiding. It's like a long hallway with no doors, no corridors or anything. So I just waited till everyone kind of moved out of the way. Then I very briskly walked down that hallway and then every so often looked back to see if there's anyone behind me. And once I got enough of a lead on everybody where I'm getting out to the front and you know, it's this long hallway with nobody behind me, then I know that I've got a, a pretty good lead on anyone who might want to mug me. And then I, I walked very fast to my car and, and, and of course, was looking around the as I'm walking and, and got in and, and drove away immediately. But uh, had it not been for that long hallway, I, I would have been scared to even go to my car. Not that anyone threatened me, but uh, I, I could tell the environment there was a lot different than what I was used to at Commerce or even in The Hustler, which is also in Gardena, but in not as bad of an area. But uh, yeah, you had to watch out in some of these bad neighborhoods of L.A. where these car rooms are located. Because uh, the problem, a lot of these are located in bad neighborhoods because the better neighborhoods in Southern California don't want card rooms for the most part, you know, near where they live. So these end up in the, in the neighborhoods that are not as good and just need the money, and then a lot of crime occurs. That's 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 a pretty shocking crime. Now, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that story is crazy. Trader Risky put that in chat, man. That's some nuts. No, it is. That's, crazy that's, stuff. I, I, I picture like I just think that you win, you're happy, you're walking out, and then just someone rams your car and then gets out and just shoots you. You don't know what happened. You're just dead. You that's know? down the street from the hustler. Yeah. Well, apparently from what the, the interviewer said, he was shot four times. They took all his shit, and he tried to get help from the convenience store that was located at the gas station, but it was locked. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know if he's dead or what. Um, did, did it did it say any follow up on that? Oh, so he may not be dead. He may survive. <laughs> no, I think he was still alive. Oh, okay, still good, alive. Good. I, I just I thought he was he shot, shot, shot four yeah. times and he's fine. Maybe wow. they shot him in the leg yeah. or something or, or yeah. some other place where he can you know, whatever. It's that's... they were probably holding the gun sideways so they couldn't <laughs> aim it very. Well. You know what I mean? That's the gangster way to do it. All right. So also at the one drop, there is a controversy. This there's always a card problem. With playing cards at the World Series. Every year they have issues with the playing cards. And again this year there's people complaining that they're not good, they're too thin, they keep getting uh, marked even if if it's unintentional. I don't know why they – it seems like every year they get inferior cards or, or cards where they think they, they've got you – know, with a new manufacturer and they think are good. And every year they turn out to be crap and every year they have to keep replacing them with better cards. I don't know why – why can't they – I know that they make these marketing partnerships and everything else. But why not just say we're not going to screw with the cards. We're going to get cards that everyone has liked and just order that every year. Why not just do that? I, I don't get it. But uh, again, there seems to be some cards problem. That's really the only logistical problem I've heard with the World Series so far, is the, uh, aside from what Brandon told me too with these vendors and the massage girls. But uh, th- that cards have been having issues with markings, even ones that are unintentional, that just kind of get damaged from, from use. But maybe the most disturbing one, they, they had some RFID cards that were being used at the final table of the one drop for the purpose of the broadcast. Haralba Vulgaris, who is... At, he was at the final table. He finished fourth. Complained on Twitter that the cards were marked in some way, and that he felt the markings were actually associated in some way with what each card was. 
So here, here's the story with this, and we, we, we can't confirm it because the cards are gone, and that's actually part of the story, too. This, this is what he said. Uh, where did the tweets gone now? What happened here? This is strange. The, the tweets were there, and they're gone. That's weird. That is really weird. Um, Somebody got to him. I guess someone got to him. I guess I guess they uh, maybe the people who uh, who robbed the players outside the lucky uh, lucky lady casino. And by, to- and by the way, I mean this was a number of years ago, but there was a serial gang that were following people home from commerce. Remember reading about it made it to the actual national news or at least regional because I read it out here in Vegas. They were following people home from commerce and robbing them. Yes, uh, I don't believe they were poker players. I think. They concentrated more on the people that were playing the, the, the stupid casino games they offer. But that, I mean, they were like brutally beating people in their driveway and following them for miles in their home. Yeah, yeah, um, and, that, that's, and that's very common. And, and as I said, they typically go after old people and women just because they're seen as easiest, the easiest targets. They, they, Believe it or not, even though these guys have weapons, like a lot of times they're, they're, they're tough guys who, who are very street smart. For whatever reason, I guess they just decide – they just don't want to run into the the guy who might kick their ass or, or be able to fight them off or might be carrying weapons. They just you know they just say, hey, you know what? We're going to go after the ones we know are going to have a very hard time fighting us off. They're really old people, the women. So that's usually who gets of victimized. Course. That's usually yeah, it's common sense. They want the the least uh, friction they can possibly yeah. get. So that's yeah. usually, who, but but yeah, but sometimes they even though even despite the fact that they go after these more helpless victims, they still beat them up or sometimes even uh, hurt them or kill them, which is really too bad. Uh, anyway, going going back to this uh, RFID card thing, uh, I was going to read these tweets, which were active as as early as recently as earlier today, but they're gone. I don't know why Haralabob deleted them, but basically, what, from what I remember from reading them, he was saying that there were little white markings on on the cards that, like on the, on the outside of the cards. And that they were in patterns. He didn't get to examine them closely enough because he said something about them. And immediately the cards were grabbed. They would not show them to the players again. They replaced them with cards that did not have markings. Uh, he's From what he could see of it, though, he said it didn't look like this was something that players did or, or even could have done. He said it just looked like a manufacturer's error. That, But, they, but, but that... There were markings that were different on each card. Yeah, he said he felt confident that he would be able to determine what cards were what right. by looking at it. If he, he had more time some to, kind of a pattern. To if it. he had time to study them, then he would have been able to see from the outside of each card uh, and associate it with, with what card it really was. And uh, and that's, as you said, some kind of pattern. But then not only were they changed quickly before he could study them further, but that they would not go show this to the players again, which missed So even if this was some kind of manufacturer's error, it's still really bad that this could have possibly happened. And this was at the 111K buy-in final table. So this is some serious money. Can you imagine if someone noticed this and decided that they weren't going to say anything and they're just going to use it to cheat? Even if they, you know they didn't mark it themselves, but they they just noticed, and then they win the final table of the of the one drop, for that reason. And you're just like, how is this guy playing so well? He just he just knows every car, every hand Doug Polk has. The, you know, this guy knows exactly exactly what Doug Polk's doing. Wow, we, we had no idea he was this good at making reads. So, 
Can you imagine if something like like set over set and he just like mucks it on the flop? Wow! Like that didn't now, what, happen. What, so these t- tweets were deleted. What would uh, if you were the one that tweeted this stuff? If you were the one that was there and saw them, what would cause you to delete these tweets? Uh, that is a fine question. Um, it, huh. I don't know. Her Bob is not the type of person I would think could could be pressured like this. I, it's uh. Unless, like, if he saw it, I, I don't know. Unless he got some kind of legal threat or something that that everything was fine and to stop making uh, the World Series look bad, or maybe they threatened to ban him. I don't know. It's weird. You know what I mean, though. Like, what would what would it take if you were at the table and you saw this, and you know there was this controversy and you tweeted about it? What what would be enough to cause you to just not do it anymore? You know, to delete the tweets. Uh, only if I, if I was wrong. If if you were wrong, would you? I mean, would you follow up saying with a tweet saying, "Oh, I was wrong about that." Sorry, yeah, or yeah, would I, you just I, delete I, the tweet. Well, after especially after people are seeing it and talking about it, I definitely would. If if I tweeted it five minutes ago and was wrong, I'd probably remove it and hope nobody saw it. But uh, otherwise, I can't. But everybody he knows people saw this and talked about it, so I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. The funny thing is, so, so someone posted this on the Poker Fraud Alert forum and tried to link his tweets but did it wrong. So then someone said, uh, looks like he deleted those tweets. So I looked at, no, he didn't delete them. It was actually the person formatted it wrong on the forum to where it wasn't showing the tweets right. So I fixed it, and then it showed them. <laughs> and I go look now, and the, the tweets really have been deleted. So it's almost like they, they was predicted. But yeah, they're gone. I'm looking at his... Uh, I'm look, he's All a, of them are gone. Yeah, I'm looking at at Haralabob, H-A-R-A-L-A-B-O-B, and they're just not there. No comment from him? Nothing saying my bad or anything? I'm scrolling through this. No, I'm just seeing him talking about the NBA. Can you guys tonight. hear me now? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, now it's okay. Uh, that's something that Skype is really bugging out tonight. It is. It's not I, mm. The whole night you haven't sounded all that clear. But Sorry. Hmm. Yeah, I can't, I can't find uh, I can't find it. It's crazy. So no explanation. They're just gone. They're just gone. That's, That's really weird. kind of strange. That's very strange. I wouldn't expect that from him either. Yeah, but if there's no, if he didn't have absolute proof, and then maybe he's doubting himself, and then he took it down, and then if he issues an apology, that could open him up. I mean, you know, maybe he just doesn't want to do that without thinking. Yeah, maybe they gave well, listen, him a hard time. Listen, on my Twitter account, I was calling out that smug cunt Weisner, but I deleted them just because I thought Weiser a little bit later. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same thing or not. Well, I, it's possible. It is possible that maybe yeah, because he didn't have proof, yeah, he just uh, either did it on his own or maybe he got some pressure like, hey, there's nothing wrong with the card. Stop making people panic. And he's like, okay, well, fine. I guess I'm not sure I'll remove it. That is weird, though. It's for, what? what who, that's some background noise. Hmm. Driving to get a slushy. I'm in the courtyard. Okay, well, hmm. I, I have an update here. Mm-hmm. The update, you guys can't hear the sound effects, huh? No. No, it's not. Skype. No, it's terrible. Skype's terrible. Uh, the update is that Scott from the East Coast has finished, and he has finished with a profit. And he, 
I guess he really did win $78, where he said the $7.80 is what people are getting. But no, he said what he's going to do because the $7.80 is just a joke as far as uh, adding to the prize pool. He's going to just take his entire $78 profit and donate it to the prize pool to make the prize pool now 178 So basically, uh, whatever you won in the free roll, which I presume is over by now, uh, take whatever you won and multiply it by 1.78. You know, you're getting a 78% increase, and that's what you're going to get you, uh, courtesy of Scott Did won again? Nope. I got busted on the river. Uh, took the river to knock you out. So, yeah, that's weird how they disappeared, but uh, they, they just need – honestly, they just – I know the RFID cards, they say, look, we can't just keep using the same old cards. with Those are special cards we need with the RFID capability. Fine. But I've also heard just general complaints about the cards themselves again. Every single year at the beginning of the World Series, there's complaints about the cards. I, I can't remember one year where everyone's like, yeah, these cards are good, and then they stay good. I've never seen it. Every time – there's complaints about the cards. Every time they order new cards to replace the, the ones that people didn't like, we're, they've had this at the Rio since 05. It's the 13th year. It's time to get the cards right. <laughs> so you, I mean, how hard is it to you, you get a sponsor and you say, okay, great, here are the terms, and they, they send you a sample of what they're going to use, and you have a couple of poker players as, as advisors that play with them for a little bit and tell you what they think. What's the big deal? Here's, How hard is that? Here's what's unbelievable. Yeah. They had that. One year they had that. I think it was called the, the Poker Peak cards. I forgot who Those made them. were the fucking worst. Right, right. I think it was in 07. But they had these Poker oh. Peak cards. And believe it or not, there was a player's advisory board that year who looked at these cards and was like, oh, yeah, pretty cool. And not one idiot pro there. I forgot who was doing it. But not one of these pros spoke up and said the cards suck. I remember I was at one of the very early events that World Series. And I remember Mike Matisal just shouts out in a very quiet room, like an unusually quiet room in the Amazon. He goes, Floor, I have an objection. Floor, objection here. I have an objection. I go, huh? I have objected these cards, Floor. We, we can't use them. I can't read these cards. We have to get rid of these cards. He was, he was so pissed about this. And like, <laughs> and then I started yeah, looking. That whole, that whole committee was rigged from the start. You know who the head of it was? Of the card approval committee? Oh, that how that Hal Lubrowski. He shouldn't have been on there. <laughs> Believe it or not, I think he probably would have done a better job. <laughs> I, I think even he had problems reading them. So, yeah, th- these were terrible cards. For those of you that don't know about this, these were terrible cards. That uh, the whole point was that you 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 were supposed to be able to lift the sides of the, the corners of the cards, and they have like a little. Uh, a smaller version of the, of the card rank on there so you could see it without having to pick the cards up as much. That's what they call poker peak cards. What about that rule, William Rockwell? Could he see the cards clearly from his feet? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a good question. Remember him? Yes. yes. I remember him. <laughs> so so, so the, the problem was that uh, it was too tiny. You couldn't see it well, and the six and the nine were not clear, so you could never tell if you had a six or a nine. So it, that was super confusing. They were terrible, so they... They replaced those cards, but there's been so many more recent issues with cards. So that that yeah, happened. Had one year, the the cards were like pieces of paper. Yes, I think it was like two years ago. Yeah, it was tw- yeah, that was when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that that happened. Uh, Liv Bory won the first open bracelet of this year, the 10K tag team event. <laughs> Holy shit! What's so funny? <laughs> 
I just want Brandon to make sure he's okay. Oh my god, that is great. Trader Ruski found this. So um not only is Melanie Weisner at uh the World Series, but she is one of the pros at the school of poker. Brian Rass, Jeff Madsen, and Melanie Weisner, you can sign up. And you can sign up for the June 15th Melanie Weisner the, the, prep class. That Weisner did the same thing last year. Yes, she, she had a little she, flyer. Druff and I were laughing about yes, it. Yes, yes. She's, she's uh, very well, big in the poker she, tutoring. Uh, she's thing. up there now, and she's got like, oh, what the fuck that thing is around her neck. Looks like looks like a chain link fence or something around her neck. But, oh, that is not, I've met her before. That is one hell of a retouched photo. Where, where is it? I, I want to. Where, where do I see it? Is it Skype? Oh, yeah. Which girl? Uh, no, no, uh, Melanie Weisner. Weisner. She doesn't look like that. Here, let me see. I'm, I'm, I'm scroll down here. Let me see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing this. It's uh, You yeah, see the cheekbones? Yeah, it doesn't even look like her. And the no freckles and all that other shit? Yeah, That's... it doesn't look like her. It doesn't even. <laughs> it, the funny thing is, it's not, oh, it's, it's not even a good picture of her. It's just a weird picture of her. Well, look at that picture, and then scroll down to the picture of her smiling with her. You see that the little tiny picture further down? Yes, like you yes, wouldn't yes. even notice that that's the same. Person. That's what I'm saying, but I, I don't even think the one. I don't think the retouched one is even good. Like it, it she kind of looks looks oh. weird here. Like I, I, whatever, that's so weird. But anyway, I mean, there you go. Now you know she she not only is there, but she's involved with the school of poker. And if you want, you can sign up for her prep class. On uh, June fifteenth. Great. You guys should actually sign up and just troll her in the class. <laughs> you know, like, I, Ruff, how awesome would it be if you just signed up for this thing and just sat in there with her? I, oh, and the video's genius too, Cal. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I got a question. So, uh, you know, what, what do you do if you're working for a poker site and they start ripping you off? You know, I mean, just just ask her nothing. Well, I was going to say, say something questions. like, like hey, so, so if I win money from uh, from your poker advice here, will, will I get the, the paid in full from from the tournament? Are you going to be will, there on June fifteenth, Jeff? Yeah, I will. Will I get paid in full, or am I going to get seventy five percent of my winnings? I I, I heard that uh, something about someone got seventy five percent of their winnings. Peterowski, you want to start a fund together? <laughs> no. yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll buy Druff into this class so we can sit in there. And I, I think I actually have I'm an in. event that, that would day. Be genius. <laughs> can, can we do it? Yeah, I'm playing this video. You guys probably can't hear it, but uh, are you playing that day? I'm playing it, but you probably can't hear it because of Skype. But it says one of the most accomplished females in the game. Whoa! This is like the loud. <laughs> this is a funny video. Why is there the big chips? So Druff, I want to buy you into that. Melanie Weisner. Melanie Weisner. <laughs> Melanie Weisner. <one> of the- <laughs> Hold on, I'm playing this. I know you can't hear it. I'm yeah, playing, he is playing. I'm, I'm, pl- I'm playing oh. the video here for this. This is hilarious. You guys have to go to uh, wsopschoolofpoker.com and then go to the Melanie Weisner section and play the video. It's it's really funny. It's it's well, you guys will hear it. The online It's like a movie preview. This lady's a heads-up specialist from New York. That was an aggressive play. The gorgeous Miss Melanie Weisner. She knew exactly where she was I at. can't hear nothing. I, I know that we have a problem. We have a problem with Skype. Uh, so wait, who can hear? The listeners can? Only the listeners can hear. Yeah. Yes. The you, listeners. You guys have to fake it. I texted you the link. Yeah, you, you, have, you have to fake it, Brandon, pretend you can hear. My God, this video is hilarious. Yeah, it is. Isn't it funny? <laughs> here, I'm going to play the rest of it for the listeners here. ESPN. He gave Weisner what she wanted. Previously ranked number one in online heads-up tournaments. 
I'm sorry. ranked number one. No, 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 no. The funniest moment is go to like 45. Her her eyes glow like she's Satan. They did this on purpose. Go go to like 44, 45 seconds of the video. Oh, I, I got to do that again. Only woman ever to accomplish that feat. Yeah, her her eyes glow like she's possessed. It's crazy. She looks evil. Can we can we put you into this thing or what? I try to to pick off. You know what's weird? There's there's she's in this video in some spots where she looks like that retouched photo where you don't see the freckles, where her hair is not red, and it's straight with no curls at all. What's going on here? I don't know what's going on here. Well, anyway. So, Druff, will you do it? I think I'm going to be playing that day. I'm pretty sure on the 15th I'm playing something. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm playing on the 16th. It? No, I'm playing on the 16th. Never mind. I am, I am going to be You will be there and you're not playing on that day. Probably Trader not. Roosters, and, pay for and half and you pay for half. I'm in for half. And it can prep you for the 16th. <laughs> I wonder if they can reject a student. Can they actually reject a student and say, no, I, I, I don't want him signing up. He's going to troll me. <laughs> you got to do it. we got to have some way to record dun, it, dun, too. Dun, dun, dun. Is, is, now, is this actually associated with the World Series, or is this just called the WSOP School of Poker? I'm sure it's just called the WSOP of Poker. I, I don't know. It's got their logo No, it's got their logo. No, they pro- they, no they, it must, it must no, be associated it. with it. Dun, 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 dun. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, I will pay for half. Trader Rusi will pay for the other half. I'll, have, I'll have to think about this. I'm in for half. I'll have to think about this. So let me, let me, go, back, let, let me go back to Liv Marie. The Liv Marie won the, the right. tag team 10K buy-in event, and she played with Igor Kurganov, and he's a Russian player. Uh, does anybody know what percentage of time did she play versus Igor? Was it was it anywhere near fifty fifty or did Igor play more? Because I heard some people saying, "Oh yeah, what if Igor just like played ninety percent and Liv gets the bracelet?" But I don't know if that's true or if just someone just assuming that that Igor played just because she was the the female and he was the male. So does anyone know factually how much he played? Does anyone have any idea? I didn't see it and I don't know factually, but I did hear uh, on the two plus two poker cast they were talking about it. Of course and they were. Liv said something like, yeah, I'm pretty good, but he's the best. And I think that he played more than she did. And she said something about having bathroom breaks or something like that. But I don't know exactly how much, but it sounds like she played a little bit more. He, he played a little bit more. You think he, he played a little bit more, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have a problem with these tag team events being bracelet events because there is no requirement of how much each person plays. And this allows someone to get a bracelet that's BS that where, where someone else basically won it for them. And that, that's – even in the non-open events, even like the women's event and the seniors event, still you have to play and defeat a bunch of people on your own. Here – you really can. I mean, you I, you can get someone who's uh, who's senile and doesn't know what's going on. You get a ninety-five-year-old person who's senile, doesn't know what the which way's up. Sit them down for one hand, have their partner play the entire rest of the time, who's a really good player, and uh, and that senile ninety-five-year-old person who, who who doesn't even know where they are or what they're doing would win a bracelet. I'm not saying that will happen. I'm saying it could happen. 
And that's and and there's actually. But the why question, would anyone do that? Well, no, there's there's a question posed. Well, that, that wouldn't happen. But there's like a question, you're saying, Helen Keller could win a brace. Yes, and, and, and deaf, dumb, and mute. Right, and then and, but here's here's something that actually is more realistic, which could happen. People are wondering how long is it going to be until a, a rich businessman who wants a bracelet but will never have a chance to win one? They're just not good enough and and won't ever put in the time to become a great poker player. Uh, partners up with someone who uh, you know either they pay the the to be uh, their partner or or maybe as a favor because uh, you know for whatever reason they they. Uh, you know, they've won a lot of money off this fish, and they're doing this favor for the fish to make them their partner. And then the, they barely play, and they get a bracelet. I, I just think it cheapens the bracelet if someone can win one without having to actually play much poker. I, I, well, we discussed really that funny. last, last what, week. It's already happened. That's what Doug Polk was talking about. Because this is his third bracelet, but his first one was in a turbo event, and the second one was in the t- a tag team event. So he really considered this, this is what he said in an interview, he considered this really his first bracelet. Huh. But didn't he play a good deal in the tag team event? I mean, he was, uh, I'm sure he wasn't uh, high. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he did, but it's just because of the novelty of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. not, you know, that, that that's what he meant. Yeah. But, Jeff, what we discussed yeah. last week is that Ryan LaPlante said on the same, uh, the 2 Plus 2 poker cast that his partners in the tag team uh, were some businessmen that staked him. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they didn't happen to win, but it's already happened. It's already happened, know? right. In fact, I heard about and that. I'm sure more than once. I'm sure Ryan wasn't the only one that did this. That's right. I'd heard about Ryan doing that. Yeah, so, right. So so that's that's my concern here is that uh, because there's not – now, if they had a requirement that each person has to play a minimum percentage and, and then they do that, fine. But, but here it's uh, – It's one orbit that they have to play, right? Yeah, so – I mean, but you know, I don't see anything. I mean, I mean, I know this is kind of a different argument, but some may say this year a three hundred dollar buy-in, you know, online where you get just the same kind of bracelet and recognition that you have cheapens it as well. It, it does. Also, it's a it does. Kind yes. Of thing, but it's still like listen. The years of the aura of winning a bracelet. Sorry, Druff. No offense. Are long gone. I mean, it's not. You know. So I mean, where do they go from here? You know, is three hundred thirty dollars or three hundred thirty-three dollars the cheapest they go? No, they go six, next year. Will they? Will, yeah, be, will they be a sixty-dollar? Yeah, bracelet a sixty-five-dollar bracelet. Yeah, the, the the super giant. Right. I mean, so it's no, already it'll be lost. The, the fairly its, tall gentleman. <laughs> I mean, it's already lost its luster to some degree. I mean, and the fact is, you still got to win a no limit hold'em tournament. You know, a businessman could hire you know the best. You know, whoever Doug Polk, Antonio Esfandieri, anyone they want, and still a lot. They of could hire Bart Hanson. Right. Yeah, Bart Hanson. They <laughs> can put it on the tasty uh, stakes. There you go. And this, yeah, it's still so much has to go right. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, so but I not, just I just don't like that people can do. And like as you said, apparently Ryan Laplante already did this. He didn't win, but uh, you know, this is uh, you, you can see if there's people who are backing you who would like to have a bracelet, and this is a fringe benefit they get of having backed you. I mean, it's like the like I said, the guy with the in the three hundred thirty three dollar tournament. The guy gets to second place, heads up. He says, "Oh, I have nothing left to even prove. I'm not going to play." <laughs> well, let's I'm talk about uh, so let's let's oh, so. Oh, see what that, I did. That, that was a well, that's, segue. that's actually that yeah. It's going to be next time, but I want to finish this thing about Liv Bory and the 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 fake lesbian yeah. pick. This is so weird. So so there's a picture posted right when they win, 
And someone posts, what, is Liv a lesbian now? And I wasn't really following this, so I didn't know that Igor was her partner. I wasn't really watching, so I just see the, that she won. And I see a picture which looks like she's kissing a girl, like like passionately kissing a girl. Like, oh, no, not another one. Like, like how many of these high-profile poker chicks are going to suddenly be lesbians? So for a moment, I thought, wow, is she she really is a lesbian. I, I you know, Why is no one talking about this? Then I, I looked. Then I, I actually was curious enough to bring up a bigger vic- version of that picture, and I saw very quickly that it was Igor Kurganov and not and not a uh, a girl. It's just that he he has long hair, and he was the way he was facing. You could only see the long hair, and he's kind of thin. So you know, he, you could believe from that picture that it was a girl from a distance, but once it got closer, you could see that it, it was a guy there. So if I had my way, all the lesbians that are poker players, other than the six weeks at the during the WSOP. They'd all have to live in Hope Sound, <laughs> oh, and go to and seven. They have to and live go, within a three mile radius of that Seven Eleven, and, and go to it. Yeah, yes, and they have to go to it for all their essentials. Yes, that's how it would be if I ran the show. Yeah, and then you could keep a dibs on them and not just. Know, I, I bet. You know, I bet there'd be a lot on. of hackers if that occurred. A lot of hackings. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of cyber attacks if that were the case. That's just my guess. Yeah. I I th- I think they're still taking their uh, their break from social media, by the way, you know, which has no- mm-hmm. totally nothing to do with uh, with anything else uh, other than a hack. Wonder if she's going to play this year. Yeah, I've wondered that too because she hasn't played that much anyway. Well, you know, if that doesn't work out, maybe she'll be selling real estate in Fort Worth with the Maven soon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, we have we had a a user a snake in the ass who posted on Poker Fraud Alert a a list of a number of uh poker pros who now work as real estate agents and one of them is uh, the David the Maven Chikotsky. He's uh and I haven't seen him in poker in a few years. So maybe that's all he's doing now in, in Dallas. Well, if you read his little if you read his little article He's at the client's beck and call seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So that's, that's what he what? said in his little byline. That's, that sounds like he, he's he not playing He could be poker. the next Tom Vu. <laughs> then he can go back into poker. Tom Vu went into poker. so Tom, Tom Vu did it the reverse. He, he, he was in real estate first and then poker. I think he's – isn't he dead now, Tom Vu? Did he die? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Really? Let me see. Let me see if I can find this. Is he dead? No, he's still alive. Okay. I, I played with him in 2007. Uh, I, the, the event I finished 10th in, uh, the 1K No Limit with Rebuys, he, he made the final table. But uh, there were a lot of times I was very short stacked with like you know 10 to 20 left. And I remember one of them, I went all in with some crap hand too. So I really didn't want to call. I just wanted to pick up the blinds. So I go all in, fold, 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 and it goes to this big blind. He goes, you want me to call? You want me to call? He's, so he, he's asking, and I'm trying to just not answer him. He's, he finally says, uh, all right, I, I like you. I'd I be nice to you. I fold. I fold. <laughs> he throws it away. And uh, I don't know if he showed me or not, but he, he made it sound – he tried to make it sound like that he was doing me a favor to fold because he liked me. And the funny thing is I really did want him to fold. Like uh, I totally didn't want to call there. I really had some kind of you crap. Think, you think when he tells that story to his friends, he does you in a dumb Jewish accent yeah. or no? <laughs> He's like, he's like, he's like, hey, yeah, that, that, this guy got Todd Dandruff. He, he tried, he tried to steal my blind. I go, and I, and, uh, I say, hey, you have good hands? And he says, oi, oi, I, 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 my, my hand, you don't even want to see it. If, 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 I, I want to take a oy look at this vey, hand. Oy vey. I, I take a look at this hand. I say, uff, uff, get it away, get it away. So. 
funny. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Brandon segue to the online tournament, which, of course, had to have fail. It was on WSOP.com. What could go wrong? That's such a smooth-running site with no problems ever. So they had an online bracelet event for the whopping buy-in of $333, which translates to $59 in the first year the World Series started in uh, 1971. So this is the lowest buy-in ever for a World Series event. And this is online only, unlike other online events where... What's next? Next year they're going to just say... For $33 a month, you can make payments. Are they going to have a payment plan? <laughs> you could just pay 30 You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And so and we've criticized this before, that they have to have a minimum buy-in. Of, I, I, I really I, – I wasn't happy about the Colossus for 565 I, I just wanted it to be 1000 or more. I think the World Series, it has to have some kind of minimum. Otherwise, it just starts to be a, a, a crapshoot for just any person to throw down a few bucks and play. It's, it's not the same thing. It should it should be a high enough buy-in where there's you know something really being risked here where if you lose, I mean, you've lost who knows? A money. kid at the Seven Eleven can be sitting there in the office, you know, or playing when customers aren't in and take down a bracelet. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just playing the thirty thirty three on his laptop. But the, you know, the, unbelievable. Yeah. So anyway, it got down to uh, two players. Uh, up till then, it was it was fine. There was uh, no, nothing that I know of that was an issue. But then the fail occurred, and it's really, really surprising because uh, of all times for this to happen, and I still don't fully understand the story. Uh, there is uh, the winner of this event. His name was uh, UL underscore GG, which stands for Unlucky Good Game. His real name is Joseph Mitchell, and uh, he won the he won the bracelet. But the bigger story is about the person who didn't win, the person who was number two, and. The person who was second was known as PLO Donkey Seventeen, and his real name is Mark Scasewater. And he was sat out for the entire heads up match, except for the final two hands. I mean, how does that happen? How, how do you get to the final two heads up for a bracelet, even if it's a th- only three hundred thirty-three dollar buy-in? It's still Heads up for a bracelet and and some decent money. So so how is it possible? You know, it, it, the, the top prize in this was 122k. Second place was 73k. So basically, they're playing for 49k plus a bracelet. So let's say you have connection problems. Let's say you have device problems. Let's say your device just cuts out. Let's say you run out of battery. Let's say your phone. Let's say you're playing your phone and it breaks. Whatever. Uh, what do you do at that point? No matter where you are, what, what do you do if, if the device you're using to play for 49K in a bracelet dies? Any, anybody have a guess of the right thing to do at that point? I would just go get another one. Right. Or use your phone. Well, let's say you, you are on your phone. Let's say you're out somewhere playing and your phone's your only device and it just goes dead. Uh, for even if it's dead, it's not just battery. Let's say I just, tell it to your local Best Buy, right? Or or, or, or buy the or, or or go to the guy next to you and buy his device off of him for for a price you can't refuse, or yeah, something. Whatever, whatever. But that, like whatever you have to do, even if it's not uh, in the, in the immediate term, giving yourself the Best Buy. You know, go, buy buy an iPhone for someone for, for ask someone to give you their iPhone for two thousand dollars, something like that. Uh, 
and explain to them what's going on while you're doing it. But but how can you just not be there? For, I, I don't know how long this was. Does anybody know how long this went on before the guy returned? I know he was only the final two hands he was there for, but how long was it total that he was out? Does anybody know? I, I don't know, but unless he was very short-stacked, it would have to be a little while, right? Yeah. I mean, from the article, it's saying... It doesn't seem like it was that long, and I guess he was just speed hitting muck and you know raise the whole time. <laughs> Plus, like, how do you even know? Like, once you start getting to that danger level, that's when you should start. You know, even like if, if that was me, and I'm playing on my phone, for instance, or an iPad. Like when I get to like thirty percent, I'm starting to think like, okay, what am I going to do here? Yeah, like <laughs> it's not like it's two percent. I'm like, okay, well, I have a problem now. Like, you know, it, it was very odd. And, and if he has connection problems, then take whatever device you're using and immediately go somewhere that has a connection. So unless it was only a matter of like five, ten minutes where he was trying to scramble to get somewhere, uh, I don't understand it. I don't understand why he didn't just... And there, to the best of my knowledge, there was never any statement from him or any... And there was yeah, nothing, right? I can't find it. No, I... Can, yeah. I, can anybody find a statement of what happened... All I can see here is that uh, – I like this description on WSOP.com. In what may have been a great heads-up battle, Joseph ULGG Mitchell basically got a walk in the park. His opponent sat out the majority of the heads-up play, only returning to see two hands before Mitchell knocked him out after he made top pair with blah, 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 blah. Like, but, then it's, but then it actually says after that, Mitchell is a well-deserving champion. Right. But how is he well-deserving? Uh, he got it for free. Let's let's take it from a different angle. Let's say you're the guy that is not sitting out. What is your play? Well, yeah, that's that's a good question because there's there's the question of do you just angle shoot the hell out of it and just play as fast as you can to to just force him to you know lose blind, lose blind, lose blind, lose blind, or which is what happened. Or yeah, right, that's what this guy. No, but as soon as it's your turn to act, you bet. And then the and then it just auto folds. That's You're not what doing that's, anything no, wrong. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Well, that's the question: is is should you just? Of course, that's what you do. Like, what are you <laughs> supposed to do? Sit there and, I mean, well, if, if you really, if you really, thirty seconds. If, if, well, yeah, if you really want to give your opponent a, a chance to play like an honest game with you, then yes, you, you you time out as much as you can until he gets back. But but the question is: this on you, or is this part of the of the online game that if the guy's gone, you just get to rape the blinds as fast as you can? And that was a, a courtesy of a lot of the high-stake games that would run, that if someone sat out, uh, that is what they would do, is they would time bank and they would wait as long as they possibly could, or they would sit out too. Well, what do you mean high-stakes? Yeah. Which high-stakes? I'm sorry, like in some of the high-stakes tournaments. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can see it both ways. But I, it's got to only be if you know each other and yeah. know that the I mean, other guy anything, would reciprocate. Poker stars should, have, or poker stars, WSOP.com should have paused the clock, even if it was right. only for three minutes, try to call the guy. Right. And, you know, they, they could, I mean, they have the power to do that. And I'm sure somebody had to be watching from WSOP. So that's, I mean, there you go right there. That's really your answer. I agree. I mean, there had to be somebody, you know, watching the tournament. And if they allowed it to go on that way, then it's really on them more than I anything. would agree with that. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's not. I don't think at that point it's an ethics and, issue. And I also agree with what you're saying, Brandon, because unless you know the person that you're playing with and, and have some expectation that they would reciprocate, you, you just you can't sit just like sit out or you know what I mean? You like can't do that. Of course. And what 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 was the difference between first and second? Forty nine K. Okay, yeah, and that's that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting. That's... Would you believe a live version of this happened on July fourth, two thousand five? A uh, 
there there was a lot of controversy because there was a heads up match at the uh, World Series of Poker. Let me see the the two player. I know one of them. Uh, hold on. I mean, Eskimo Clark would not leave a final table after a heart attack. That, <laughs> a Raz final table. I'm, I'm kidding you not. As they were giving him oxygen, he would not let them take him away. Okay, because he needed the money that bad. This was the second heart attack he had during that same. First one was probably because of the heat. Remember, they, they put everyone in the 130 degree. Uh, well, he's an Eskimo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, here it is. In fact, you'll laugh at who the other person was. There were two people involved. You know, heads up, of course, in the 10K PLO on July 4, 2005. And the two people involved were Rafael Emit, who was an Israeli guy, and Vinny Vin, who had a notable drug problem and was known not to get back to tables with big stacks. So. Vinny Vin, I don't know if this was uh, from the drug problem or for some other, some other reason, but when it came to heads up, he came from a break, Vinny Vin did not return heads up when the break was over. So of course Ra- it was drugs. So, so Rafi Amit just started raping the blinds really fast over and over. <laughs> well, Vinny Vin's friends were furious about this and screaming at Rafi Amit saying he's a cheater, he's a scumbag. They were yelling, 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 and there was a you know, big controversy there. Uh, because uh, you know his friends were so pissed that Rafi Amit was not w- just waiting for him to come back, but in fi- instead was playing as fast as he could to get his chips. Vinny Vin finally did come back, but uh, Rafi. I mean, how, what do you mean when you say fast as he could? He still has to wait for the dealer. No, I know, but 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 they were, they, like they wanted they wanted him to tr- they wanted him to just sit, sit there and wait, and he didn't do it. He just uh, immediately raised, fold. Okay, then deal, deal, deal the next hand. So the, the friends were really mad about this. Is what happened. Uh, so. Uh, I, I mean, I in, unless there was some really extenuating circumstance, the guy can't get his shit together enough to get back to the table on time. Fuck him, you know. Yeah, well, so that, that was that was Rafi Amit's position, and, and he ended up winning. Uh, Vinny Vin came back eventually, but uh, Rafi Amit won. Interestingly enough, this is on July fourth, two thousand five. There was another event going on at the exact same time, July fourth, two thousand five. Who was the winner of that event? Eskimo Clark. Chris Ferguson. Could be one Todd Wittellis. Oh, of course. Same day that happened. Wait, what year What year was that? Oh, five, July 4th, 2005. Wait, so it's been, it's been 12 years. It's been 12 Jeez. years. Yeah, that, that's why I, I got to win another one. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, you're due. It's grading on me. Even Benjamin's yeah. putting, Wear your lucky shirt. You're due. Even Benjamin is putting pressure on me. <laughs> he is. He's, he's putting pressure on me that I, that I need to win another bracelet. He said he wants me to win another one so he can have one. Well, you well, know what? In, 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 in lieu of all these people these days that are making bracelet bets, what kind of odds would I have to give you on not making a bracelet? Or you making a bracelet? Like 100 to 1, 50 to 1? What kind? You know, because you're not playing a yeah, lot of events. not playing that many events, yeah. And then some of them are so the only The only event that you're really playing that you have a decent shot would be the limit. And I only mean that because, you know, it's a small field. Small field, field right. The 10K, the, the 10K limit hold them, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, what would be what would, would be, what would you even if someone was gonna or if you seriously were gonna consider that, what kind of odds would you give somebody? Uh, it's been it's been twelve years. Let's say he plays an average of how many events? Ten events this year? No, but it's not ten. It's a lot fewer this year, so that's that's the problem. But, uh, but on average, no, on it's average. usually less. It's like it's like eight to nine here. So, but so just going by that, it's at least one hundred and twenty to one. How many how many events did you sell this year? Uh, I sold like I think nine, but there's some I probably won't play from next day things where the, the, there's conflicts. So, 
but anyway, I, I, I would put the odds at like one in eighty five is my guess. So it's not that not that good. Not not like infinitesimal, but but not so good because I, because most of them are big field events I'm playing where uh, just to win one of those is very tough. The the only one that's a small field event is the 10k limit hold'em, and that's still going to have like yeah. 120 something people probably. But but anyway, uh, I so yeah, that's that that happened there. Let's let's look at the remainder of the World Series stories. And uh, by the way, I, my dinner will be here shortly, so I will unceremoniously <laughs> hang up when it comes. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I hope you come back. I may have, have. Have you covered the uh, Mason Malmey's uh, yeah, yeah, salamander we, we, thing yet? We, we over covered it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. The uh, uh, Poker Go. Is there any, I'm, by, I'm sorry, and I, I've been off the internet all day. Is there any update? The, up- uh, the update is that there's a, there's a, a, a compromise being worked out, and we, we may come to terms. Did, did you discuss the compromise? Or no, that no, I, I just that's all that's all I said, and I said it's something that's uh, that's a lot better for me than the original thing that I told them I'd do. That I that it, okay, good, and that uh, but it's something that I think is fair for everybody, and that uh, that I think Mason should be happy with, and I should be happy with, and that. Uh, that we can go forward from there. That's basically. And I gave the whole history, but that that's basically. And I said I'll give the details if it's agreed to, and uh, we'll see where this can go. But that's that's what I'm saying. So, uh, the, uh, the Poker Go, the app that is used to watch the Poker Central coverage of the World Series, which is all the coverage which is not on ESPN. The more controversy. Every week there's controversy. Uh, there was controversy about them using Flash to develop the, uh, the, the, the video for, for desktop and laptop computers. So if you had a browser without Flash, you could not play it. There is the controversy that the app was not available in Android stores. There's, there is the controversy that it's a shitty business model. Yes, it's a shitty business model. And, also, that they were not announcing the events that they were going to do until uh, very late. In fact, last week... Or the commentators. We, or the commentators, <laughs> right. So so there, there's like no information about it. Even as late as last week, which is the first day of the World Series, we didn't have that or, information. Or Tuckman had like 50 people a day asking him. Right, yeah. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? He couldn't say anything yeah, until so, they announced it. So there's nothing up there. So finally, it was announced. And I, I think this was on June 2nd they announced it. So it was already a few days into the World Series. So they announced the coverage, and again, this is they have a right to pick it, whatever they want, as long as ESPN is not covering it. So there's no restrictions other than that. So they both basically for the preliminary events, they they just about everything they have their choice of. So they announced they're going to be covering uh, June third, fourth, and fifth the high roll the 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 high roller one drop. June seventh, the seventh uh, through 9th, the ten k heads up. June tenth, a fifteen hundred no limit six max. June fourteenth, notice a four day gap in between here. Or I guess a three day gap, but they're not doing anything. Eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. June fourteenth, the Millionaire Maker fifteen hundred no limit. Another gap going to June sixteenth. So they skip June fifteenth. Uh, maybe so they can attend the Melanie Wisner seminar. June sixteenth, the Three thousand no limit six max. June seventeenth, the ten k horse. June eighth, June eighteenth, the one thousand dollar no limit seniors event. That's going to be riveting. 
the <laughs> t- then two days off because it's uh, it's going to be so exhausting covering the seniors. Uh, June eleventh, June twenty first, the five k no limit six max. June twenty third, the ten k no limit six max. June twenty fourth, the five thousand dollar no limit hold'em. June twenty seventh, again after a two day gap, the three k plo six max. June twenty ninth, the fifteen hundred dollar no limit. That's actually when I'll be playing. June thirtieth, the ten k plo, another break of a day. Then July second, another five k no limit hold'em, and then nothing for six days until the main event day. Uh, and they start covering uh, a bunch of days, uh, yeah, every day from July eighth to July seventeenth. Uh, so here, here's the problem, as you might already guess. Uh, of all these things I listed here, keep in mind there's there's seventy one or some seventy something events at the World Series this year. Seventy four. Seventy four. So obviously I didn't read anywhere near seventy four events there. What what did you hear a whole lot of? What I was reading. What what was uh, something you heard very often in me reading this uh, list of events? No limit. Right. A lot of no limits. What there's very little of is non-no limit events. You, it's, it's pretty much all no limit hold'em, with the exception of the 10k horse and uh, the two PLOs, a PLO six max and a, and a 10k PLO, and that's it. So th- th- this is really stupid because the ones that are most likely to have poker stars that people care about seeing the most. The big names in poker are the ones that are the bigger buy-in events with smaller fields. The all these 10k uh, type events that are not no limit hold'em, you're going to get a lot of people where you you know the final table is going to be full of names that you've heard of, and you're going to be interested to watch if you're the casual poker fan. Indeed, this has already happened. Uh, Daniel Negreanu ha- has already made uh, two final tables. And uh, neither of them were on there. And people were very upset about this, that these were events that they wanted to watch, and they were not able to do this. So people are already criticizing, you know, why, why would they pick, like, who, who cares about the, a lot of these events, the, the, some of these just fi- random $1,500 no limit hold'em? Who cares? The, the, the chance that anyone very well known is going to make the final table of that is not very high. And if there is, it's going to be like one or two of them at most. So people are wondering, uh, why did they choose these? And why were they leaving out some that definitely people want to see? Uh, you got to call Trader Ruski. Oh, okay. I'll have to call him back. Skype is just so awful. So Daniel Negreanu, for example, had uh, two... Nice showings already, where he finished uh, third at the, uh, the the tag team event, the 10K tag team event. That was not covered. And then uh, the 10K uh, uh, 08 event, which just concluded uh, a few days ago. See, Drew, if I don't have... Or yeah, it concluded I, start I today. Have... Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, he finished just... second. I was going to say, I don't really have a huge problem with the schedule that they arranged, except that there weren't that many events on it, right? The problem I have is with what they're doing is their lack of flexibility. Something that they would do with the live streams is uh, 
they would plan what they were going to show. But if someone really notable made a final table, they would change it. Right? There was some case where there, I remember they were going to be showing some no limit event, and then Helmuth made uh, a final table for, I think Raz or something like that, and they switched over to it. So the real issue that I have is not necessarily the schedule they came up with; it's that they're not being flexible in changing it. If something more interesting with you know uh, good storylines comes along, why why not switch it up? Well, yeah, and I, I think it's both. I, I agree with you that they should definitely have flexibility, and they don't really have much, and that's especially unfortunate. But I also think that there should be there's events that they can probably predict that people are going to want to see and find interesting. They they shouldn't just make it so no limit hold'em heavy, especially choosing uh, certain events that are not likely to be very interesting at all. Now, let's take a look at this uh, 10K08 event at number nine that actually just concluded today. And Not a sell. It, it was yeah, it was won by Ava Masseri. Daniel Legrani was second. Uh, then then you also had uh, Fabrice Solier, Solier, whatever his name, uh, fourth. You had uh, Ray Dekargani, sixth. Anthony Zinno, a, a rising star in poker, seventh. Mike Mattisau, eighth, and John Minetti, ninth. I mean, that's a that's a great uh, final table. That's a very interesting final table. In fairness, what you and I would find interesting from a poker perspective is probably different than the average person. But I also think you made a really good point last week that the average person is not going to get this fucking subscription. Yeah, but I also you know? think the like, average person... I also think, okay, the the average person who doesn't understand Omaha and just wants to watch No Limit Hold'em, and that yeah. may be what they, they're going for there is they think, okay, you know, the average fan is going to say, what's this Omaha? But, but uh, it, it doesn't take that long. They can give a quick crash course on what Omaha is. Right. And explain it, and then the people may find it interesting to even watch a game they don't know that well with people that they people they know like Negranu, like uh, Mike Matisau, and and uh, even ones that are not quite as big a names like like Abe Mosseri and Fe- Fabrice Solier and uh, uh, John Minetti. Like the the thing is here, they 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 have to have the flexibility, like you said, if there's a interesting table, and I I think that. Making it too no limit hold'em heavy was a mistake. As you said, the people who are going to subscribe, a lot of them are the ones who do want to see things like the 10K08 final table. So they did try. I, mean, I, I think the subscription thing in general is a terrible idea, but I think it's also true that um, uh, kind of like what you said last week, that the average person who might have just fired up the stream last year is probably going to be like. <laughs> I'm not paying ten bucks for yeah. no subscription, and so the demographic of who is actually going to buy this probably is more of a hardcore poker fan and would be more interested in the mixed games than uh, than they're thinking. But you know, for for what it's worth, uh, Kev Math on the uh, two plus two poker cast said that there was a good reason why they were not doing the mixed games. I don't know what that is. I can't uh, think of it, but yeah, I can't either. And, and Omaha, there it is. Even, but that's not even mixed. Omaha, oh eight, you know, and Omaha has gotten much more popular in recent years. And I, I don't think it requires like a poker diehard to understand Omaha at this point. You think that's uh, well, the split pot thing? A lot of people. I, I know that's a little confusing yeah. for some people, but but. Uh, but it's still Omaha. Even people that have played for years still don't get it. <laughs> well, I know. The, I know the low. The low can be very confusing. But the, the high no, part. I mean, they like, just don't understand the nature of the game. Like yeah. I, I've seen people that have played that game for years that still don't get like very very basic split pot concepts. But no, you, and, you, and anyway, you mean yeah. that you don't play for half the pot? 
things like that. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not just that, but yeah. I mean, yeah, you'll see people stacking off with, well, I got the nut low. What am I going to do? <laughs> uh, so there's... So they tried to correct this today when Negranu and Abe Mosseri were finishing off their heads-up match. It was a battle of the hair transplants, right? Yes. So so Abe Mosseri and Daniel Negranu both brought their hair transplants to try to win a bracelet in this event. And they said, okay, okay, we're going to be flexible now. Uh, now we are going to show this heads-up match, even though we had not planned for it before. Uh-huh. So it's shown on a 30-minute delay. The only problem was the match lasted 20 minutes, which meant it was over before the stream even started. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was the end of that idea. So that was a problem. It was like people are getting ready to watch this, and then their Twitter blows up. Uh, Abe Masseri beats Daniel Negreanu for 08 bracelet. Okay, well, I guess I don't need to watch anymore. <laughs> so, oh, <man. laughs> so. So that that didn't work out very well, and I, I don't blame them if they, you know they have to be thirty minutes behind, of course. So if 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 they were showing it and that happened and people learned thirty minutes before the telecast was over, that, that who was going to win? Fine, that's just a factor of the delay. But to, to start it, I guess. Yeah, to start I mean. it at this point and to not be able to start before it's already announced who won is is just kind of. They should get one of those uh, participation awards, you know. <laughs> You didn't win. You didn't win shit, but at least you participated. So, Trader Ruski, you're back, right? Uh, he he's back, but now he's not talking. Oh. All righty. Well, uh, so as we, no, met- I was I was on mute. Oh, you're on mute. Okay. So, Daniel Negranu, as we say, he finished second in this. Uh, he had a few shots. He got very short stacked, three handed to where it looked like third was pretty inevitable. Then he doubled up a few times, got right back in it. Actually. Uh, then the the third guy busted, and Daniel was uh, right there several times with Abe Masseri. Abe Masseri had a very big chip lead for a while in this event. Then he lost it, then he got it back, then he lost it again. But but in the heads-up match, they were even at some points. I don't know if Daniel was ever leading much, but they were even. When I checked, I saw a few points, they were just virtually even. But uh, Daniel just... You know, it just didn't fall right for him. And they're, they're both good players. I'm not... Uh, I'm not taking anything away from either of them, but uh, just didn't fall for Daniel. But yeah, good good start so far. I'll say this: you know, Daniel, in in recent years, has done quite well at the World Series. He's had so many deep runs, especially these type of events, these 10K type events. He just seems to kill. So whatever he's doing is right. But he's still stuck. Maybe I should join Choice Center. Maybe it'll help me too. Well, yeah, like uh, like Brandon said, he's still stuck though from that one drop thing. Right? Well, did, we know that uh, Polk bought in twice. Did Daniel buy in twice too? I don't know. See if if he if Daniel didn't buy in twice, then he's not stuck. If he bought in twice, then I think he is. Even counting buy-ins and everything. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, but yeah, it's a, it, it is funny how dis, how disproportionate these buy-ins can be if you play a number of events. I, I had this experience too. That's why I actually split my package into two this year, allowing people to basically either opt out of the 10k limit hold them or just buy that because it just felt weird when people would invest in in my package and then i'd lose the the 10k buy-in event without cashing the only one i'm I'm selling 
the 10K limit hold him. And I go, well, okay, now, now I've got to hit something pretty big or, or I'm guaranteed to lose. So mm-hmm. so I, that's why I split it so those that don't want to have to deal with that factor uh, or, or alternately the ones who just want that event and, and don't want to deal with the other stuff can do that too. So, uh, but yeah, it's kind of weird. I've, I've watched this too where like I'll see some people playing and I'll see like some guy I know – like when I say no, I don't mean like a friend of mine, but like someone I just know through poker, just kind of neutral towards him. I'll see he finished like final tables something and and gets thirty four k eighth place thirty four k. I'm just making it up. So I, and I look at oh wow he did pretty well. Okay, he should be pretty happy with himself right now. Like not ecstatic, but yeah, pretty cool. Makes a final table gets thirty four k. Then I see like the next day he plays the fifty k uh, a poker players championship and goes out. I go well <laughs> there's the end yeah. of that. <laughs> Now he's now he's stuck. That sucks. So like that's hard to do. Like to, to to cash that much, and then next day you play an event and you lose that one event and you're stuck. Like it's annoying. Oh, that's brutal. So, uh, let's see to get through here. Oh, that, that one I've talk- heard reports from some people that uh, some of the cash games there are pretty good. I wonder if that's going to affect the uh, turnout in some of the bigger events. Well, it's, you know, it's like interesting if, you mentioned. I, I have not played the cash games at the Rio in, in a very long time. And, I, in fact, I was avoiding them. But I, I may actually go. I was told that this uh, 75-150-08 game is actually pretty good. I don't know if. Uh, if I, I, I don't mean just the Rio. I mean all over. Oh, really? Aria, Be- Bellagio. Really? Yeah. Because when I played the Bellagio, usually during the World Series, I found that the, at least the limit holding game sucked. We had all the limit hold'em all stars in from all over the country, and you know all the Minnesotans are in the game, and I, I you just all these people are in the game that are usually not there in Vegas, that are good players. So I, I wasn't happy with those games, but uh, I, I could see at the Rio something like a seventy-five, one fifty, oh eight. I could actually see that being a good game, like just people who have a lot of money that just want to play oh eight and aren't necessarily that good at it, but are right there in the Rio to play other things. So. I'll, I'll give that a uh, shot. I know some people... You're going to have to accept it, though. I mean, at some point, being a uh, limit hold'em specialist is going to be kind of like someone that's a horseshoer. Well, that, well, that's why that's why I'm going to play a 75 Yeah. There you go. Well, you got to give it... I mean, Iceman used to get games going there all the time. You know, <laughs> like 40, 80, or 30, 25, 50, or I forgot what we're playing. But, um, you know, at the Rio, he had... You know, that was great when it was there. I have to give him that. I'll, I'll have to take over his role. Maybe I can be the new yeah. Iceman and get people I'll down. I'll the nonsense. Get it? Yeah, get one of those scooters he used to cruise around on. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe I can invite people up to my hotel room and, and uh, flip coins with them for, for money. Flip uh, biased he, coins. He pulled a wad of cash out of his pocket. <laughs> and and, and uh, Xanax started flying. Oh, Christ. <laughs> So Lots of Xanax and one dollar bills. Exactly. <laughs> oh so, my god, that was hilarious. The fifteen hundred dealers' choice is concluded. That just finished tonight, and some interesting things about it. First of all, two people we know made uh, the final nine. Now it was not the final table because the final table is six-handed, but the final nine included Chip Jet, the husband of Karina Jet, and. Uh, Used to listen to the show religiously. And Brandon Cantu, who has been on the show a few times recently, in fact, to talk about uh, genocide washing his feet. So they both made the final nine. In fact, they were, at one point, 
numbers one, two, and three. Number one in chips this is with thirteen people left. I remember number one in chips was Justin Bonomo with like four sixty five k, and then with a virtual tie with like three hundred ten thousand chips were Chip Jet and Brandon Cantu. Well, I, I was rooting for the two of them, Chip Jet and Brandon Cantu, to see one of those two you know go very deep. I mean, they were already thirteen left, so it was already pretty deep there. About three sixty four entries. But uh, Chip Jett went out seventh. Brandon Cantu went out eighth. They both got the same ten thousand eight hundred type prize, which I'm sure isn't what they were hoping for, but the, that's what they got. Uh, the winner of the event was David Bach, or David Back. I don't know. My kind used to always say "Money Back." He used to always say, referring to David Back. So David Back was the winner, and the turning point for David Back was a hand against the then-chip leader, Justin Bonomo, who went out 10th, by the way. So, I, I wanted to discuss this with Cal Watt, and also, uh, now, now, Trader Roos, could you play PLO at all? Nah, not too much. Okay. Well, so so, so this, is, this was interesting to me, because when I read it, look, I'll say with Justin Bonomo, as much as I don't uh, like him, I, I at least have respect that he's a good poker player. He seems to be a very good tournament player, especially in recent times. He just seems to be doing extremely well. So I, that's something I've never really questioned of Justin Bonomo is his poker play. And I realize that everybody plays hands stupidly occasionally, and I, I don't like to focus on one hand that uh, would make someone look bad, even if they didn't play it well, because that could be said for just about anyone. It's just about anyone you can look for hands they didn't play well, and if there's a constant spotlight on you, it's going to be found. But with that said, I'm going to do it anyway. And we're going to have a spotlight on one hand about uh, that Justin Bonomo played that left me kind of scratching my head. And not because I have dandruff. The the hand in question was a PLO hand at the, you know, the Dealer's Choice event. I don't know who chose it, but uh, that was the hand. And at the time, again, 13 people left in this event, and Bonomo was the chip leader. So this is how it went. PLO hand. David Back raised to 11K. I don't know what the blinds were, but whatever. Justin Bonomo then 3-bet to 39K. There's already a uh, substantial 3-bet, too. It's almost uh, it's getting close to four times. Uh, I didn't need to know what the blinds are. Well, I, I don't have this with me, right? I, I wish I could tell you, but that's raised to 11k, re-raised to 39k. I know that would be somewhat helpful, but I don't have it. So then the action went back, of course, to back. Let, let's say it's 2k, 4k then, because okay. that would be reasonable. Yeah. So action back to back. Who was facing a three bet? So he repotted. Back to 123k. Now keep in mind, David Back had uh, uh, about 225k total in this hand. And Bonomo had. Bonomo had uh, four something in the mid fours. Okay. So and he was a chip leader. By, and and, a, and a, a fairly decent chip lead, not not a, like a four sixty to the three ten, I think, or whatever, something around that. So, I think when it goes back to Bonomo at that point, 
if you're going to call the hundred, if you're going to call this to make 123k, and 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 David Back has uh, 100k behind, which is what he had left. That's what he had. He had, had 101,500 left at that point. Back after, once you call that, it's a, unless you completely air the flop, uh, you probably have to call just based on the on the pot odds. You're pretty much pot committing yourself, I think, once you've uh, once you've called that, unless again you completely missed the flop. So. Bonomo sat there for about a minute and then called. The flop came Jack 7 3 Rainbow. Back moved all in for 101K and Bonomo called. Bonomo had uh, 205,000 still behind after making that call. Back showed pocket aces, King 5. Bonomo had 6644 double suited. So the suits don't really matter here much because uh, uh, it was a rainbow board. I mean, yeah, it, it could have been a backdoor flush, but uh, it yeah, you know, it doesn't matter that much. So the turn and river were a nine of clubs, ten of diamonds, and didn't change anything. And back won the whole thing with pocket aces unassisted, and he moved. So to- I actually misread this hand. Or didn't read it thoroughly when you first pointed it out to me. Okay. So well, that'll be interesting to hear what we have to say about it now. So 450000 is what uh, back went up to. We went from like two twenty-five to uh, four fifty, And Bonomo fell all the way down to two hundred five. And before that, he was in the mid-fours. So they pretty much switched positions thanks to this hand. Uh, and, and then uh, Bonomo, three spots later, was gone. He was gone 10th at that point, And back ended up winning the whole thing. And I saw he had an overwhelming chip lead when it came to the final table. So it's not surprising he won the whole thing. So uh, my question is, with six six four four double suited, when uh, yeah, and, and we can question also whether Bonomo should have three bet back in the first place. But once he did, uh, and then back repots to one hundred twenty three k, and I don't know how back plays. I mean, he's 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 a good player, but I don't know his style. I've never played with him. So. Once he makes it back to 123, and, and, and Bono's got to decide, do you just give up the 39 you put in and, and, and move on, or do you uh, call this and good chance of pot committing yourself to the whole thing because of the, the stacks that are left? So do you call at that point, or do you just give up and throw away the 39K and still have over 400K behind to, to continue the hand? So... Since since I had a discussion with Cal Watts somewhat about this before in text, but he said he apparently misread the hand. So uh, I thought we were going. I thought it, the way that I read it real quick is that uh, the dealers. I, I thought it was all in preflop. Oh, okay. So, but so in, in any event, continue. So 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 what do you, what do you think of this here? My opinion about this, just even just from a, a tournament standpoint of, uh, of of managing your tournament stack. I, I think that six six four four double suited is is not the hand that you're going to want to uh, pot commit yourself in for for half your chips when you're the chip leader. It just doesn't seem like something you're going to want to do. It just seems like there's a better spot, even if you you're trying to you think you're just you know pushing David back off his original raise with a three bet. Once he comes back over on you, I think it's time to just take the thirty nine k and kiss it goodbye and, and move on. 
and and not uh, turn this into a two hundred something k loss. That's you know because the problem is you know six six four four is you know, what's the chances that's going to that's going to improve that much on the flop once you're pot committed. That's uh, so. I now you you mentioned to me that if you were there in Bonomo's position, you would have just flatted the six six four four instead of three bet it, and I, yep. I I agree that I would have done that too. But uh, let, let's let's ignore that for the moment. Assuming that you just decide you want a three bet and you do the amount that uh, Bonomo does at thirty nine k, and then back comes over to one twenty three k, not just not knowing anything about back's play and just assuming just the, he's a kind of typical good good opponent, but you know nothing special about it. Or nothing unusual about him. W- would you call at that point, or would you just kiss the thirty-nine k goodbye and, and and move on? Are you thinking? I'm thinking. Okay. So the the pot size at that point, you're. I don't know. I guess I'm used to reading hand histories in a in a different way. But you're saying the total pot size was 123k by the time they saw the flop. No, the total the total pot size was, was by the time they saw the flop was 246k. Yeah, 246k. So I mean, he's getting over a little over three to one on a call. No, no, I'm not talking about the, the flop. The flop is what I'm saying. You're, once you call that that re-raise, this is a four right. bet. Once you call the four bet, then you've pretty much pot committed yourself in, unless you completely miss that flop. Right. So that's that's my problem here is that once you're calling that four bet, now you. Oh, so you're saying just fold pre-flop. Yes, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm not saying fold on the flop because he, he did have a gut shot. He did have the outs with the uh, the back the backdoor flush. Maybe he had, he had the possible uh, set outs. You know, there's there's, there's a, various outs he 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 had uh, that at that point, as you said, with the odds he's getting there, he he pretty much has to do it. It's hard to fold for 101k at that point for a 246k so, pot. So here's the thing, like. You mentioned, well, let's take out you know what we know about Bach and and all that kind of stuff. I think PLO is a much more player dependent game than even No Limit Hold'em is in terms of um, you really knowing what people are capable of and what they're going to do with certain types of hands is really important. Um, so it's it's tough for me to just kind of disregard that because I think that that would almost always have. Uh, quite a bit of influence on how I would play in a in a live setting, but my my inclination here is that when Bach is just in a vacuum, when Bach opens, I'm just going to call and play it in position because position is fantastic in PLO, and you can do all sorts of wonderful stuff there. So it's one of those cases where I would never really put myself in the situation, so it's hard for me to then think about what I'm going to do. Um, but when he repots it, I mean, the interesting thing in PLO is you're, you're never getting worse than two to one, right? Yeah. And I, I ran the, the Sims just to show you that if he, <laughs> his six, six, four, four double suited against the top 1% of PLO hands is almost 40% equity. So it's one of those things where it actually would be a mistake to call. But in a tournament setting, like I agree with you, <laughs> I would, I would, especially if I thought I was a good PLO player, I would just pass on super high variance spots and plays like that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. And uh, and, and it turned out, you know, back he did he had aces with with, with the, uh, the the ace king suited, 
So he yeah. did, he did have a real hand. And one of Bonomo's suits. Yeah. But but I'm saying Bonomo, uh, Bach had a real hand. He he repotted with a real hand. He he was uh, yeah, of course. So yeah. that that's what I would have thought in a tournament. That I would think unless it's some you know, maniac who just you know, four bets you, uh, or not even or a super aggressive guy who four bets you with crap a lot of times. Do you think you're going to look him right. up? But but if you do look him up with six six four four double suited, a lot of times uh, <laughs> you're still not going to be in, in wonderful shape. So that's that's the problem here. Is uh, but that's the crazy thing. Like the the hot and cold equity here, if they, if they were all in pre flop, is almost exactly sixty forty. But in a tournament where and bon- I know Bonomo is a good PLO player, so maybe he's got reasoning for doing it this way. But especially if you think you are a pretty good PLO player, like. Why? Yeah, like why throw it <laughs> away? You, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's 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 what I would think. So I I, I think there's just a mistake on his. And he sat and thought for a minute before calling that. So he, he, you know, he was strongly considering tossing it and then giving up the 39k and moving on. And and obviously, right after the hand was over, I'm sure he was kicking himself and thinking, Ah, I should have folded. <laughs> should have just folded well, over the 39k. I don't know. I mean, who? It's really hard to say because I I've played with him a few times in in tournaments and stuff, and he. He he definitely seems like a professional from the point of view that, you know, he's not going to let any kind of emotion really influence his decision. So I'm sure he had reasons for doing it. Doesn't mean it still wasn't a mistake, but I don't know. No, I just mean afterwards. I, I he, just, he, afterwards, he he probably had a thought, you know, thought this was a close decision, went one way, and then afterwards probably felt, ah, I should have gone the other way. Like, uh, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, probably. But yeah, that that was just weird. It was a little unexpected. Like he he's someone I didn't expect to see that happening. Because when I played, I played Limit Hold'em with him, and I've never seen anything unreasonable out of him at the uh, Limit Hold'em the tournament table. I've never played cash Limit Hold'em with him, but I played. I don't think he plays that much cash, but I, I've played uh, tournament Limit Hold'em with him, and I've never seen anything really unreasonable from him. So that's that's the thing is that in PLO, this isn't as unreasonable as it might as as you might think if you don't you know, play a ton and run the equities a ton and, and have an idea where you're at. But I think where it really starts to kind of break down is that it's in a tournament setting. Like if this was in a cash game, I, I really, I wouldn't really mind it. Especially if, you know, if you do beat him, he's going to tilt and you can reload and you can do kind of, you know, whatever. But in a tournament, it, it does seem a little bit, uh, let's be generous and say out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> and also with 13, I'll tell you, when I, when I, you know, going back 12 years, and people who, who like to make fun of me for bringing up winning a bracelet are going to have more ammo here, but when I did win. Wait, tw- did you win a bracelet time? When I did win 12 years ago, when I went into day two, I said to my, and I was seventh in chips, and I, you know, I had above average, but not a wonderful stuff. I was seventh out of, I think, 25 left at that point and coming into that day two. There's super long day one and two. That's why day two, there's so few left. But when I came in with seventh out of 25, and so I had a decent stack, but not great. I said to myself, if I get a good stack, like substantially above where I'm starting here and uh, one of the top stacks here, I'm going to be careful not to chunk it off. And I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to let people push me around. I'm not going to let them steal from me. But I'm going to not do high variance plays. I'm going to play really the solid, tight, aggressive game, and uh, stick to it very carefully. And uh, you know, there there was 
times I, you know, it fold to me and I'm in middle position and I have Jack nine offsuit and I want to go up, raise, steal the blind. I go, what? No, I said, I'm not going to do this. And I throw it away. And then sure enough, I'd watch the hand play out and I would have been three bed and I would have flopped top pair and I would have been out kicked and like I would have lost hands. I, like I've saw so many hands where had I not kept that promise to myself that I would have chunked off a lot of chips. Instead, I was left with a, you know, instead I came into the final table, you know, second in chips and uh, quickly became the chip leader and won. So the, the thing is here that, um, I, I think in tournaments that, uh, you know, when, when you're in a good spot, especially with, uh, Something like thirteen left. Uh, I don't. Th- I, I think it's smart not to bring variance on it. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to criticize Bonomo overall as a tournament player. He's he's had great tournament success. He's done uh, right. much better in his lifetime in tournaments than I have. So I'm not going to. What position was Bonomo in when he flatted? Uh, we know. Uh, yeah, he was. He was uh, in the cutoff. I mean, the, no, he, the he, other, he, he three bet. The other common reason to for him to three bet there is he really wants it to be heads up so that his flush draws are more likely to play. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, the three bet, believe it or not, I, I, I don't, that, that's the only part that I don't, uh, dislike all that much. I, I would have flatted it, but, but the three betting, especially if he thought it back, would have just let it go. Um, that I that I don't mind as much, or or even if, if, if I've just found that one of the worst things in the world is playing PLO out of position. I mean, it's just it really is horrible. Yeah, especially it, 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 if you're it, it, against it. good players that can take advantage of you. I mean, it's just absolutely brutal to play out of position. So it's one of those things where I mean, yeah, I mean it's close, but I, I think. You do get some uh, definite advantage by being able to play that pot in position, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, we we don't talk much about strategy here. But I thought it was uh, for good reason. Yeah, that's just worth <laughs> worth pointing out. It makes it's not the most exciting radio. I thought it was an interesting hand, and especially since that was so consequential. And if, if that hadn't happened, this may have been Justin Bonomo's bracelet instead of uh, David Back. That was the turning point for both of them. And back went from they basically switched decks and back ended up winning. Uh, Doyle Brunson, who is uh, the, the seventy-eight years old or something, he's he's getting up there. Uh, he has not played very many tournaments recently because it just it puts a lot of stress on one's uh, body. It requires sitting in one spot for a long time, and you know, you're playing on the tournament schedule instead of your own. You can't just get up and leave if you'll, you feel tired. Unless you're Vinny Vin, then I guess you can. Uh, so Doyle, I think he's just sick of dealing with people. <laughs> Doyle Brunson, you imagine like the old man who, who shouts like "Get off my lawn!" You imagine having to deal with poker players all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's like, "Fuck these guys." So Doyle Brunson actually has not played since 2013, and I remember when he played. He actually was. Uh, they brought him in. I, I was playing in 2013 when they brought him in and made a big announcement. In fact, they. Uh, this shows you what uh, favorable treatment some big name pros get. Doyle Brunson, they actually registered him, even though he hadn't paid or anything. They just registered him, and just left a spot for him uh, at the table for what he wasn't blinding off or anything. They registered him. We're going to put him like in there with a full stack at the main event uh, if he decided to play. And then, sure enough, he did, and you know they just sat him down there 
but they actually you know, had a spot for just waiting for him that they were just going to throw away if he didn't register and uh, and and if he did register then they were going to drop him right there where they had a spot for him so that's uh, they really uh, there's a lot of favoritism for for players and for Doyle for sure there was but he didn't play at all in 2014 15 or 16 but he said about a week ago that he's considering playing the $10,000 events at uh, this World Series of Poker. Now, he he didn't uh, enter either 10K event that's gone so far, the tag team or the uh, 08, and I don't think he entered the heads-up tournament either, which is the third one. So it's possible he's actually not going to play those. But when he was most recently asked, he didn't answer about that, but said that He's now thinking about playing the 50K Poker Players Championship. And that's not going to be for a while. That's on July 2nd. But it does run for five days, and it's kind of a slow-moving event. Uh, much sooner, on June 11th, which will be on Sunday, he's strongly considering the 10K No Limit Deuce to 7 Lowball Draw Championship, which uh, that one does not get many people. That one last year uh, got, uh, it got fewer than 100. For sure. No, sorry, I got 100 last year. And the 50K event, by the way, only got 91 last year. So both of them are very small events, small field events. It seems like he's choosing those two because they got the smallest fields. So it looks like he only wants to play if he's got a you know, pretty good shot at a bracelet. Pretty good meaning compared to the other one. So not only does doesn't he... have to be there that long. Well, but the, the, the 50K, that one takes five days. That's yeah, a slow-moving event. So I, I, I think he's like... A, well, if I can, if I can uh, add to my bracelets, then uh, yeah, maybe I'll do it. But I, I ain't doing uh, that other nonsense. So uh, you're not going to see him at the any of these thousands of, of player documents. I I don't think he wants to play the main event anymore. I think I really think this is about like if he can add bracelets to his legacy, he will, and he wants to pick the ones most likely for that. Uh, now, in that 2013 main event, he did cash. Finished 408th place, cashed $28,000. That was his last cash in a poker tournament, but he does still play cash games in, in Vegas, I think at the Aria. And anyway, that's uh, so we'll see if he actually plays. It would be the first time since 2013. He has, uh, I think, 10 bracelets right now. Is that what he has, or nine bracelets? I know he's tied for second. Phil Helmuth has 14. Whatever the tie is for second with uh, Phil Ivey and Johnny Chan, that's what uh, Doyle Brunson has. So, let's see, say here how many bracelets he has. No. Okay. Well, he has a lot. So we will we'll see if uh, he does play these events or if he's just going to be retired from the World Series for the most part. Let's see here. Uh, I guess that's it for the World Series topics. Ten bracelets. Ten bracelets, I thought. I thought it was nine or ten. So, the another story that we've had that's been pretty big this week that doesn't have to do with the World Series has to do with Alec Torelli. And this is uh, 
really, 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 you know, maybe you can listen on the background or something because uh, I do want you to hear this. This is from Poker Night in America. And this is an angle shot that Alec Torelli allegedly did. I mean, it was definitely weird. Against a recreational player. And he claims it was a mistake. It has to do with uh, hiding big chips to make it look like his stack was smaller than it was to confuse his opponents. And the question was, is this an angle shot or did he just mess up? Listen to this. He needs to fold like a wolf. I just don't even know how he can consider not folding here. So in this, in this uh, before I continue, uh, one player has ace-jack suited. Uh, Torelli has, this is a cash game, by the way. Torelli has ace-queen offsuit. And uh, a, a player uh, named Daniel Wolf, who is not related to Dustin Wolf, by the way, is a recreational player, and he had ace-10 offsuit, which is not a very good hand in no limit hold'em, as you probably know. So, here's how the action went. All in. So, so the person with ace-jack suited opened to f- five... The blinds are 25... This is a 25-15 no limit game. The... Uh, the the person with ace jack suited open for like five something, was it five something or whatever? I don't know if I got that high, but anyway, Alex Torelli went uh, raised to uh, twenty eight twenty five, and then Daniel Wolf with the ace ten offsuit went all in for uh, almost for twenty four k. Hey, no cussing, you on TV? I was going to do. So the guy with the ace jack is debating, like we're see a and he, he tossed it. He was he he actually said fuck when that when the ace when Daniel Wolf went all in because he he liked the ace jack suit and he wanted to play it. So even though that's what I was going to do, which I, I don't know if I necessarily believe, but uh, obviously he wasn't he wasn't going to go <laughs> an all in of twenty four k with ace jack suited, so he tossed it. So it was back to uh, Alec Torelli, who uh, had to still call uh, a lot of money off. Torelli could look him up here, yeah, considering sorry, he just flatted the initial raise. See, it's 25 behind. Wait, do you have a silver? Yeah, did you not know? I did not know. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if there's... Does he, there's, like, the legal ruling is he has to shove in this spot. Yeah. So, so here, see, here's what's going on. Um, now now Torelli's objecting. Because, so, Torelli, he's in for 2800 the next guy goes all in, this Daniel Wolf, with an inferior hand. Of course, Torelli doesn't know what he has yet. But uh, Torelli knows what he has, but not what Wolf has. And then out come some silver chips, which were uh, high-value chip, uh, $5,000 chips, which uh, add 10000 to a stack, which uh, uh, he was hiding behind. And at the angle, Wolf was seeing there's no way he could have seen that. So then Daniel says, so then right then Torelli pulls them out. And Daniel Wolf says, uh, oh, I didn't see you had those there. So now Torelli is, is saying, I don't know what to do here. You know, does, does he have to go all in if, if he couldn't see what, what my chips were? 
You didn't know I had these chips. And then I just saw you like... Oh, those big thought, chips yeah. were hidden. They yeah. really yeah. should be in front or on top. So Alec Trelli had 10,000 in gray or silver chips that Dan Wolf didn't see. That's the scenario here, Stapes. Yeah, he thought he was shoving on a short stack. And even though he does have Torelli covered, it's barely... Okay, I don't know if it's going to affect my decision. I so, so that's the problem here is that um, for you to be hiding chips, big chips there in the back... Exactly. If your opponent thinks they're shoving over a short stack and they're not risking that much, uh, and then then those chips suddenly reappear, uh, then that has confused your opponent into doing something that they may not have done if they had seen how much you had. Because, of course, a, a big factor of going all in is, is what your opponents have and how much they can hurt you if you lose the hand. So so now uh, Torelli's saying, well, you know, what, what do we do here? Really thought that much about the hand, so okay, you can think I'm willing to do. Oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> okay, so I'm playing an all-in from this amount. Okay. I don't know if it's going to affect my decision that much. Um, and that's the other problem: is this going to affect his decision here? Is unless uh, this recreational player Daniel Wolf is angling him here, which uh, you know recreational players don't do that very often. Now that Daniel Wolf is, it seems a little upset about this, that he couldn't see those chips, now you think that he's not very happy with his hand. Because if, let's say Daniel Wolf had aces. Well, then, then he's happy to get, he's, he's especially happy that, that Torelli has more money back there. But the only time you're unhappy about more money back there is if you shove with something that's marginal, and now you're worried about being called by someone with a lot more money than you thought they did, than, than they had, because they were hiding it. So now he's saying, well, this isn't going to affect my decision much, but it, it sounds like it will. It sounds like he can already tell that Wolf is not that happy with his hand, which is making him want to call that ace-queen that much more. Now I actually have to think about the man. I just didn't want you to think I was, like, angling you or whatever. <laughs> I didn't want you to think I was angling you or whatever. I had, I had biscuits. Yeah, I had a pop- All right. That's a weird hand. Alright, now, my hand, what do you, my hand's not that good. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, that's honestly, why, like, I'm not doing that if I knew you had that extra 10. That's why this I is a f***ing crazy hand. I mean, I, I feel bad. I, I don't... So, so, you know, it, uh, so it got called, and then the flop came out to queen 9-7, so Wolf was in bad shape. I don't know if I lose the win. Only a backdoor flush could save, and then a, a king of hearts, and now all he could get is a, um, is a jack for the uh, straight. Do you have a pair? Ace ten's got a shot, but it's a small one. And, and he no loses. So dice. It's a, Torelli wins everything. Yeah. Wow. Like, that's why like, I didn't know he had that extra ten, or else like I'm not just. So there was a lot that played into that hand. I mean, he didn't. Okay, so this this is his explanation now. After the this is the interview, which they're kind of superimposing over the table there. Thread my stack, right? So he thought I had. 10k when in fact I had 20k so this changes dramatically the amount of hands that he's going to be shoving and if you look at his reaction when he realized that I had 20k when I was counting out my stack asking him do you cover me I just felt like his reaction was so genuine and I didn't think that he was going to do that with aces or kings so I just felt like his hand was weak and uh, I, I made a big call yeah okay you didn't make a big call you made you made a, a call based upon an angle shot on a recreational player. So people got very angry about that. He, I mean, he's basically admitting here that w- because he hit his chips and this recreational player objects to it, then he knows the guy is genuine and, and because he's you know, probably not angling him, that this recreational player is probably really unhappy that he's going to be risking this much with a weak hand, and then for that reason, ace-queen looks like goal, which it was. So 
he won uh, $24,000 that way. And people were very unhappy about this, where at the time, apparently, this, uh, this I guess Daniel Wolf accepted it and just let it go. But after this was aired and people saw this and an issue was raised, then at that point, it became a different story. And uh, and D- Daniel Wolf actually put out a statement on Twitter stating that he was unhappy about it. So so here's what Daniel Wolf had to say, who uh, got uh, – I guess he posted this up on uh, – again with a notepad that Jim Brandon liked to talk about, the, the iPhone notepad. But before, that was a long post. It, it was a long post. Before we get to that, though, what what did you think of this? Did you hear what I was playing there through your back door? No, methods? but I mean, I watched the whole video. Oh, okay, okay. So what? what I do don't you, know. I mean, Torelli's been playing high stakes cash games for forever. I would think that he would know the big chips go out in front. Um, and in addition, because it's a TV show, whenever you apparently and well. Some of this is from what that guy wrote, um, so I don't know if I should give it away or not, but apparently on that TV show, Tyrelli was losing, and whenever you bring more chips on, you're supposed to let the TV show know um, so that they can update the chip counts and all that kind of stuff. And So not only did he bring the chips out there, but he didn't notify them, oh. which makes it seem even more like he... Because the stack size was wrong on the the camera too, which makes it seem like and this is you know a lot of people do this where you'll buy in you'll buy a bunch of chips and you'll have some big chips in your pocket and when you start losing you just add them on right so especially because he didn't notify them and he has been playing so long and put him in a spot where they obviously should not have been it really does kind of look like he was going north you know. Yeah, I don't know. So this this is what the what Daniel Wolf had to say about this. With the recent opinions that have surfaced since this hand has aired, I've decided to write this in response and inform people of the conversation that I had with Alec after the game. And by the way, thank goodness this came from a Facebook group and not from Two Plus Two. <laughs> I obviously yeah. have seen Doug's video, and I appreciate the fact that Doug approaches the situation as a professional and without biased opinions. I wonder if Mark Zuckerberg's going to give me a hard time about this. Uh, I will jump straight to the point in the hand where I decided to four-bed jam all in and Alec was tanking. In the past, when talking about the scenario, I would include and show pictures of how his stack looked from my vantage point, but Doug, referring to Doug Polk, who did a video you know, bashing Torelli for this, did a great job displaying all of that for me. I would like to note... Through that, and even the TV graphics were incorrect, it seems as though not a single person on set knew of those chips, which is what Calwatch has mentioned. Obviously, the hand was edited and shorted for TV purposes, uh, although the original live stream is still on Twitch, and I was actually surprised they aired the hand, but we've come to learn that Poker Night in America favors controversy. I had enjoyed, I, I, sorry, I had eyed Alex Stacks down and could see all his orange in the front, so I mistakenly assumed he had roughly 16,000. Comments like he just jammed without even thinking was why he was doing what he was is false. But that's not the point of this debate. The entire discussion is whether Alec was angling. 
And here are some of my opinions of why it could have been. Number one, Alec had been playing high stakes for years, making constant videos in front of hotel fountains and talking underneath seagulls next to the ocean. Having large ships out. The fuck does talking under seagulls have to do with anything? I, I, I don't even know. I th- it's kind of a weird ramble, but he's trying to say that he makes all these like crazy videos about poker and that uh, he, he, he should know this. Uh, that, uh, that having your large chips out in front for any high-stakes player is second nature. Two, yeah. the max buy-in for this game is 20000 As far as I know, Alec reloaded with the silver chips going over the table max. I could go back and watch the entire footage to see when he exactly puts them on, but he was losing constantly in the game, leading me to believe he was that he went north. Three. Alec had played on Poker Night America numerous times. When you, whenever you add on chips, you were told to tell the producers so that they can update the chip counts. If he was adding on going north, of course, the, the, he would not notify them. Four. Alex was getting gaped in the game. Going north without telling anyone is a common pickle-chasing technique. Pickle chase. The only the only thing that I would say about the whole going north thing is I don't know that there was a cap buy in on that show. Yeah, it's not really not. going north if there's no cap. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I don't know if there was or not. Number five. Begin to add these up and think of the odds. A longtime high stakes player on Poker Night in America not only doesn't tell producers that he's adding chips on, but then forgets to put them out in front all while being stuck in the game. Don't piss on yeah, my. Yeah, le- it does kind of add up to yeah. like. You know. <laughs> Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Now back to the hand. Alec could tell my reaction was sincere. Sorry, everyone. It was my first time bluffing for 26000 I got a little bit nervous. Well, while he begins to act like we could possibly work out a deal during the hand, two other players at the table keep interrupting, basically saying the chips are on the table and so they're in play, and repeatedly tried calling uh, the clock. There wasn't much time left in the game, and they were stuck and wanted to get as many hands as they could to get the hand over with. At one point, Alex said something like, oh, I know I'm calling if it was for 16000 I have to think about this, though. I remember when he said that, looking at me, trying to get a reaction. Anyway, with a second or two left on the clock, he, he calls and goes on to make a YouTube video where he slightly changes the situation, making it sound like everyone else at the table was super drunk and stuck when, in fact, when he was, in fact, stuck, I believe, the most. I can understand each side of the argument that in the end it's the player's responsibility to always know how much a player has in front of them. I've learned this. I've learned from this hand as much as it sucked. I did not have hatred towards Alec at this point in time. I still do not regret my decision to jam as, as much as it makes you cringe, Doug. <laughs> Deeb once said to never drop out of school to play poker full time unless you live in Pittsburgh. Plays like this must be why. But instead, only regret my reaction. Even it even started a trend, and other top players in the world took a page from my book. At least you won your disaster, Kate. Something to Kate Hawley trying to say. I don't even know what he means by that. Uh, after the hand, Alec act, acts very cordial, telling me to talk to him after the show that maybe we could work something out. Keep this in mind. He asked me to talk to him to potentially work out a deal. Well, uh, he was probably talking about didn't that whole. Kate Hold and Tally controversy start over how she played Ace Ten. Yeah, it did, it did, but she didn't win that hand though. He said, "At least you won your disaster." Oh. I, I don't know; it's a weird statement. That's, I thought at first she won thirty k from him yeah, at the fucking heads up match. I guess I yeah, maybe that's what he means by Ace Ten. Maybe, maybe he means that this will be uh, a positive thing for him. But she lost that tournament first, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I will preface the conversation that we had that we had with a few facts about myself. I am a very honest person. I try to treat others the same as I'd want them to treat me. Even Doug said I was way Stay too nice. Stay out of poker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even Doug said I was way too nice in this spot. While these examples are at lower stakes, in my opinion, is the principle that matters, and I do not play these high stakes often enough to have these situations like the surface. 
in, in a PLO game, a player and I had got it all in another turn when the river hit, and he tabled his hand, and I pushed my hand towards the dealer. The dealer counted his stack, and I counted out the same uh, to pay him. This all took around maybe 45 seconds. After I pushed my chips, I realized that I misread my hand. I retrieved it, asked the dealer, was my hand was never in the muck, correct? He agrees it was not. I quickly tell the player, don't worry, I have you beat, but if my hand is live, I'm just going to split the pot with you. I don't know. I didn't know this person, but I just met him during the session. And I felt bad about how my accidentally super slow roll. It was not only a yeah. pot. It was only a pot of about fifteen hundred. But as I said, I think the principle is very important. So he's he's trying to show a a case where he won the hand, accidentally mucked it, was able to retrieve it, but felt so bad for the other player, he let him you know take half. And I'm the saying pot. definitely don't play poker. Yes, because he's taking the worst end of it in both cases here. You yes. know what I mean? Like uh, he's can't. When, okay. when when people make sincere accidents at the table, I usually give them the benefit of the doubt. Without getting into too much detail, I've had spots on the river where I've tabled my hand, a player misreads it, and they muck the winner. I again chopped the pot with them. <laughs> in a home game, I had a whale accidentally expose his hand when he thought everyone had folded. He exposed top pair in a flush draw while I was in, top, in position with top set. It was a rather large home game. We we all know a whale is, is never folding his hand to any, for any amount. I politely, politely told him I had him crushed and that we could just check it down. We agreed, and a few players in the game thanked me for this favorable decision. Wow. Maybe this guy really, uh, he really is too nice for poker, if, if these are true. Any person who has played with me or has known me since I first started playing poker knows that I'm an honest and very fair person. Since Alec asked me to talk to him after the show, I'd propose these deals to him. At first, I beat around the bush, asking for the 10,000 of questionable chips back. He declined. I then proposed the idea that Ace-10 has about 20% equity, roughly, against his Ace-Queen. How about we just do an equity chop of, again, about just uh, just the 10,000 questionable chips. I asked for 2,000 back. He again declined. Now, if he would never have asked me to speak with him, I would have never asked for money back. I would have just moved on with, uh, to live with a hand. This is when I developed the hatred towards Alex. I, I guess he does have At first he said, I don't have hatred. <laughs> now, now he's saying, now I do. But do you <laughs> see what I mean? Like, he's he's reciprocating and helping other people and then when people have him under their thumb they're not gonna do it yeah like he can't i mean his his deal that he proposed to me is that uh, he would sell me his action in a later cash game at a discount <laughs> you know what that reminds me of I, I, i'm sorry i'm sorry i i hate to go on the tangent here and some some listeners get annoyed when i do this when i take a story that has nothing to do with me and, and make it about me but listen in 1996, I went on a business trip. My first business trip ever. Is that actually. when you won your first bracelet? No. 96? No. But I went on a business trip. My first one ever was to Huntsville, Alabama, and they gave me such a crappy per- Oh, dear God. They, and, and they gave me a horrible per diem, so I could only afford like the two cheapest hotel, motels in town, and I chose... You could only one. get one stick of deep-fried butter. Yeah, and I, so I chose the Days Inn because it was at least a, a brand I was familiar with. Well, that was a mistake because it was a horrible franchise Days Inn owned by this like really cheap Indian guy. And I, I went to... I, I go to sleep, and at 7 a.m., I'm awake, jarred awake by loud drilling, like really loud. And they're actually drilling and hammering into the common wall at 7 a.m., and drilling and power sawing like right outside my window as well. Why? They're renovating the, the room right next door, and they just, they, they're just they starting at 7 a.m. Nobody warned me about this. They just put me in that room, and <laughs> tough luck on me at 7. So I called up and say, what the hell? You know, because I actually wasn't, I didn't have to be at work till like 9. I, I wanted the extra sleep. I mean, it was only 7. I wasn't sleeping in the middle of the day. 
If they're going to wake you up at 7 with, with working on the common wall, they should tell you this before you check in there. So they, uh, so, so they said, oh, we'll try to get them to stop. But you know, no one stopped. It just continued, continued, continued. I developed like a headache from all the sound. I tried to sleep through it. I couldn't. Anyway, um, I kept saying, look, you know, I'm booked here for three nights. I can't have this again, number one. And uh, number two, um, I want some kind of discount because you, this, this, I had a horrible sleep. After 7 a.m., I went to sleep fairly late. I, got, I needed this extra sleep. I, I couldn't get it. You, you can't make that kind of noise at 7 here without telling me. So they said, we understand, we understand. But the problem was, you know, we tried to get them to stop, but they, the owner wouldn't let it. The owner uh, apparently told them to just keep working. So I, I, I had to speak to the owner, and he wasn't in. So finally the owner comes in. At like, so I had to go to work at this remote location for, for my company. I, I took a break at about 3 p.m. to call the owner when he was in. And I, and I get him, and uh, I tell him the whole situation. And he says, I, I, I do not understand. Why, why, why does someone have to sleep past the 7 a.m.? 7 a.m. is the morning. You should be getting up. And I said, that's not up to you to decide. It's seven. It's not like it's 10 a.m. It's 7 a.m. Like not everybody wants to wake up at 7 a.m. And I said, oh, that, that is a normal time to be getting up. We, we can start our work at that time. And I said, look, even if I am up, I, I go, even if, even if I am up, I, I may not want to hear that. You have to warn me before you give me that room to give me a choice to take another room or go to another hotel. You can't just give me that room without telling me. And I said, look, I, I'm booked here for two more nights. Can you give me a discount for how this happened? And if they're going to be there tomorrow, can you move me? He goes, I, I, yeah, I could move you to a different room, but uh, I cannot give I, I, I cannot give you a discount for last night. If if you want to be staying, I, I give you a 10% discount for, 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 for tonight only. And I go, what? So he wouldn't give me anything back for that night. It's if I stay another night, he'll give me 10% discount. So I, I, I would be so mad to be woken up that early. Yeah. But what the fuck does this have to do with Torelli? Uh, because because <laughs> this guy was refusing to give me anything back for what happened. And instead, instead okay. wanted to give me something future at a discount, which is the future room. So I said no. And then listen to what happened. I said no. I declined that. I don't, you know, I, I, I told him, uh, I don't want that. I go, fine. This, this is your best offer. This is the best I can give you. I said, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to come by, I'm going to get my stuff, and I'm going to move to a different hotel. Okay, but uh, you owe money for the second night. Go, what, what second night? I've only been here one night. No, no, no. All right, the checkout time is 12 p.m. It is 3 right now. You are now staying for another day. You can you cannot. <laughs> I am charging you for a second night. I, I was so furious. I, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. So I, I come down there. I figure I'm going to try to, you know, I said, what do I do about this? He wouldn't budge. We had a big fight on the phone. He hung up on me. I go, what do I do? I guess I can try to charge back on my credit card. I don't know what to do, but um, my stuff's there. Like, should I just leave and not, you know, am I committed to take the second night? Should I just, you know, leave the stuff and charge it back? I didn't know what to do. So I said, I'm going to try to maybe angle the front desk employee since they're just holding my stuff. Oh, so this is what he told me. I, I hadn't signed yet for the second night or something. I'd only signed for one night. So he told me they're not giving me my stuff until I sign that I'm paying for the second night. They're holding my stuff hostage. That's what he said to me. So I decided I'm going to try to angle the front desk employee and just tell him I, you know, they're holding my stuff in the back and they give it to me, please. Like as if they're just holding me for a favor. So I go in there. I, I, I run this. There's this like black guy working behind the desk. I, I tell I tell him. Like they, like they have a bell cap. 
at a hotel with yeah, yeah, right. Holiday Inn in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, okay. so, so I asked. I said, you know, guys, uh, um, you're holding my stuff there in the back. Uh, you know, can you give it to me? Uh, I, I, there's holdings. I had to go to work. I give some stupid story. He says, "Is really that sounds kind of weird." He, he looks. He, what room number are you? And I told him. He goes, "Oh man, I know who you are." I go, "Ah oh, shit." He's, he's, he, he was warned by the Indian not to give it to me. He goes, oh, man, you know, I, I, I know how my boss gets. Man, this is cool. You, you just, you just take the stuff and leave. And I said, oh, really? Thanks. He, he's, he's, yeah, I know, I know, I know how he is. I feel bad for you. What happened? He was, so it was a cool, it was a cool guy there who's, who did this for me. And I said, well, I, I'm, I'm a little feel bad for you though. I'm afraid you're going to get in trouble. He said, nah, no, nah, I just tell him I, 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 I didn't realize who you were. And like, so I said, okay. So that's awesome. So he told me, well, the, the final kick in the ass, though. So then I went to the other hotel that wasn't the name brand, and that was so much of a better place. I should have been in there in the first place. But then the final kick in the ass is I get my credit card statement, and it turned out before this happened, the first night I was there, uh, someone else at the front desk, not this black guy who helped me, but someone else at the front desk stole my credit card and ordered uh, chicken and steak. <laughs> And the funny thing That's is, like, great. I called, I called up the place. I remember it was called Stakeout, and I called up Stakeout, and I asked, "What, what is this?" And they, they were able to look up my order for my credit card. And would you believe? You know that- what the best thing about that is, Drew? The best thing about that is that the, the, the only thing they could think to do with your stolen credit card info was order chicken and steak. Right, right. And then, so then, listen to this one. <laughs> This, this one, the, 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 the idiot orders the chicken to steak, pays with my credit card, and then signs his own name. <laughs> so I, I said, I can't believe this. I, then, so they actually had the guy's name. So I, so I called back up the days in. I didn't want to speak to the Indian guy, but I said, does this guy work here? No, he's been fired. I go, well, I go, well he did work here. They said, yes. I said, okay, that should be enough evidence. Here they go. So here, my credit card was used. That guy signed his own name. It was delivered to the front desk of that. I mean, it's a smoking gun proof. Right. So I called up the Huntsville police, and I told them about this. And Huntsville's not a tiny city; you know, it's, it's a they, they actually, it's it's a city of a decent size over there. So I get these these Hick police though, and I explain to them what happened. And I said, "Okay, so what can I do? Can you guys investigate this? Well, you, you uh, can you come on down here?" I go, "No, no, I can't come down there. I'm in California now." He says, "Well, I I don't know how how I can file a report for you in another state." Like, well, you, I mean, you you can't do anything about this just because I'm in another state, right? Well, uh, we ain't never done with nothing like that before. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I really don't know what we can do. You know, if you want to come on down here and file a report, we can do investigation. But uh, you you ain't here, so and I'm sorry. Okay, so I, I couldn't believe it. There was nothing <laughs> they weren't going to do it because I couldn't physically come in and file a report because I because I left town. So I I screw it. So. Then I called the, the credit card company and I was like, okay, well, I talked to this stakeout. It was, it was fraud. Uh, can you shut down the card, please? And, and send me a new one. Because obviously, you know, my card number was stolen. Because they didn't have my physical card. They stole the number. Uh, Bank of America said, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I said, what? No? And they said, yeah, no. Uh, why? Because it's only one instance, and it's been you know, 30 days since this happened, and we haven't seen it again, so it's, it's not worth the expense for us to process another card. I said, but the guy has my number. He already defrauded me once. He's going to do it again. They said, no, no, we know. If, the, if that happens, call up, and we'll, uh, we'll take that off, too. So they, I said, come on. You got, they refused to <laughs> replace it. So I finally said, all right, fine. Uh, 
you're, you're the ones who are going to have to pay if this happens. So to, to the thief's credit, he didn't do it again, but uh, I, I was stuck with that same card. I couldn't believe That's now it. That's when you should have used that after filing the first report. You should have used that card to buy something you wanted, called them back up, and said, right, there's more fraud. Or, or I should have said, oops, oh, no, I just dropped this card in a crowd of a 1,000 people. Oh, someone yeah, right. just picked it up and walked away. Oh well, it's gone now. I guess it's lost. <laughs> yeah, you could have just called back and yeah. said it was lost. You I don't know why. I don't know why I even I even took that. It's not even like I was naive then. I, yeah, I was twenty four years old, but I was yeah. Like today, that would have never flown with me. But even back then, I I didn't let this type of crap happen. I don't know why I was so passive with that one. But anyway, that was that was a story. So just the whole thing without for some reason the Alec Torelli like offering him future action at a discount. It reminded me of the ten percent discount. Like you, you offered something at a discount from someone that did something bad to you in the first place, and they're trying to sell you something at a discount in the future. Okay, so let me go on. So, this, so he goes on to write. I can't remember the exact numbers he blurted out, but he told me that his hourly was X amount in the game, and that he would sell me uh, at a discount of Y. <laughs> I mean, that what an asshole thing. To, and I, I believe this guy. That you know. I don't know if I believe every single story about all the nice things he's done. I thought those are probably true too, but you know, who cares if they're 100% accurate or not? I, I got the impression from this person that he probably is too honest for poker and, uh, yeah. And, 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 uh, when I say too honest, I mean, I, I, I'm an honest guy, but I, I, I don't let people take advantage of me and I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I realize poker is a competitive game and that if you're constantly doing favors for people, they won't do back for you. You're going to get screwed. So, uh, this guy doesn't seem to realize that, but, uh, so, so I believe we, that, this- that reminds me of we got a guy <clears throat> that plays in some of our local games around here that he's just he's one of those guys that's very emotional and very tilty. Right. Yeah. And uh, another guy who's a sharp who's really, really good poker player, really good sports better, all that kind of stuff. He, he just felt it him. this other guy was on tilt and he was just like, you know, what can I what can I do to win at this game? He was actually like genuinely asking for advice. And the sharp guy, who's he's sometimes too honest for his own good. He's just shaking his head. He's just like, just don't play poker. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you got no shot. You got no shot. Just don't do it. It's the same with this guy. Like you, you're just, yeah. All he can do is just not play. <laughs> you know? So he says, so you you debatably angle someone for heaps of money, act all cordial and sorry on camera, then you want me to invest more money in you? Spoiler, I have yet to buy any of Alec's action. On top of this, I later found out that Alec has been involved in scams in the past. Now, I'm rather new to poker. I've only played full-time uh, not uh, for not even two years. Why, he's playing full-time? <laughs> and obviously don't know what is true and what is not, but the online chip dumping as well as other random stories people inform me are, are in Alec's past. We all know that in poker, your reputation's everything. Albeit, this is just my opinion. I do not think it's inconceivable that Alec attempts to display himself on Poker Night in America and his website and YouTube channel as a very honorable person in an attempt to help blurry his past. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, he is very much about uh, promoting the image and promoting himself. As I said, I understand that in the end it boils down to being my responsibility to always know how much each player has. His slap in the face offered to me after the game is what caused me to develop a hatred towards him. It was a very controversial hand, and I accept the fact that I am, at the very least, partially at fault. I've learned from it, but I always hate that hummus-eating dork. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I understand that, uh, first of all, he's beating himself up too much. If someone sneaks 10K in their stack in an angle, you can't see it. Um, 
Yeah, you, that's uh, that's their fault, not yours. No, well, it is, but you also should always recognize, or if you're about to do something like that, ask them how much they have. What yeah. are you playing? Yeah, that's true, too. You know? But uh, uh, anyway, he he clearly realizes he got an angle shot there. and Someone's got to tell this poor guy that Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> Yeah, and and then uh, A Hoosier A, who listens to this show, also posted in this thread and said, personally, I believe it looks like he intentionally was hiding a stack from other players. It also looks kind of strange that he immediately grabbed his big chips as soon as the guy announced all-in. Torelli seems like he wants the all-in to stand without him being the one to say it has to stand, but ultimately, it was his decision to force the chips to stand. Uh, now, Seriously Serious pointed out, and I didn't know this, this hand happened a year ago. Right. So why are we talking about it now? Well, he says there's a small rumbling at the time, but not much came of it. Then it aired on TV a few weeks ago, sparking a new and extensive discussion on 2 Plus 2. Then uh, Doug Polk did that video, which prompted uh, Wolf to come forward. So that's interesting. It, it, they had so much footage on Poker Night in America that, uh, that they aired something from a year ago as new, uh, new because it hadn't been seen yet. Uh, what TV channel is that on? I don't even know. I've never watched it on TV. I've only watched uh, internet streams of it. Right. But it's it, it aired on TV, and that's what uh, sparked the discussion. And then Daniel Wolf came out of the woodwork when he watched Doug Polk's video and said, "Crap, I was victimized." So yeah, this uh, Alec Torelli looks pretty bad right now. Most people were against him. He's uh, getting pretty crushed on the forums from people that uh, are not. Very happy with what he did. I think there was a scumbag move, especially to do against a, a recreational player. People really don't like when recreational players get abused. Even this guy say he plays full time. He's still, you know, pretty much a recreational player. So, basically, there, there there are two things here, though. Like, okay, so on the one hand, Torelli has been playing. High stakes for quite some time, so obviously he knows what the the proper conduct is in in big bet games with your chip stack, right? But on the other hand, he also knows that this is on TV. Is he really that, like, brazen and arrogant, thinking that he's going to get away with it? You know? I mean, I don't know. If if there was a cap in this game, maybe that's what it was about. Maybe he... uh... Yeah, that would make more sense. If it, if there was a cap and he was actually going north, that would make more yes, sense. Yes, then that would make more sense that if he's trying to sneak past the cap, that he doesn't want to inform anybody. He just hopes nobody will notice and just think that's right. what the stack was. And then uh, and then when someone goes all in, then he's like, oh, crap, now I've got to declare these chips. Maybe that's why he got nervous right. and grabbed them. So it still was unethical, obviously. If you're, if, if that's the max buy-in and then he went over it, then he shouldn't have done, he shouldn't have done that. He was, I see people going north all the time. Yeah. But uh, but I think there's got to be some penalty for doing this. I think there should be, if uh, especially in a, in a situation where they tell you on the show that you have to inform them. Uh, I, I think there should be some sort of penalty for that, as far as uh, at least those chips not being able to be in play in the type of situation like this. I I I, th- I think this that, is where you should get Glance to call in. Yeah, huh? that's that's we, we should. He listens in the archives of the problem. <laughs> but, uh, wow. uh, but I I would. Uh, yeah, why can't the show uh, 
I don't know if it's the sh- you know they are filming this at a real casino, so the show may not have as much control as you might think. Well, the casinos own the show. Yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering what kind of authority that Matt Glance and the show has over the game if they don't like something that's happening. Like, can, can they come out and say no? This 10K is not going to be in play here for the for this hand at least. I mean, if if he, if he went north, then they definitely could at least uh, take out anything that was passed. Uh, I mean, it, it would be whoever is the floor. Yeah, and I don't know who is the designated floor in that case. I would imagine it would it would be the casino that is hosting it. I would think. Yeah, I just think yeah, the floor should have been called. I think they should have ruled that that this these chips were not in play. That's what I that's what I would have ruled if I was the floor here. What if it was not over the cap? Um. If it, yeah, I, I still would say they're not because because they were hidden behind. I would think it creates enough doubt that this was being snuck back there to where I wouldn't want the angle shooter to get the benefit. I don't know of that it. you can. I don't know that you can do that though. Yeah, you may I not. mean, I think you could give the guy some kind of a penalty, but if they're out there, they're out there. You know what I mean? I mean, you you are supposed to put them in front, but the fact that they are not in front, I don't think that I've ever heard of a casino then saying, well, these are not in play. Well, I, but I think they can. As, I, legally, I think they can as long as the the money's not put into the pot, into the center. It was just, it's just like the old thing we once had on the show right. where someone said pot, 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 pot to do a flip and never actually put the right. chips in, lost the flip, and then just picked up the chips and left without paying. And they couldn't legally force him to pay. All they could do is uh, is kick him out. Well, from that video, this wolf guy did not put his chips in either. He should have just given the middle finger, took his stack, and walked That's true. Off. That's true. He should have done that. So, right? Yeah. He could have done that. He probably didn't realize that either. <laughs> and I'm sure he didn't. But, yeah, that, that is a but, good point. If I guess if you get really screwed somewhere and, and you're just in a situation where you haven't physically put the chips in. Uh, that did, that has, that's what happened here. He just shoved. Yeah. Like I mean, it, what's in the middle is in the middle, but the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, he could have. He could have been, you know, if he really thought that Ty- Torelli was fucking him in that way, he could have done the same thing. So be like, all right, you're going to be like that. Fuck you too. I'm taking these with me. I got yeah. a I got a text from Larry Laffer just now. He said that he's played in play a lot of places where if you hide your chips behind and they can't be seen, that uh, that they're not in play. Really, but who rules that? Like, I, I would think it'd what be if the floor. It, what if it was on top and it like fell down? I, you know, I, I I wouldn't mind that rule though. If if, if if you have to watch for yourself that if your chips don't fall fall out of view, that they have to be in view, and if they're not, then uh, they're not in play. I, I I don't mind that rule that much because it, it actually discourages the angle shooters and, and it and it uh, encourages people, even ones that are not trying to angle shoot. Because I'll be honest, like at the World Series, I sometimes have had this problem myself, where my just in the way my chips end up being stacked after I win some pot, I end up stacking some chips in front of the big ones, and I don't realize it, and they're blocking it, and then they they tell me, ah, sir, you've got to move the, the big stack to the front. And like, uh, I, this happens unwittingly. Now, now, usually this happens this happens more often at limit tournaments, and sometimes it's a little bit ridiculous. Like in a in the first stages of a limit tournament, you you having uh, a five, an extra five k chip is, is meaningless to the hand. 
Right. But uh, so that's going to get 17 bets in on on the flop. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I'm just finishing with the steak dinner is absolutely delicious. Is this fraud show going to be on for a bit longer? Well, a bit longer, but we're we're coming near the end. Okay. Okay, because I'm going to you know. I have to still do my own dishes and stuff, so I'm gonna. But I'm gonna hang in for a little bit. Okay, I know. Uh, I are you talking about that Alex Tortellini? Yes, exactly. Yes, no? yes. See, yeah, so the Tortellini good. guy. I don't even need to be. A, it, how do you pronounce that? Tortelli? Tortellini? <laughs> Torelli. I think you're thinking Torelli. of Carla Tortelli from uh, from Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Now, this what is was Al- her husband's name? Uh, I don't remember that. He was the one he always cheated on her. Yeah, uh, yeah I know that. He was always cheating on her. And yeah, it's like an Italian name. Is Vinny uh, or Calawat, can you ask your source? I think maybe Vinny. Calawat, does, is your source still around? No, source is gone. Damn it, Druff. What the hell is his name? Oh, Nick. You know, it was Nick. It was Nick. It was Nick. There was a good, I'm just going to, you know, this is, they like the tangents. This was a debate on like, it was really weird. It was like on Fox Sports Radio. I was listening like at five or six in the morning the other day. Could not sleep. I just had it on. I'm trying to close my eyes. Or maybe it was even the Dan Patrick show. I don't know. But the debate was, was Cheers bet better? All things considered equal. Pre-Woody Harrelson, meaning with coach, or better post-coach, meaning Woody Harrelson. Hmm. Or just it was good and you, there was never a difference. Hmm. Well, I mean, what's your opinion? Like I, I okay, I, I'll give mine first. No. I, and, and hey, no one's asking me. I'm on the radio, woman. Pipe down. <laughs> um, I, I thought Woody supplied perfect, amazing comic relief, and I, and I love Coach. Coach was great too, but I actually liked the, the Woody. You know, if I did, if you could only pick one, Woody or Coach, I would go with Woody. But at the same time, I thought the show went down definitely half a notch, maybe a whole notch. When um, what's her first? Shelly Shelly Long left, and yes, Christy Alley yes, came on. Yes, I agree with that. For I sure. never, I didn't like the dynamic that that Shelly Long and uh, Sam Ted Danson had. You know, it, it made the show very interesting, and they tried to have that sexual tension with Christy Alley, and it, it, it never, it never, it did nothing. It just never existed, and I just I couldn't stand her. I thought she was a smug cunt too. <laughs> if you'd have, you might as well just put Wisner on the show. All the smug cunts. What about Hillary, Hillary Clinton, too? Don't forget her. Yep. 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 And, you know, another side note, very interesting trivia. Do you know what show was the lead in the first – or what show Cheers led in? Meaning, like, after Cheers, what was the show that followed it uh, um, that blew that blew up that show eventually? Frazier. No. No, Frazier was, was no. a spinoff. But he's talking, no. he's talking about the this same night. The, so this is a weird question because a lot of people don't realize it. Like, you know, because people are like, oh, Cheers are so old. But anyhow, Cheers is literally what made Seinfeld what it was today. The first, we'll say like maybe two years, definitely the first year, Seinfeld was like a ratings disaster. And they just kept, you know, basically in today's day and age, Seinfeld would never have made it to a second season because these networks are so quick to yank a show off the air. You know, they don't... uh Give it time, you know, for, for, for the for the audience to get invested. But anyhow, uh, that's what that's what literally made Seinfeld what it was because it followed Cheers on Thursday night. That was like the must, the original must see TV, you know, way before Friends or anything else. So, hey, but, Brandon, uh, and, spe- speaking of uh, yes. smug cunt, were you here for that discussion about the the Wisner's coaching session? Yes. Are you going to go? And, no, I'm not. I laughed and and I also commented that Druff and I both. Last year on this very podcast, made fun of it uh, every week. 
You guys, I flyers. really think you guys should go. She had, I mean, I'm not going to. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to pay for that. No, no, no. no they, we'll, not, we'll put you in. They're, they're trying to, to raise money for us to go. How much is it? What's the? How much is it? What's Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think it's unreasonably high, probably. But it's you less than a slushy. <laughs> you know what I feel like? PFA is now becoming like the Salvation Army. Every, all these broke people are getting to play poker tournaments. Now you're trying to get us to go to staked in. Oh, poker I, I, I should I should mention this. I yeah, I should mention this about the because a lot of people who don't read the forum don't know this. Uh, C Money he, he so generously has been posting threads on the forum. Okay, and- well he gets drunk. Okay, he has too many you know scotches. Seriously, he has like seven or eight drinks, and he'll start writing. Cre- Eighth person who posts, the 231st person who posts. And then I wake up and I see, oh, shit, Brandon, what did I do? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm sorry. you got to meet somebody in a parking garage again. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, this is the last time I'm meeting someone. I told him this is it. I'm not meeting no more people in parking garages. I have all these emails of, of IDs and licenses and staking agreements and parking garages and and. But listen, I'll tell you, if, if anyone really, you know, and I do feel bad because the one person that I would love to see, and I'm happy that, that Matos got in and, of course, Daly, too, for what he's done to the site. But if I had my way, the next person I'd love to one day see uh, be the beneficiary of C-Money's gratitude would be Michael. Even though he disappeared for a long time, you know, now he's come back and hopefully he sticks around for a while. That'd be great to see that kid on a scooter driving around the Rio parking lot, and uh, yeah, that would whatnot. be that would be interesting if Michael won. The, the Michael would have still have to come up with the airfare though to come from Florida to yeah. Uh, well, to all Vegas. these other guys are. But the thing is, if if anyone can somehow, this is the only inside information I'll give you. If someone can somehow kind of nail down when C money starts drinking, you just want to monitor the fraud site and keep hitting F five and refreshing. Because that's when this generosity comes yeah, out even so, more. So just to let people know who, how much was given away, he gave away two $1,500 seats mm. to to World Series events, just just free and clear, just to, to such and such poster number. And uh, one of them was won by, by – Well, he also Ma- gave one to Jeannie. He told me on the phone he was drinking, the next person who texts you, I'm going to give a seat to. And then it happened to be Jeannie. <laughs> really? I didn't know no, that. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Oh, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I, I would have believed it. <laughs> would that surprise you? No, I would have, to- I would have totally believed it. Next. I would have totally Whoever believed it. Whoever texts you next, 1500 for them too. Yeah, so, so, so Matos got one and then Daly got the other one. And uh, you know Matos is he's a nice kid and he he listens to radio and he's uh, and he apologized for the one the thing remember he admitted yeah, it yeah, on the site he said he was sorry the devil made him do it yeah there was an incident but uh, mm-hmm. then uh, then there's also yes daily is uh, he's made so many good uh, sports sports betting posts in, in the in the sports betting thread especially with props this guy is the king of props if this guy suggests any prop. And you in your sports book can take it. I'm not kidding. Uh, bet all you can on it because you no, know, not of course not everyone wins, but the value in these props of what he. Po- I guarantee if you bet every prop he posted, you're going to be way ahead because he's it's yeah, amazing. That's what my buddy does to make money too. It's it's amazing. The, the only difficulty is finding these bets, finding books that'll place them, uh, and, and take enough action. But that, believe me, that's the only concern you're going to have because. Uh, like like in baseball last year it was amazing. He had these strikeout props on on. Uh, on pitchers, uh, how many strikeouts they would throw, and he won like at one point uh, fourteen in a row, 
Then he ran off another streak of like, I don't know, 10 out of 12. Like, this, this is not just winning like 60%. This is just, he was just crushing them, like just winning almost every single one he's betting. And then some of the other props, you know, he'll, he'll post some prop of, of something that's plus 900 and, and it wins. Or sometimes even they don't win, but they, but they, a plus 900 turns into a plus 120 by the time it goes off. So you see it's an incredible value, even if it doesn't end up winning. Uh, you see that he yeah. really knew what he was doing. So, so I mean, he's he's done such, and he doesn't have to share all this now. Yes, of course, he he bet he bets his own action first, which makes sense. He doesn't want people grabbing the the action, moving the line before he can bet his own. But he gets done, and instead of keeping it to himself, uh, he he shares it with the community, which is incredibly generous because he's putting in all the work to do it, and then he just hands this to the rest of us. And and I bet a lot of those props last year and did very well. And, and, and you know, let me clar- let me clarify something because I, you know, C Money listens to this show, which is I kind of find it odd. I mean, because he listens to every segment, and he's far removed from the poker world. Like he was like a small, like you know, deposit, you know, a couple thousand back in the day and play and bust it or run it up. But he's never been like a serious poker player at any point in his yeah. life. But he loves his show and he listens religiously. Like sometimes he'll text me. And he'll, you know, bring up something like so obscure that we talked about. I'm like, Jesus, like, you know, really? He's like, yeah, it breaks up my day. I listen to it. I, I'm doing my work. Um, he is, you know, when I was making that comment about the drinking part, you know, that's actually true, but he really doesn't have any regrets. Like he, he's by far, not even to, like on the forums, he's probably like probably the most up there, the most generous people I know in this world. Oh yeah. Like yeah. he's just, the way he is on the forum, it isn't just you know, a forum thing only like, you know, with his family and, you know, even with me, you know, like he's just, he's a very generous, good hearted, caring, you know, just a good guy. I mean, he really is. I mean, you know, so, and I don't want anyone to ever feel bad, you know, if you, oh, I've been taking see money's money, anything he does, he does cause he wants to. And, you know, he, he, he gets a lot of enjoyment, you know, off these sites. I mean, he loves it. He loves just the threads and the radio, he loves every, every part of it. Loves contributing, and you know I've met him now, Jesus, you know, twenty, thirty, forty times. I mean, a lot, fifty times. And the way he comes across is just how he is in person. He's very laid back, um, very good natured. I've never seen him upset. I've never had an argument with him, not even a disagreement. Just a really cool. Now it also helps when you're a multimillionaire, I guess, to be that way. You know. No, I, I agree. Like, whatever. In, in the times I've met him, which is much fewer than Brandon, but the times I've met him, I, I've observed the same thing, <clears throat> and. Uh, he's a very nice guy, very very generous, and uh, yeah, he does he does love this show, and he he's he's really contributed. But it's it's funny if you think about it, if you think of the size of the site and the size of the user base, like if people from the outside realize this, like that there's just some guy who's just giving up fifteen hundred dollars seats for nothing. I think we have a lot more active users here. But by the way, he yeah. did he did put. Uh, Restrictions on these that if just like some random wins that who we, if nobody knows that that like it has to be approved. There has to be like an approval process that if you're if you're a random or if you're someone who's shady or whatever that that uh, it's, it's not going to be given. Uh, but that's that's but that, it should be that way. No, I'm, I'm, I'm that's saying so that's a, uh, yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying that uh, this is a reason to if if you're a listener to the radio who isn't involved with the forum. Uh, if you get in, I mean, you shouldn't just do it so, so you can get free things that are given away. But the, there's actually perks of being involved in the forum here that uh, you're not going to see in many other forums like this. Like <laughs> you're just not going to see it, and it's not coming from me. I'm a cheap Jew. I don't give that stuff away. But but 
it comes from from other people. There's a lot of generous people here. See money, probably being the you know, the most generous of all, and 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 that comes from being. You know, he wants to give it away to someone who is a known active member on the forum and not just uh, some leech, which makes sense. That's- in last year, uh, around summertime, him and a significant other were vacationing on this resort called Marco Island in uh, Florida. It's about maybe 90 miles, 80 miles northwest of where I grew up. And is one of my favorite beaches and just resort communities in the world. And unfortunately, I don't get to go there very often just because it's so far from here. But, uh, I mean, I just love it. If I could go anywhere in the U.S. and, you know, I had to pick a beach-type place, that's where it would be. He'd never heard of it. Him and his significant other were celebrating something, and I recommended it. And he started researching it, and he said, this looks fabulous. So he went down there with his significant other. And I knew where they were staying because I recommended the resort. I called the resort up, and I paid for over the phone with my credit card a nice bottle of wine it was like a bottle of, of um moet chandon it was like maybe 350 dollars, which means it was like only 150 in like you know a, a liquor store uh but still you know i wanted it to be nice they walk in and you know it's, it's there or you know, they knock on the door and you know it call, calls me and he's very grateful you don't have to do this you know blah 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 and you know it made me happy two days later i get a knock and UPS or FedEx or somebody's at my door. I don't know, you know, I'm not expecting anything. So they ask me, is this Brandon Gerson? I'm like, yes. They're like, you know, can I see your ID? Which is really weird for a package at my house. I'm like, what do you need my ID for? He's like, over anything over a certain amount of money, you know, whatever. Maybe he even asked to make sure I showed it. I don't know. But I had to go get my ID. Get my ID. And it's a small little thing and wrapped up like really peculiarly, you know, and I could tell that. You know, it's something valuable. I don't. I, I still don't even know who it's from. And then I open it up, and there's just a little note, and all it says is "so fucking owned," and it was like a seven thousand dollar bottle of scotch. Wow! <laughs> that he sent me <laughs> to, to basically one up me. You know, because I can't. I mean, you know, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, you know, to send somebody four hundred, five hundred dollar. That's a you know, that's a lot of money. You know, but him just kind of you know busting my balls back. I mean, I don't even know if that's the right word, but him just kind of one up me, but in a funny, like, caring way. Wow, Sends me, funny. like, the most expensive bottle of scotch I've ever had. It was, like, a 35-year-old reserve bottle, and, uh, you know, that's why I had to sign for it. But anyhow, that's the kind of generosity, like, like I don't last year as well, I'm at the World Series. And he, he asked me to send him a picture, and I sent him a picture, and I happened to have these, these little, you know, free, come-with-your-iPhone earbuds on, you know, just the Apple earbuds. And the next day, or maybe it was the day after, but it was like within one shipping day, I get, you know, not even, he doesn't even tell me. Orders on Amazon Prime, he sends me these like five, $600 Bose headphones. Yeah, I Googled it. I was curious how much they cost. He's like noise canceling, top of the line things. I look online, it's like $570. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, so, but anyway, yeah, it, it just, that's how he is, man. That's his nature. He's just, and he's not stupid. You know, he doesn't, you know, you would think the, the funny thing about him, if you see him at a casino, or somewhere, you know, the way he eats, the way he dresses, like he doesn't, and this is what I respect the most about him, he, he doesn't act like elitist and pompous, like, you know what I mean? He yeah, just, yeah. He, he doesn't act like he's better than anybody, like, you know, you're at a restaurant, server makes a mistake or something, isn't right, yeah, no problem, it's okay, he's not, he's, he's, you know, you would never guess he has that kind of wealth, because he just, he's very humble, you know, and yeah, he's one of my best friends in the world, it's not just like a forum thing, so... 
anyhow, that's that's it. And I'm not you know, people are gonna say, Oh, you're sucking his dick. He's just he's a great <laughs> friend. He's a great friend to the site. He's a major asset. Yeah, he is. You know, he's he, a major, major, major asset. He is. He is for sure. And I, and I always say that on here that uh, he, he's been incredibly generous with, with Poker Fraud Alert, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm glad he, he likes what we do on this show, and uh, and that uh, it's very nice of him to give something back. And and it, do you remember the first the first time you ever met him? Do you remember when that was? Because I was with you. Um, I can tell. Wow, I'm, I'll be shocked if you don't remember this. I remember at the, at the win. It was actually at it was actually at the win. Yeah, and the three of I had met him before. Uh, you know, I'd known him a while, but but you had never met him. But do you remember what kind of? And it's fine to talk about it now. People might actually enjoy the insight. Do you remember what was a little peculiar about that situation? Um, no, that I don't remember anymore. It it was the first time that you and I had seen each other since the whole breakup of Donkdown. And you and I hadn't talked, and that was kind of how you and I rehashed things and had a nice meal. Uh, you know, that was right after the oh, fallout okay, of everything. okay, 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 yeah, yeah. And, and we weren't on bad terms, but we just hadn't spoken. Like, it was uncomfortable, or, you know, whatever. Maybe not uncomfortable, but, that's right, you know. That's right, that's like right. Like, we, you know, we had a falling out ourselves, and, you know, we worked through it over the years. Uh, but that was the first time we saw each other since then. Like, maybe it was a year, year and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's It was a right. long time. Yeah. Yeah, so... But uh, and even then, you can remember, he's, remember, order anything you guys want. And, you know, we both tried to pay or at least leave the tip. Nothing. Yeah, you know, yes, I remember like, that. I remember it was like that, a yeah. really good seafood restaurant. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. So, but uh, anyhow, yeah, so I'm excited about that. You know, about these, you know, hopefully he'll hit something. I feel bad he's never really, you know, he staked me before. He staked China. He's, you know, staked a lot of people and he's never really had anything big. So hopefully one of these guys will come through. And you know what? I will say, I, you know, I would assume Daly's a very good poker player just because of his background in gambling. You know, I don't know any of his results, but uh, he, he, you know, play, he plays. Yeah, he plays a lot locally in Florida, so he, he's he's definitely a competent uh, poker player. So he's he's got a oh, that's shot. right. He used to play with the good doctor in uh, at, at Hard Rock, didn't he? Jacqueline Moscow. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. And I know you know Matos is flying out here just for that you know, event taking off work. So I know he's going to give it his all. So, you know, I don't think he could have picked two better people, you know, in terms of, you know, they're not like just, you know, regs or tourists that are going to come here and not know what they're doing or get intimidated or, you know, whatever it may be. So that'd be nice, you know, to finally have him, you know, for the whole community hit something and, you know, have a deep, you know, a deep run. We haven't had anything like that. I mean, you're the only one. I mean, you had that fifth, what, fifth, fourth, yeah, fifth, in the limit hold'em. Yeah, the fifth place limit hold'em uh, four years and that's, ago. That's yeah. that's really it. Like that, John, C, C money, I think C money, I think C money had fifteen uh, percent of that at least. So at least he got uh, something there. Yeah, that's good. And then the one step thing. I know you don't like talking too much about radio or forum stuff on the radio, but that looks like that may happen now. Yeah. So so one step. I might as well mention it since he was the contestant last week and 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 one. And this has to do with it a little bit. Uh, one step, we remember we gave away two, two night, uh, weeknight rooms to, at, uh, at the Paris, uh, thanks to I Am Greek who gave these away to us to give in contests. And one step, I made a pretty tough contest, a multiple choice contest that was pretty hard. I, I put the, the requirement of seven out of ten right. He got six out of ten, decided to give it to him anyway since I thought it was harder than I had intended to make it. So, Anyway, he's he's booked the rooms, and then he created a thread, 
about 12 hours ago. Uh, official buy a piece of one step in a World Series event thread. And he says, okay. And, and keep in mind, I, I had a rule here ever since the JSIP debacle that if you want to do any kind of staking, buy a piece thing, whatever, you have to clear it through me first. So he says, okay, guys and girls, this is not some joke. I'll be playing the World <laughs> Series, I'll be playing the World Series poker, uh, World Series of Poker tr- event number 37, no limit hold'em, $1,000 buy-in. I'd like to sell, try to sell a piece of myself. I, yes, I've already cleared it with Todd. And so, so basically he's selling, uh, 50% of himself, uh, in increments of, of 5%. So I guess he's, uh, selling this with no markup. But, uh, and then he claims he's going to give you actually, uh, more equity if you, if you buy more shares of him. So I guess you, it's, uh, it's actually negative markup. But anyway, it's like if you buy two shares instead of ten percent, you get twelve percent. Yeah, yeah, that's what that. Yeah. So, so he just basically wants to play, and uh, he's, he's willing to give up some uh, some equity to do it. So he's actually giving himself marked down. But uh, so what? What I had posted, and I think it's been agreed upon, was that you're going to get the money just to make it easier because all these people are going to be sending. And I'm so paranoid now to you know I have a PayPal account, but I, I you know, to be honest, I only use that now to deal with non-poker people in JSUP. And I just don't want it to get, you know, because I'm on my third one now, <laughs> you know. So, but the agreement was that, you know, you were going to get the money. And then when you've collected it, I'll send it to me. And I'm going to meet him down there, walk him into registration and walk him to the table, watch him give the seat card to the dealer, watch the, him get his chips and then go, you know, go from there. Because then at that point, there's no possible chance for a rolling. You know, and I wrote this in the thread. People don't realize, and you know, anyone that's listening that may be a backer, uh, you know, people can, and this has happened. You know, somebody can walk in and register for a tournament, take a picture of a receipt, take a picture of you know their buy-in, and then literally walk right back to the cashier and get the cash and refund it like within a minute. Walk back, you can go to the, the same person that you just bought the ticket from, as long as the tournament hasn't started. So always be careful that you know you know who you're doing business with, um, and what you can always do if, if there's any doubt. At the end of the summer or any time, you can have them get basically an audit from the cage, which will show exactly everything they bought in, what they've unregistered for, just everything, every transaction they've made, yeah. how everything was paid. If you have any questions, but. That, that's a good idea. Send you, a, huh? That's a good idea too. But I actually, if you, I don't know if you saw it. I had forgotten that. Well, actually, I didn't give him direct. I didn't give him permission for this one. That's why I didn't remember it. He said I gave him permission. It. I said I didn't, and it turned out he was asking back in October, which is a long time ago now, uh, for per- permission to do this for the Borgata. So that's why I didn't remember. This is I didn't give permission for this, but he did post that I. What I said to him is that he can do it, provided that. Uh, he actually shows a picture of both of the tournament receipt and of him at the table playing. And the reason him at the table playing is then you can't go. You you can't unregister at that point once you're at the well, table. Well, yeah, playing. but how do you know he's at that game? You could be sitting in a cash game or a deep stack. I'm just saying, just so everyone would rest assured that everything would be fine. I I you know was willing to literally walk him to the actual table that he's playing at and watch him sit down. But you know what? I mean, he's been around for so long and, and, you know, never say never, but I highly doubt his whole long scheme was to trust the community for over a decade. Okay. 
to come out here and get a thousand dollars from people. Like, no, no, just, I don't think I don't think it's a role people for a thousand, and I, I I think he does intend to play. I just wouldn't want something like he loses yeah, the money, uh, of course, degenerating it away, and then and then uh, makes up an excuse. But are you fine with that agreement of me escorting him and being PFA fraud? Prevention. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if you can, if you can come down and, and and see that you know he actually plays one hand or something prior to the sure. first hand, then then he can go unregister. But if you see that he plays one hand, then he can't unregister. And then at that point, once he sits there and he gives her that paper or her, him, her, and they give him chips, it's done. Like you know, there's nothing you can do. You know, he can't do anything. But yeah, like that, I would be willing to do that. Oh so yeah, that's, that's be nice interesting. Idea. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, one step, who I haven't met by the way, and I guess. Uh, Neither have I. I. I guess. I guess I'll finally meet him. Uh, maybe I'll even come down and, and, and see this. this is, what is turn, tournament thirty-seven? I, I'm not playing tournament thirty-seven. It's a one k no limit. I'm not playing any of those. But let me see. What the, what day would that be? What day is tournament thirty-seven? It's. Uh, I, I believe I'll be there for thirty-seven. I won't be at that tournament, but I, I will be at the Rio tournament number thirty-seven. Is uh, going to be on. The 19th, yes. In fact, I will be there. In fact, I will really be there because four hours after his tournament starts, provided he has not busted, I will be starting the 10K Limit Hold'em event. So hmm. I will be uh, also playing that day just four hours later. So, in fact, I may try to find one step while he's playing and to say hello to him at the table, unless he's busted by then. And, and, and Kalawa, when will you be in Malaysia now? Oh, did we lose Kalawa? Yeah, we haven't He heard. always peacefully bows out. Is he gone? It looks like it. Aww. I mean, he's there, but he's probably not there. Just like Trader Rooster. Yeah. Trader Rooster, are you still awake? No shot. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have Calwatt, actually. So, Calwatt, uh, when are you going to Asia? Uh, 25th of June oh, so until July 15th. Oh, so we have some time. Like we have some time. Yeah. Well, listen, I was reading this article that I've been seeing, not even the ISIS, what they're doing now in Malaysia. They're putting uh, hash oil in these stupid Americans' uh, luggage, and then they're getting caught, and then they're getting executed by uh, a, a, a shooting, you know, Oh yeah, yeah. What are they? Yeah, they take, yeah. The, they take the drugs very seriously over there. In yeah. Malaysia? So be yeah. Be careful about so. it. You don't want to be. Yeah, I, th- by, uh... I, I think I remember something like I, I was in Malaysia in '93, and I remember seeing some very ominous-looking signs about the penalties of death if you're caught smuggling in drugs. I think that was Malaysia. I saw that. It was it's Singapore. Not Singapore? No, I saw it in Singapore too, but I think I also saw Malaysia had that. And Indonesia yeah. as well. I think Thailand is pretty. I mean, they're strict about it too, but yeah, Indonesia for sure. You know, Indonesia is nuts. This is a country where, like, literally, uh, like, over 80% of the people that are on death row are for drugs. Like, you literally, if you murder somebody, you have a much better chance of not dying and getting set free one day. If you smuggle drugs in that country, you're done. You're done. It's really, really crazy. It's really crazy how that works. And you know, just, you know, Indonesia's population is not even that much less than the U.S. Indonesia is just behind the U.S. in world population. Uh, it is two hundred fifty-seven point six million. Hmm. It is the, the it's the uh, fourth most populous country. How come we got so many Filipinos out here in Vegas, but not that many Indonesians? What's up with that? Why are there so many Filipinos in Vegas? But not of, like Indonesians or lot, lot I mean, well, Filipinos I guess, everywhere. There's a uh, 
in, in all over the place, not just in Vegas. And they, they, especially in nursing, there are so many Filipina nurses. It's amazing. Have you noticed that? There's tons of them going to nursing. I once dated a. I mean, maybe this is because I'm very tired now, but I once dated a Filipino girl, and the first time we were kind of fooling around, uh, she you know, she pulled down her pants, and I was getting ready to you know please her a little bit. Uh, a penis? And I noticed her private. No, no, no. Okay. Her private parts were the color purple, <laughs> like really like purple, purple. And I, I, I mean, it was like purple, purple. Like, like, like grape, like, you know, like it looked like maybe there was some grape juice on it. Like it just stained it. And I, 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 I don't know. know. Some I, people and I mean, Kalawat, you obviously know the, the, you know, Filipinos and Malaysians and you have that tasty steaks. Is that true? Is that like a common thing that Filipinos have purple vaginas? <laughs> I mean, do you know anything about this? Is this the first you're hearing about it? I, I think maybe, uh, that girl needed to go to a clinic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it seemed clean. I mean, no, no. But have you have you seen more than one? Is the question? Maybe maybe that's uh, maybe there was a problem with that particular. Girl. No, no. I stopped dating Filipinos after that. Okay, well, maybe you need mm-hmm. to try it again. Maybe you should go down to a place where there's a yeah. lot of nurses. Maybe at a hospital or something, and uh, yeah. pick up one there and and see. Try the experiment. So you need, but one is not enough to establish a pattern. Like, literally, if they were going to make a biop, it'd be literally called the color purple. I mean, it was just, it was that purple. But, I mean, it, geez, I've sorry. seen some, uh, I mean, I've seen some Filipino girls, and I've never seen no purple vagina. But you've seen the, I mean, not just the Filipinos, you've seen it up close and personal. You've seen this, like, you know, the snatch right in front of you. Yes. Okay. All right. Then maybe it was a, I mean, maybe it was a deformity. I don't know. It was a while ago. But you you sure it wasn't just the lighting? The whole country. Maybe, maybe, it was, maybe she dyed it. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it was. Maybe it was funny lighting. Maybe uh, the lighting made it look that way. No, it was very bright where we were. That was a problem. It was very, very bright. By the way, like two in the afternoon, and the shades were up, and no, were you were dark. you kind of rough on it? Did you like purple nurpler snatch? I just closed my eyes and went in. I mean, that's really all you. You could should, do you should have turned down the lights. Then it, it would have been a normal color yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so uh, Doug Polk, by the way, I was told by someone in the five one six in a text had forty three percent of himself. So that's that's still yeah, per- sounds right. Still pretty good. Thirty three point seven million uh, times zero point four three. I'll take that. I was hoping that Ari Angle would win. Yeah, I was. You no, know, anytime. You know, I mean, I, and I like him for my limited interactions with him. Anytime it's a PFA, I mean, it's not like we have a lot. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Isn't he basically our only PFA listener, high roller? Yes. Him and that Mac Lance, maybe? Yeah, that's true. Mac Lance kind of counts, too. Oh, now, you know what? Callawatt texted me this random question at a random time. It was like 7 o'clock in Vegas. And I'm going to ask you the same question and just give an honest answer. Nothing biased, because I, I gave an honest answer. Okay. And Callawatt, correct me. I, I, you know what? Callawatt, you asked the question. I'm ta- I still have the purple vagina, but you, you know what I'm talking about, right? The three players, 10K, Omaha, who would you back? Right. So one. if you if you if you could only back one person in the uh, the ten k oh eight, and you have to back someone because and you have to back say, well, someone. I yeah, I would, would, I would you back Bart Hansen, Matt Glantz, Mike Matisseau? Hmm. I, I would have to. 
I think I'd have to look up some more about the results. And uh, no, but you just right now you. Have oh, to I, I, I can't. I can't look anything up because okay. that's what I did. Yeah, I didn't look at you know. That's, that's the problem is I'm not sure which of them has had the best results in in, in this. I, I can see the upside for all of them in this. So that's that's. A but tough yeah, one. you're just on the spot. You have to do it. Someone has a gun to your head. Okay, who who would you pick and why? Uh. Hmm. That's a tough one. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. No, though. I know, I know. It's a tough one here. Two of them listen to the show too. Either way, someone, one person who listens to the show is going to be insulted by this answer, no matter what. I mean, they're probably not going to listen this deep into the show. No, I, I never know here. I, you think that, and then and then Brandon Cantu calls you up. I don't <laughs> think either. One, I don't think any of them are going to give a shit, bro. I know. Um. I mean, I you know I, I I'm gonna ha- I, I'm just gonna have to say I'm gonna go with Matt Glantz because I saw, um, I had seen his results, not necessarily in 08, but uh, in these 10k buy-in events uh, that he posted right. when, when he did this whole thing about the tasty steaks and all that controversy a few weeks ago, and I was very impressed with how he's done in these in these big buy-in events since 2008, which is a, you know getting to be a, a decent sized sample space. Uh, the other two, I. I I don't have that information, so it's possible I could have the perception that they've that they've done very well, and then they haven't. So, uh, with with people in tournaments, uh, sometimes you can be fooled by variance either way. But uh, usually, right. if you see someone who's been successful over nine years, uh, th- that's that's a good person to go with. So I went with Mike Matisau, and as I explained. To Callaway, and I answered right away. You know, I didn't look up stats, you know, or whatever. Uh, what the information I went on in my decision was, I remember back in the day, Mattisau commonly played, at least when he had money, the highest uh, 08 game online that they had, which was they had, you know, 500, 1,000, and 1K, 2K. And that was his best game by far. Like, he had the best success in that game. He was, he was oh, great. I, I, didn't, know? I didn't know he that. Was, it's that, almost that a cliche the, that every mixed game player thinks that 08 is their best game, though. <laughs> I mean, it okay, really well, is, right? But I'm saying, but I would, I actually watched him. Though I'm not, Mike didn't call me and say, "Hey, Brandon, 08's my bet." But I would watch right. it because those were those are huge stakes back then. You know, one K, two K. So I'd watch it. You know, and I I was learning those games back then. And I just wanted to, you know, look at hand histories and it's a big game. You know, and so that that was all I based. You know, and I, as I said to Callaway, I know Matt Glantz is. You know, a wizard in all games, and I know Bart is highly competent too. I mean, so I, you really can't go wrong with any of them. But that was the one I picked, and coincidentally, Mattis had just finished. What did he finish? Eighth, ninth? Yeah, at the ten k. Yeah, one of those. So I, I honestly think that uh, in in that tournament, I think that backing all three of those guys is plus EV. Um, because I think they're all uh, quite someone, good someone, game. and somebody backed Mattis out in it, obviously. Because he's on that what, what is that one site called again? Uh, Tasty Steaks is yes, that the name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. so I ended up I backed uh, both Bart and and Glance, and I was gonna back Matisau, uh, but he his package filled up, and then of course the only one that cashes <laughs> is Matisau. That's funny. <laughs> what what would you have? I mean, because I know it wasn't a, a huge cash. Hypothetically, if you had bought what you intended to do or what you would have. What would you have profited off his final table? 
Uh, I know his net profit was like twenty-seven grand. Okay, so it wouldn't and have been anything earth-shattering. No, I mean, but I, you know, whatever. Yeah, I no, want, yeah. I got okay, so that's three hundred dollars. So that's okay. You didn't mention that when you would text me. You know, you just mentioned, oh, you know, Madison, you know, final table, whatever. But you never mentioned that you had an opportunity to back him. So I guess I get see why you posed the question to me. And I literally but, was going to, and then I sat down to do it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. I guess but no, I'm, I mean, there's so much variance in that anyhow in anything. It doesn't, right. you know, it doesn't mean anything. But like I said, I mean, I used to just watch him, and it would be like, you know, other things in life, like you know, people don't realize, like he was a very good cash player, right. and it was like the sports betting, and then just you know going on those stupid no-limit high-stakes games that, you know, where he kind of played scared and other vices. But he was, he was you know, like, I'd watch him. He was a huge winner in that game. Um, you know, like... Well, and that's why I said I think it would be plus EV to back any one of those guys. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't know, you know, I've, I've never looked up Bart's results. So, I mean, what is... Is, is he just his game tournament-wise all around very good? Well, Meaning, I mean, like, he's primarily or no, no limit. He's primarily a cash game player, but he also plays a lot of the big uh, 08, especially, uh, but other uh, mixed games too. Like I think you know, before he before he was even playing no limit, he was playing the the limit games. You know, it's funny. What was what was uh, what did Bart recently cash in at, at the LAPC? Was it like a no limit hold'em tournament where he had like a, a deep run? I think so, but yeah, it was a pretty big, decent sized cash. Because I was outside on break. This was the fifteen hundred dollar Omaha talking with Bart, and PFA's uh, Suicide Kings walks over, and you know I, I go to introduce Suicide Kings to Bart, and yep. Suicide King says, "Oh, you know, you probably don't remember who I am, but you know my name is X, you know, blah." And I actually had a pretty big piece of you in the LAPC, which oh, I didn't even wow. know that I didn't even know that, you know, Suicide Kings backed anyone. Then they were talking about it. I guess Bart took some bad beat where, you know, I don't know, it's probably aces all in against something. But right. yeah, Paul, you know, Suicide Kings mentioned to me that he made like a decent amount. I'm like, huh. I didn't know you're back. I, I didn't know that either. Hmm. And right. they never met. Like that was the first time they met. And, you know, it was kind of a cool thing. Hey, Tasty you know. Sticks, bringing people together. <laughs> so, uh, you so, know, so how do you make money off this? I mean, if we're going to you know, keep talking with all these little subtle plugs, what, what is... <laughs> he doesn't. Well, Tasty Steaks, how does, how does no, it make it, it doesn't make a dime, man. It costs me money every month. It, it, makes, it makes what Poker Fraud Alert does. Yeah. But, I mean, is there... Is there if, you, if you would rather not talk about it, of course, I respect that, but is, is there some end game... Eventually, or, I mean, you can't just be running something just out of the good of your heart forever. Point. Like, what is what is Zero. the end game? There is no end game at the moment. Okay. <laughs> there really isn't. It's it's not something uh, that I started with a business plan. If I actually did want to monetize it, the way to monetize it is that you apply uh, to you know the uh, the SEC and actually become authorized to do this stuff and become an authorized escrow where you actually handle the money and do all this other kind of stuff. And I, I just have enough things going on that I'm not willing to invest right. that amount of time into doing it. You know? now, are you the sole owner or do you own yes. it with Bart as well? Well, oh. no, 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 that, that's not true. I gave, um, I, I developed the whole thing, but I gave uh, a piece of it to, uh, Tuckman and to Bart. 
But but it's cool. it, it it literally has made well it's made negative money, but it, it also is the kind of thing that there's no real business plan in place for it to make money. You know what I mean? Like they, so there is right. no end game. There could be right. an end game if I was willing to uh, go down a road that I'm just not willing to go down. Like I'm, I, I don't want to invest a whole ton of uh, time and money uh, into getting into that. If I did that, it would be a broader thing where it was, uh, you know, more like GoFundMe, where it there were a number right. of things that it would handle, not just poker players. Well, you know, the other guy that ran from the government when they kicked down the doors and whatnot, he had a site <laughs> that wasn't making money as well. And then right. one day he just put a little button right in the left-hand corner. It just says, click here to donate money. Right. And then all hell broke loose and, you know, it started with, you know. You you, you remember any of that, uh, Calawat, or are you not around for a, a donate button debacle? I vaguely remember it. I was around for it, but I only vaguely remember it. Yeah. That, that, was, that was the beginning of uh, Armageddon. It really was, actually. Really oh, that's was. right. You guys were like fighting over. Well, it, it, it's, 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 you know, it started. It started with a. Well, woman. the fighting was it wasn't spoken about. Yeah, and it, was it, it, it was. It was a very tiny owner that I had no say in anything. But Druff felt slighted that he just woke well, up here, one day and let me let me explain. It. I'll explain why I was mad. Uh, and I posted a one liner saying, "Oh, you know, I, I'm so glad I was informed about this uh, before posting something like that." Uh, like a sarcastic one-liner, and that's what kicked everything off. But the reason the reason I got mad was a, a week before this happened, I, I spoke to this uh, other individual who was running Donk Down with me, and I said, uh, "You know, I was going through consolidating some forums. He had created all these other all these f- forums that were hardly used on there, and it just looked very cluttered. So I was." trying to combine some and some of them were obvious to get rid of and some of them I wasn't sure whether he would want them gotten rid of so I I I left a few of them that I thought were questionable before talking to him and then when I talked to him finally about it I mentioned you know I was thinking of getting rid of this and this but but I wanted to talk to you first I I thought you'd be mad if I just got rid of him he said oh you better believe I'd be mad if you got just got rid of him you can't just do that shit without talking to me like so, so he gave me this whole lecture about how, even though I hadn't done it, that if I had done it, he would have been really pissed because that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to always ask each other about any kind of uh, uh, decision about the site before it's made. So then a week later, a donate button just pops up on there. Doesn't say like no explanation. Doesn't say hey, this site runs uh, uh, runs for free. We don't have any advertising. We have trouble getting advertising because our offensive content. Can you, if you like it, please don't. Nothing like that. Just donate and then it, the other problem was i was supposed to be the one holding the money for the site so like why was it going to his personal paypal it didn't make any sense like th- th- it wasn't explained to the users there wasn't even a single post about it from him it just it just showed up there and people are going what is this so I, had he asked me i actually would have said okay fine let's do it but let's introduce it let's explain why it's going to be up there uh, then put it up, and also have it go to me because I'm managing all the money. That that would have been what I would have said. Instead, he just slaps it up there, which by itself would have just been mildly annoying. But the fact that I got the whole lecture that I'm not to make any changes without talking to him first, 
then he goes and makes a change the next week without talking to me first. That's what got me angry. And then, so I made that one line sarcastic post, and then that's when he made like a long post about how uh, it would have been better off without me involved in the first place and uh, all this other stuff. And people are staying away because I'm involved, and that's what began the whole uh, collapse. So mm. I still remember the date. It was, it was August 14th, 2011. That's amazing. How can you do that? That, that, so was, that well. was the well. A few other things that happened on August fourteenth. So I, I remember. But are you good like that with anything? So if I said to you, okay, when was the first day? What was the date you received your first ever hand job? Uh, release or not release, it doesn't matter. Could you actually someone else's hand, not your own? <laughs> yeah. I, first I, time a girl ever jerked you off. I, I I don't know about the, the first hand job. I, I actually know the first blowjob, believe it or not, but not the first hand job. <laughs> Jesus, that's amazing that you know that. Yeah, uh, I, the hand job. I, that it's a shame you can't monetize that. Yeah, it's too, it's too bad I can't. Uh, so there's one other topic we have here. Um, I, I'm, you guys probably both know that the current model of online poker everywhere is to get away from rewarding the winning grinders. It used to be that the more you play, the more you get rewarded. You get the highest tiers. You get the best rake back, et cetera, et cetera. And for many years, that was the model until one day the realization started to come. Actually, Bodog did this years ago, but it's, the realization started to come to the bigger sites that the players who play the most are not necessarily the most valuable, especially on a larger site. That these, are, these are winning players. They're beating the fish quickly. Uh, they're not providing that much value. You don't really need them to start games because uh, games are already going. And if they do start games, they're usually just only going to play a fish and, and, and sit out if another pro sits. So all they're really doing is crushing the fish heads up super fast, and otherwise they're not starting games, so who needs them? So Poker Stars has been kind of slowly driving these players away, not, not banning them, but, but making uh, it less and less... Uh, less and less desirable to play there if you're a very, very dedicated grinder. So Party Poker is actually changing. Then they were going that direction too, but they're actually changing to where they are now going to try to bring back the grinders. And they have a new program called just Cashback. It's just called Cashback is their new uh, VIP program. And the only reason I'm mentioning this is because it's such a big turnaround from the way the industry has been going. They've decided that, yes, that they actually do want the, the mega grinders back there. And... They uh, so this is what uh, the ambassador Patrick Leonard of Park Party Poker said, who will be overseeing the uh, the Diamond Club, which is a special uh, VIP tier where if you earn a uh, hundred thousand points, which I'm not sure how you get each point, but a hundred thousand points in a twelve month period, then you get the Diamond Club. You get additional rake back and rewards. You get uh, you have fifty percent rake back, and you get a 24-hour Skype support line that's only for Diamond Club members. And this is what the ambassador of Party Poker said. I, I joined... Find something can get Skype to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what will happen is they'll call up, hello, I'm sorry I can't hear you. Can't hear you. <laughs> call back. Oh, but, you know, you I, know what? Speaking, uh, not to get too much off the subject, I'm just glad you reminded me. Uh, speaking of Diamond Club or Diamond Status members, I did get an email this morning from total rewards and they are having, I don't need it, which is kind of odd. Why I got, why I got the email, 
but I got a promotional email, so everyone else, you know, check your emails because you know I know I get a lot of spam from them like, about just different crap, and I, you know, a lot of times I don't even look through it. But they're offering what they claim is their first ever status match. And Jeff, I'll send you the email privately if you want to look at it. In which, if you have uh, a high level or the highest level, or I guess, like for example, Bellagio, uh, the second highest level as well, which is platinum, and there's like. 20-something states in which they list the cards that they'll accept, uh, you will get diamond until 2018. I think you have like two more weeks to do this, or a two- or three-week period. And they're claiming this is the first time they've ever had a status. Is this for for everybody or just for those invited? I don't know. I got an email, which I don't even, you know, I I don't need it, you know, because I'm, you know, because already of my level there. But I got the email, and then it, like, clicks you to a link and it literally like tells you casinos in Nebraska, Arizona, all over in what they'll accept. And it tells you just to come to Total Rewards, bring your ID and that card, and you'll get all the benefits. You know, it lists what the benefits are. You know, no resort fees. Um, it states that you, know, you still get the celebration dinner. You know, get all the perks. And as you've always said, of course, it's not doesn't get you any more comps that you normally you know wouldn't get as a platinum or gold or whatever you may be, but. You know, in terms of everything else, and just the fact that you can get a hundred dollar, you know, dinner, and you don't have to pay resort fees. If, if yeah, that's that is pretty big. Yeah, and, and so you get the diamond I'll, I'll clubs too. It, I'm going to send it to you. I don't want to post it just because it has some personal information, and I'm not good at bl- blacking or whiting things out. But I'll send it to you, and you could take out my information if you want to post it, or okay. maybe even you know share it with other people. Yeah, I, I mean, will. if you are Caesar's patron. It doesn't hurt. Send them an email or call and see if yeah. you're eligible or if you can become eligible. Yeah, go ahead and send it to I, me, and I'll, I'll block out your info and, and repost it. Yeah. I've never seen that offer before. Have you? No, never seen it. So yeah. that, that's interesting. Okay. So anyway, what Party Poker said is uh, – this is for the ambassador. I joined Party Poker initially because management promised in that they would have the player's best interest in mind and invest in the poker community, and the Diamond Club would be an important part of the strategy. Over recent years, I've unfortunately seen certain online sites punish regular players who start games and encourage predatory regulars to prey on amateur players and weaker players. The Diamond Club will reward regulars who start games and continue games and not reward these predatory regs who jump into a game for a small amount of time when they believe their win rate is sky high and sit out when the weaker player has gone broke. I've seen a lot of people who don't have a background in poker try to come up with revolutionary ways to improve loyalty systems, and not surprisingly, most of them have failed. Quite simply, those who want to support party poker and make this their home for playing poker will be rewarded generously. Those who want to use party poker to only prey on weaker players will not. So this is what he's trying to say here. He, he's trying to say that uh, you know those that the, the people who sit waiting heads up and will only play fish will not get anything out of this. However, they're going to greatly reward those who will just start games and keep them going no matter who's in the game. So it doesn't say how they're going to do it. It doesn't say exactly how they're going to reward these people. But when they say that they're going to be rewarding regulars who start games and continue games, that, that's what they're trying to say. If you just start and will just play anyone who sits and get games going... Uh, and keep playing for a while, then they're going to give you something for that. If you just start, is only play with a fish and quit when that fish leaves, then they're not. And I imagine they must have some algorithm that's looking at the win rate of who's sitting with you. So if it's a mega fish who keeps losing, they probably won't give you any credit for that. 
if they see you playing with people who are good and, and, and playing for a while with them, then you probably get some special points, and at that point they give you some kind of reward. So what they're, that, they're trying a new system here where they're, they're giving something very good, a 50% uh, rake back, but, uh, but you have to earn these points uh, through, through this type of play where you're starting games and continuing with decent players, which I don't know how many people are going to want to do this, though. Because uh, most pros, they, they just don't want the variance of, of playing other pros. There's a few people who think they're better than everybody else and will take, take on anyone. But most of these pros, they don't want to do that. They don't want to start a game heads up with just another pro. Unless maybe they're tilted, they're stuck, they want to try to get money back. But usually they're going to avoid that and they're going to wait for those fish. And I don't know if getting additional reward points is going to be enough incentive. And, and the question is, will these reward points be so good that would it be worth it to start games with your friend and just agree to chop whatever the results are, where you just kind of pretend to play and then and then just give each other the money back uh, whoever loses? Or, or you're not going to get enough. But would, it, would that be a way that people could possibly angle this? Right. They, they don't explain... Be the return of the rakeback grinder. Yeah. They don't explain exactly how they're going to be doing this, but uh, it's 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 a good question if, if this is something that people could pull. I, I know that. I mean, what do you? We haven't heard anything about this uh, this Galfon poker site, right? That was supposed to be doing oh, the same yeah, thing, yeah. being the one, player the one centric, I, right? The one I even offered to work for, and they said they don't have any kind of management positions open, but we'll, we'll keep you in mind, whatever. But yeah, they. Yeah, we haven't heard anything about it. I, I heard something like it's, it was supposed to launch back in December, and then it got delayed. I, I'm already seeing fail on the horizon. I'm, I'm already seeing fail. Well, the the only thing I'm going to tell you, Druff, is I've been doing software projects for a very, very long time. And it's not that easy to build something like this that will scale up. It really isn't. No, I know. I know. That's Well, Ultimate Poker tried that, and that was an epic failure. So, and you, you could license a client from someone and then take it from there. But if they were really intending to build it from scratch, that's a decent amount of work. Oh, it is. You I know? know the the front end. The front end is only a very small part of it too. It's the server it's stuff that you really have to nail. Scott from the East Coast says he wants to call in real fast before well, he goes. We, to we, we have to call. He him. can't. Uh, yeah, he can't. I'll call, I'll call him. Let me try to call him. Okay, he says he has some fraud he wants to report before okay. he goes. Oh. Ahead. All right. Uh, you can always call the bike too. Yeah, let me call him up here. This really, I'm going to have to work hard to resolve this if I even can with Skype because it's a disaster that I can't even take. Call. I, if I take a call from anybody, whether they're on Skype or calling through a phone, it, it I just can't hear them. Can't run a show like that. No, it's so awful. Now they, there, they, are, there are other tools you can use. You guys can't hear you know? the sound effects either. It's a disaster. I, I don't know what they changed here. Yeah, he's, he's waiting for your call. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's odd. How's uh, Callaway? How's the weather out there in northern New York? I'm, I'm calling uh, him. Scott here. Than usual. It, it shows Scott's hmm. on, but he's not here. He was saying he's having. Scott, I'm here. Oh, here hey, you are. Okay, you okay. Very, very good. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? Hi. How's everybody? Hey, buddy. So, Scotty, you got a fraud, you said, to report? I have a huge fraud. A huge fraud. Oh. All right. Huge. All right. So, I know when you go to MGM Properties, 
what you earn in the poker room, you can only use at that property. You cannot get transferred. For example, you go to Bellagio, you play 10 hours, say, I I guess you get $1.50, $2 an hour. You're talking about you po- poker. Comps You're talking about poker, right? Yes. Okay. They're non-transferable. Yeah. But anything you earn on the gaming floor works within the whole um, the whole company. Correct? Yeah, the whole MGM system, yeah. Okay. Caesars, same exact thing, correct? Yes. Okay. Apparently, on the East Coast of the property I work at, it is being sold, and seven stars are receiving letters that are saying that they must use all their reward credits now if they want to use them. Otherwise, they're going to lose them. And I think that is a huge misinterpretation of what they can actually do with them. And they're making players fear that they gotta, they gotta lose, that they're gonna lose them. Well, um, that is a little bit weird because you would think that, uh, since it's system wide, that you just wouldn't be able to use it in that property anymore. So, so what do you mean the players, you mean people, people who earned seven stars there? Who's getting the letters? Seven stars, players with seven star status and some diamond, depending how you've got diamond, are coming up and questioning dealers. But, but, but here's what doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense about, to me because these the, uh, for rewards credits you've you've earned them and they're good nationally at Caesar's properties. Now it would make sense that if that property gets sold, that at that point you can't use it at that property anymore. But it wouldn't make sense how they disappear. It wouldn't make sense how you di- disappear altogether because this is this is like saying if you have an account at Wells Fargo and, and your neighborhood branch closes, that that uh, your money's going to be gone. No, because you could go to the next city over and go to the Wells Fargo there. It's similar here. It's it's a, it's a network of, of casinos that uh, once one falls out, you should still have it. The only so I'm wondering who's getting these letters. Like I, I'm a seven stars. I have a lot of uh, reward credits. I didn't get that letter. So, uh, so who's I'm get- guessing people that acquire that have acquired seven stars at our property? Yeah, it may um, it may be those that that's I, considered. I the- have not personally seen a letter put in front of me. I've had coworkers that have had them put in front of them, and they have stated to use their credit their rewards credits now. Now, what I would think about that is any company taken over wouldn't they probably give you a match at least on status, if not. What you have well, it's two, two different things. I, I think maybe people are getting confused. Maybe what they're saying is, when this gets sold, it's going to be an entire different comp system. Everybody going to start from zero. So if you want to use your reward credits here, you need to do it now. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck using them at a different property far away from here. That that may be what they're trying to say. Uh, I would love to see one of these letters. I I have to imagine that's what they're saying. So this way, let's say this, let's say the property sells on on October first. They don't want people coming in with their two thousand dollars worth of rewards credits on October second and saying, uh, "Okay, I'm ready to redeem it now." Oh, sorry, we're a new system now. You have zero, and then the people get pissed. Like, well, then you can still go to Vegas and use them. Yeah, but I don't want to go to Vegas. Well, you can go to Atlantic City. I don't want to go to Atlantic City. Okay, well, that's, that's tough luck. That's that's where you're going to use them. So I, maybe that's what they're trying to make people aware of. I just can't see how they're going to take people's award, reward credits away on a national system. Uh, if, if it would happen, I'd be very surprised. But I, I, if, you, if you can get a hold of one of these emails – and by the way, sometimes Caesar's emails are written very poorly and worded very poorly. So that could also be some of the confusion. But if you could get a hold of one of these emails and, and send it to me, then I would love to see it. 
I'm going to do my best. I'll see what I can do. I don't have any uh, yeah, Scott. any close friends that are seven-star status through that property, so it's going to be a little tough. But yeah. let me see Scott what I can just also got the same. You can pull. Scott just got the same email I got, by the way. He just forwarded it to me about the about the uh, eligibility or the, the mat status match. Well, let, let so me maybe see. they're just sending it out to everyone. I sent it to you, Druff. It's okay, in your well, I, I want to see if I got it or if uh, another individual that uh, – Gets email for for total rewards in my mailbox. We'll uh, yeah. get it. Let me see. Yeah. Now, now you know that status deal. match used to be huge in Atlantic City. Borgata was known for doing that. Yeah, they did do that for years. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't get it. Me and the other individual did not get it. Huh. Let, let me let me uh, let me switch, Let me make sure it's not there. I think Benjamin is a little bit young to be having a status card there, Drew. He's got a fake ID. <laughs> they, they they said he looked a bit young. He says he's got uh, yeah, he's just a midget. They believed him. He's going to play in the World Series this year. Uh, yeah, it it uh, it does not uh, offer this. It, I did not have these offers. Weird. Well, we both got our emails at roughly the same time, so imagine. In fact, I didn't ass. even I didn't even receive your your email, Brandon. From uh... I sent you a text. Oh, a text. I thought you meant an email. Okay. No, I just sent you a screenshot of the text. Okay. Okay. That's all you need. If you need more, I can send yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is this is open to everybody, or if they're just notifying. Maybe it is open to everybody, just notifying certain people, or maybe it is only certain yeah. people are being offered, or maybe because me. Now, are you a uh, diamond right now? Either of you? I'm a, I'm above diamond. Okay. Then I no. So I okay, that's strange. I don't know why. And, and, I, I, yeah, weird. And, and Scott, you're you are you even eligible to play at Caesar's Properties? Be, because you have. Yeah, I just can't play at my own. Okay, it's really odd. That and World and World Series events, including the employees event. You know what's funny? I, so when I, I went for an un, unrelated issue, and they do this all the time, does this ever happen to you, Druff? When Every time I go to Total Rewards and I you know, need a new card printed or I have a question about something, the first thing they say to me is, Mr. Gerson, do you know you have XXX amount of RCs? Like, like I, they always tell me that first. I mean, really? They, they never, they to. never tell me that once. They, they tell me like I have they some. Always uh, tell me what well, I. Like I, I mean, I have a lot. I have like sixteen hundred that I've been saving for years. They, they keep telling always, me that I have my uh, my trip, my diamond trip available for seven hundred fifty dollars of airfare that I haven't taken yet. But uh, that's hmm. that's all they tell me. Oh, and by the way, when you come here, if you need it, I have. I can lend you my. Uh, so I have another one that I'm. I can borrow. I can lend you a uh, Rio Priority Pass parking. Oh, know, I, I would love decal. to have that. I would love to have that. Okay, they, remind. I mean, I need it back though because I'll have to borrow yeah. it from my dad. Oh, I'd love I to have, have two that. of them. Okay, but if you remind me, I'll bring it to you. If you promise, you'll make sure I get it. Or if worst comes to worst, we can touch base. You'll mail it back to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'll you get, get it, it from my pops. Back because whenever, whenever I try to get yeah. this damn thing, they they always they they can't, they don't refuse. Because they it's just, supposed to be for locals. That's no, why. no, with, 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 no, with locals' addresses, they won't. Uh, it's not that they won't. Oh. They they just they just keep claiming like it's so hard, or they'll see what they can do. Like they don't ever refuse, but then they don't do it, hmm. and I give up. Interesting. But it's very useful to have during the World Series. 
Yeah. Well, definitely on the sister site, I'd go ahead and post that, tell people, you know, because like I said, I get so many total rewards emails, I, I usually just delete it or don't even look through it. I just happen to catch that one. So maybe others have got it and, you know, they're getting mass spammed by them. They might have overlooked it as well. So, you know, definitely that's a great perk. I mean, you know, just even if it, even if you don't stay there just to get the, you know, $100. Well, and, and the access to, and access to the Diamond Lounge is good, too, for people who yep, like that. And, the, and yeah, and the resort fees. I mean, it's a great deal. I mean, you know, is there even a Diamond Lounge in Vegas? Because, I, I mean, I, you know, I've... Oh, there is. There, there's uh, Caesars has one, and uh, it's not that great. No, no, I, of course I've been to it, but has anything changed? I've been to all of them. Yeah, they're, they're all, all they're all basically failed to me. Yeah, they're all kind of fail. Yeah, then. they're all kind of fail. Okay. I mean, you would think they'd have one decent one, one good. I mean, the you know Scott and I were talking about this. The one in Atlantic City, it's fucking splendid. If I lived in Atlantic City, I'd go there. You know, two, three nights a yeah, week. Yeah, I know people. People love the, them. That's why people buy companion cards over there. For that reason. I mean, yeah. It's like a seven-star like gourmet room. I mean, it's fucking fabulous food. Or at least the last time I was there two years ago it was. It's amazing food. You know, so I don't know. There's a weird one. I don't know if it's still there. The Rio had one that was like you had to take an elevator up to yep, – Yeah, it's still there. It's still there. I haven't gone there in years. But, I mean, there's nothing there. It's just you can get – you know, I guess if you're a big drinker, you know, it's worth it because you can go in there and get a couple drinks, you know, alcoholic beverages for free. But, you know, it's like chicken wings. It's not even really good food. Yeah, it's not. It's always, you know, that's why I don't even go. I don't even bother. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, don't put down those chicken wings. Those people in my casino love So, Scotty, tell us what happened tonight. Did, Did the ceiling really cave in like you told me or are you trolling me? Yes. We're about 45 minutes in and – we hear like tap, 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 and then I'm I'm like the only one besides the dealer that doesn't hear it. And you see this big, massive thing on the floor, and it looks like a waiter walked in and just dropped their tray and spilled all the beers. And I'm like, what the f's that? Everybody looks back, and towel had broken. I should have taken a picture. A few of the players did, but I didn't want to stand up on camera taking pictures of it. And um, one of the pipes just started leaking. And I just started making jokes like, hey, maybe they got a tournament going on. It's my it's flush chips again, and it's their way of finding them. And nobody got it. They all looked at me like, what the F are you talking about? <laughs> now, but it I went on. I mean, the leaking went on for a good 35, 40 minutes. Did it end the I game mean, early? I don't know if that's why the game ended so quickly. It seemed like It seemed like the game just went by. I don't know if they had it planned for two hours and didn't tell anybody, or if that actually interrupted something. No, no, stream. I don't even know who was commentating besides Ryan. Are you staying at the bike right now? Are you staying at, at the hotel there on the property? Yes. What do you think of the room? I will so not give out the... my room number, okay? No, it's all that you don't need to. But what what do you think of the property? I was there earlier this year for the first time and stayed there for three nights, and I thought it was very nice. The rooms were gorgeous. Uh, room is very nice. I'm not going to complain about it at all. It's, uh, it's very Borgata-esque, I'd yeah. say. Now, when you were um, playing tonight... TV's a little any... small. Oh. Yeah. When you were there tonight, were there any significant hands that or even worth talking about? Anything interesting happened? I mean, any... Whatever. Anything worth reporting? Uh, I misplayed... 
upset on on the turn and showed the wrong card. Um, probably would have made some money. Um, what do you mean you showed the wrong card? Yeah, if it's a set, the cards are the same. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I three of I a kind. Turned, I turned. I turned three of a kind. I apologize. Say it the wrong way. I turned three of a kind. I had a uh, king of diamonds, queen of hearts. Um, had raised pre flop. Got three bet. Called with it. Flopped the king on a king nine something board. Two hearts. Um, can't remember what the action was on the flop. I mean, go back and watch. And then King of Hearts comes on the turn, and the guy bet, and I, it bet like thirty-five into a eighty-dollar pot, and I made it one hundred five, and he folded. I meant to show the Queen of Hearts just to to make him think something else, and I showed the King. Hmm. So you flew totally in. misplayed it. So you flew in from the East Coast. You woke up this morning. In the, on the East Coast, and you arrived today in L.A., that's correct? Yes. And you're flying out early later today? Yes, unfortunately. So you, so you literally just did a cross-country trip for less than 24 hours? Uh, 26, but sure, I get what you mean. <laughs> but you're, you're, not, you're not going back to Vegas? You're just going to go back home? No, uh, work... Work asked me, and I oh, was boy. supposed to make a Vegas trip around this, and can't do it. I mean, did you at least get like use miles? Like the airfare had to. I mean, you're like kind of negative stuck. The airfare, the hotel. Like, I mean, that's got to be actually it was expensive. more. To, it was more to fly to Vegas originally than what it was to get here. Jesus! Wow, that's a lot of that's a lot of traveling in that such is. a short amount of time. That is. And then I'm back in Vegas on Tuesday. <coughs> on Tuesday, well, okay, yeah, you're, you're going to get yeah. there uh, shortly after I'm there. I mean, I'll, I'll yeah, be there. Meet up, Todd. Yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be there. I mean, I'm just going to. I've gotten there on Sunday night. Uh, you guys met last year, I assume. Oh right? yeah, yeah, I've, I've met Scott a yeah. few times. In fact, now Scott, now Scott, are you kind of are you kind of gun shy about doing credit card roulette moving forward in the future, or are you still just um, you know, it was one bad beat and you know you'll just suck <laughs> it up and keep going. If I'm at dinner, I've got no problem. If the wife is at dinner, I'm going to have to let you ask her. Mm. Okay, that's fair. Got to keep the wife happy, you know. Well, what about you, Todd? I mean, for a small, it... Brandon, for a small group, I'll do it. If it's well, yeah, I'm talking about like you, know, you, me, and Todd, and maybe one other. Not, you know, not talking about you know a mass gathering. Now, Todd, I know we of talked course, about this I'm before. Down. Would you do a gamble in a three-way spot for credit card roulette or no? I, I'm not a credit card roulette fan. I just don't uh, – even, even if I – But you've also said it's usually a big group of people. It, it you is. You don't want to get it, mad. It is. Uh, it depends about the amount involved. I, I just feel like I run bad in those spots. I just feel like I'm going to lose. But a three-way, like say a $300 bill, you, me, and Scott, would, would you gamble a little bit or no? I, I guess I would. I, there's not that much money involved. I just uh, – Okay. So, All right, that's Brandon. Fine. I'm more worried about having my card locked at the moment when we have somebody like Genie at the table, and then having to explain why it's locked. Yeah, that that was <laughs> that was weird. Well, well everybody, if, thank you for uh, coming on. I, I think I've I, I think I've hit my limit. Yeah. We've, we've we've done this for uh, this is the show's been seven hours or so, and. Uh... 
I'm done. So there's, you guys probably can't hear the end song in the background, but trust me, it's going. Yeah, no, I know it's Skype is horrible this week. Skype changed something in their network, and I don't know how much there is I can do about uh, this whole situation, but I'm going to try. So, Calwater, are you still there? No, we finally lost him. Trader Ruski's long gone. They're they're both here, but they're only here in spirit. I can hear you. Oh, you're here. Wow, you're still up at six a.m. I can't hear him at all. I, I can't. He's still here. Yes. Yeah, so Calwater, can you hear him? Calwater's yeah, here. It sounds really fucked up. That's all right. Calwater, fuck! It's almost seven a.m. There, buddy. Yeah, no, shit. Well, it's it's six ten. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for listening, everybody. We will be back, hopefully, on June 15th, because that will mean that I got deep in at least one event. Hopefully that means the 1500 limit hold them. Otherwise, we'll be back June 14th on our regular scheduled time. Either way, I'm going to try to do the show at 8 p.m., but please check the Poker Fraud Alert Twitter account, which is twitter.com slash pokerfraudalert. If you want to follow how I'm doing on Monday at 3 p.m., look at the Twitter account at Dandruff Poker. That's where I will be doing all my chip updates. And I'll remind you on my Todd Wittellis account to go look at that. I will be tweeting often during these events to let you know how I am doing. That's why I have a separate Twitter account. Uh, Brandon will be in that event as well. So he will be tweeting as well. Hey, and Druff, stop playing the music. Maybe that's why. No, that is stop why. for one second. That is why, yeah. Oh, now I hear you loud and clear. Yeah, that's why, yeah. Well, I want to hear what you're saying. At least I couldn't okay. hear nothing. It was all mumbled. Okay, but I always, I always talk. Well, the, the listener can hear it. Okay, but yeah, I know it's, it sucks for you guys. Uh, I'm going to try to. So go when th- is it? When, when when is the fraud show coming back? The fraud show is coming back either on on uh, Wednesday or Thursday of next week, uh, depending on how I do in the events I'm playing. I don't have any new events on either day, but I may have a, a day two or three on either of those. So we'll uh, see how I do. And unplug the phone in the hotel because every time they call you, oh every yeah, yeah, single time, yeah, I know, I know, they always find me. So, and if anybody is around who I know at least you know a little bit, and if you're around the Rio and like to say hello, I'll I'll do my best to make that happen. And uh, yeah, so hopefully I'll I'll see a lot of you there. And if if you're a radio listener, by the way. And you've never met me before, even if you have, and you just see me walking around, even if you've never met me before, don't be afraid. You know, come up to me and say hello and t- you know, tell me uh, who you are. Or even if I, I don't know who you are, you can just tell me, you know, you listen, you've been listening so long, you say you've, uh, you've you found the show. I'm always interested to meet listeners, and uh, I get some every year that, that come up to me that I'd never met before mm-hmm. that have been They'll listening. They'll even go to a tire shop. Yeah, yeah, we even had ones uh, from uh, Australia come to a tire shop and meet me. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I, I'm always happy to meet new listeners. I think it's interesting, and uh, the World Series is the time everybody comes together for uh, for this sort of thing. And uh, you know, I, I'll even say this: for those that uh, may have been discussed negatively on this show for one reason or another, if if you feel I have uh, ever spoken of you unfairly or or that uh, you disagree with what I had to say, uh, you know, if you want to talk to me about it and uh, try to change my mind, you, you're welcome to do that as well. So. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm happy to defend any point that I brought up, or even listen to your counterpoint uh, if, if you want that. If you see me walking around, if there's something you want to say, though, I remember the snake in the grass. He just yelled at me. <laughs> I was sitting there. He's uh, uh, 
like, hey, dandruff. He's a real son of a bitch. Yeah, he's a, hey, dandruff, something like that. And I'm just sitting there, I look up at the snake in the grass, and I, I just kind of look at him, and he goes, what, you're not going to say hi? And, uh, like, uh, he wants me to say hi to him? I, so, so I said something like, I've got nothing to say. He goes, well, you've got a lot of things to say on the internet. And I said, well, I've already said them, so there's nothing really more to say. And then he just kept walking. Wow. So hmm. that was the snake in the grass. He seems to be gone from poker. But yeah, if if, if uh, someone wants to have a more su- substantial conversation than that uh, about yeah, anything that's been brought up on the show, good or bad, you're you're welcome to. I'm happy to meet uh, new listeners, of course. And uh, that's it. I, I hope this uh, is a good World Series for somebody involved here. And uh, maybe we'll have uh, some good news sometime soon. I yeah, it's one of these things where. These tournaments, you never know how it's going to go. You never know it's going to be a, if it's going to be an epic failure or if you're going to win a bracelet or somewhere in between. You just don't know until you actually play. It's it's very weird. Like you think about like at this time next week, I'm going to know my results of such and such, and I may be happy, I may be unhappy. Uh, I re- realize, especially if I don't play that many events like this year, uh, there aren't that many chances. So you know, if you, I could break everything. That could easily happen. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. It never has happened, but it could. Uh, I hope it doesn't, and uh, I'm going to be trying my best, and I'm sure Brandon will be trying his best to uh, of course to get something going, and then hopefully for... these things aren't easy. People don't realize that. No, I know you got to get it's a not lot easy. Got to get a lot of things to to fall for you there, In- including mm-hmm. sometimes even just the table draw. Sometimes that just that factor is a big thing where you, you get a good one versus a crappy one that can do a lot for you. But I've also had it where I get a great table draw and I get horrendous cards. And uh, that does nothing for me. But then I, I also had it for uh, last year at the 10K Limit Hold'em where I got a terrible table draw and there were seven Limit Hold'em bracelet winners at the table. And I was owning everybody silly and I was the chip leader in the whole event and then within uh, 75 minutes I was gone. That wasn't good either. So, uh, I, I do look forward to the World Series though. And I'm excited that in... Uh, four days, I'll be playing my first event on June twelfth. So that's uh, the limit hold'em. That's the limit hold'em. You'll be there too. So, yep, I will. So that's uh, then. Then I'm going to be playing uh, pretty frequently for the next uh, week and a half or so. Then I'll take a little break. Then I'll come back and uh, play some events again. And then, in fact, the funny thing is, most of the events I'm playing this year are—I shouldn't say—but about half the events I'm playing this year are ones I haven't played before. So I've got some new things. Some are just kind of gimmick things like the $888 Crazy 8 event, which is still just a No Limit Hold'em event, but still just doing some new things because... Uh, is that only just namesake, or is there anything else special about no, it? No, just they, they guarantee $888,888 at first, but that's it. I mean, they'll they'll easily surpass yeah, that. Yeah, of course they will. So uh, Anyway... Uh, Thank you for listening. And if that guy, if that guy who sat out for the whole heads up, if you're listening, send us an email. Or yeah, a text we, yeah, or we'd like to hear Instagram. from you. We'd like to hear from you what happened. We're really curious. <laughs> yeah. Seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. You can text me. Hopefully, we'll get the phone number problems fixed. Again, this is a Skype issue. They they made a major change in their network over the past week. I don't know exactly what they did, but they screwed things up badly. And, uh, I will Hopefully they'll fix some things on their own. Otherwise, I'll see what workarounds I can find. 
Uh, maybe we'll get Belly Buster on it. He found something good last time. We've got some brilliant minds here on Poker Fraud Alerts, and uh, maybe we can put it together and make this all work. So uh, I'm going to start the music again. Probably don't sound very good right now to Brandon, but that's what we have to put up with here. So, my World Series starting soon. For many others, it has already begun. We shall see what will happen. There will be radio every single week, so just stay tuned. Check the Twitter. Let's see when it is. That is all. Thank you, Kawa. Thank you, Trader Ruski. Thank you, Brandon. Good night and shalom. Shalom.